0: is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sonoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's race archives. From Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network, with Covery Jobs, the Old Dominion 500, NASCAR, Winston Cup, Grand National Stock Car Race. Co-hosts for today's broadcast are Mike Joy and Marty Hall.
1: Well, a good, good day, everyone, from Martinsville Speedway here in beautiful Martinsville, Virginia. Today, the 27th race on the $6 million Winston Cup Tour will unfold here at Martinsville, the Old Dominion 500. It's the richest short-track race in the nation, and it's pulled the nation's finest stock car drivers to the Speedway today. And, Mike Joy, I don't think there's a more beautiful facility in the nation, whether it be Super Speedway or Short Track.
2: Now, we spoke about that this morning, Barney. Clay Earls has put so much in time and money and effort and coats of paint into this place that it is truly a beautiful racetrack every time we come here. The dogwood and azalea trees and the duck pond, the shrubbery that line the turns instead of just having a bare concrete wall and everything has a new coat of white paint every time we come here. It's one reason that uh, Martinsville is alone among the short tracks in Winston Cup racing in that one of its races is televised nationally and uh, it's a treat to come here every time,
1: twice a year for the Grand Nationals and twice for the modified late model sportsman shows. Well, I think this track has been a as much a part of NASCAR since its beginning back in the late 40s as any speedway on the circuit like North Wilkesboro and some of the earlier tracks. It's very rich in tradition and history and some of the greats in this business. In fact, the best drivers to ever come down the pike, as they say, have at one time or another campaigned here at Martinsville. Fireball Roberts only beat this track once in his career. And the great names like Buck Baker and Lee Petty, Fred Lorenzen, a lot of guys that are no longer around in stock car racing came here and conquered this track a few times, but not all that many. But today, we'll be witnessing some of the best competition of the year, short track racing or otherwise, here at Martinsville. And it's a whole new breed of race driver that's here. The Buddy Bakers, the Cale Yarbros, the Alabama Gang, they've become the heroes of the modern day race fans all over the nation. And they do their thing, and they probably do it best right here, because here they get a chance to kind of... To see what the car can do and what the driver can do as a combination whereas on a super speedway you can't lean against anybody in a corner at 190 miles an hour if you do you're in a world of hurt but here you can do it you can use the car to kind of muscle your way around and let the car become part of your personality so to speak
2: well there are no gifts here certainly because it's a, pretty much a one groove racetrack the inside groove at martinsville is concrete and the outer four marked lanes are actually the outer le- one racing lane is asphalt and it's all been coated with what the drivers call bear grease we call it driveway sealer to try to equalize the two surfaces they had asphalt in that low groove until a couple of years ago but these 3700 pound cars just tore it up so they've gone to concrete and it's made for an interesting racetrack one in which the groove starts right down at the curbing early in the race and then drifts up almost to the marbles by the time race day is over one interesting statistic that surprised me are the number of drivers that have not conquered martinsville with Richard Petty having won here 15 times, that's shut a lot of drivers out of Victory Lane. None of the Alabama gang, Bobby, Donnie, or Neil Bonnet have won here,
1: nor is Benny Parsons, or Winston Cup point leader Dale Earnhardt. Or Dave Marcus, or Harry Gant, or Lenny Pond, for that matter. The list is, is very impressive of drivers who have not won, and it's kind of like Talladega in a sense. Somebody feels like a new face might be in Victory Lane today. A lot of developments this week, the usual scuttlebutt or rumors have continued to fly around about who will be in Junior Johnson's car for 1981. And we kind of have an insight on that a little bit, or at least a strong rumor that we'll pass along to you as our broadcast goes on this afternoon. And today you'll hear Darrell Waltrip's feelings on what he would like to do in 1981, and whether he'll get to do it remains to be seen. But we had a long conversation with him, and I think you'll find his feelings on what he would like to do in 1981 and how he feels about his current situation very interesting.
2: And you'll also hear, if you've not already, Bobby Allison's formal announcement as to where He'll be sitting behind the steering wheel for next season as uh, what we call silly season in Grand National Racing is in full swing, and the rumor mill
1: has really been cranking out some stories here this week. There'll be a lot of things we'll be looking for here this afternoon. That points battle for the National Driving Title, the Winston Cup Points Championship, has been a seesaw affair this year, Mike Joy. One week, Cale Jarborough and Richard Petty will gain a little ground on Dale Earnhardt. Then next week, something will happen, and they'll drop back, and then they'll pull up again, and it's been that way since Darlington, or actually from Talladega, really, It's been a kind of a seesaw. They'd pick up 30 or 40 points one week and then lose it the next. But today, the separation is not that far away. And the key, I think, to the rest of the season, whoever wins the point championship, there's no way you can have another bad finish the rest of the season if you don't finish in the top four or five or at least the top ten. You're going to be out of it in a couple of races.
2: No, as those of you that follow the Winston Cup closely know, each race pays 175 points to win and it drops back from there plus a driver can get five points for leading just as few as one lap in the race so it is very important to try to get a lap lead in early that's why some of these hot dogs will stay out on the track during caution to get those five points plus five points to the driver who leads the most laps in the race uh... looking at the point standings after twenty six events with today's race here at martinsville plus charlotte rockingham atlanta and Ontario, California, yet to go in the season. Dale Earnhardt has clung to the point lead. At 38.47, he has 90 points on Cale Yarborough, who has muscled his way into the second spot. Richard Petty is third with 106 points, still well within striking distance, as is Benny Parsons, 139 points off the pace. Now, the most a driver could receive to win the race is 185 points, and that's exactly the margin by which Darrell Waltrip Tails Earnhardt as Waltrip is in the fifth spot. So even if Waltrip were to win today and receive the 185 points and lead the most laps, he could not take the point lead because Earnhardt will receive at least 70-some points uh, just for starting the race. In sixth is Bobby Allison, still mathematically in the hunt, but he's over 300 points behind the leader. Jody Ridley, the champion spark plug rookie point leader... Harry Gant, Richard Childress, and Dave Marcus round out the top ten. But any of those front five, Barney, could certainly move up, if not into the lead, certainly into a challenging position here at Martinsville.
1: It's been one of the most interesting seasons that we've had in a long, long time for the national driving title. And there are at least five drivers, as Mike Joy just pointed out, that still have a mathematical shot at winning it because you never know what will happen in Winston Cup racing. Some unusual developments here the first day of qualifying at Martinsville this week with Harry Gantt substituting for a late arriving Cale Yarborough. We'll give you the story on that. As a matter of fact, we'll do that right now because Cale, on the first day of qualifying, when they opened the speedway, the weather was not all that good here in Martinsville. There was a very low overcast and fog in the area. In fact, Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet, and, and Donnie Allison all got weathered in down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. They landed there to pick up Bud Moore and couldn't get out because the weather got bad and a qualifying here had been originally scheduled for one o'clock in the afternoon. They changed the qualifying to go till two o'clock, a little bit later, and they decided that any driver that did not make it to the speedway by one o'clock, the original qualifying time, would not be allowed to qualify. Bobby, Donnie, and Neil Bonnet just barely made it by about 10 minutes or so, and Cale was flying his own aircraft. He made two passes up here and couldn't get down through the fog to get in, so he was a late arrival and was not able to qualify the car, they put Harry Gant in the car, he planked it on the front row in second position, almost won the pole. In fact, talking with Harry Ann Jr., I think he would have won the pole had he been a little more familiar with the car. He just, you could hear him on the racetrack come out of the button as he went down into the corner.
2: It was close. And the, the irony of it, though, that although Gant qualified on the outside pole, he will start this race from way back in 30th position. That's about the best Cale Yarborough could do in putting the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet in the field. According to NASCAR rules, the car qualifies, for its position and may be driven by any eligible driver. Eligible being a driver that has practiced or attempted qualifying on the racetrack. In fact, uh, Cale Yarborough had some thoughts on trying to qualify Harry's car.
3: appreciate Harry uh, qualifying my car for me yesterday and uh, I would have left to have done a little better job for him but the, uh, the the biggest problem was Harry's so long you know, that he drives so far back that I just couldn't reach the pedals and I was kind of laying down in the car so uh, I felt like if I tried too hard I might mess up so I, I kind of took my time with
4: it.
1: Well, he did get the car in the field, but just barely. He was in 30th position when the qualifying was over. They stood on the time that Kale posted here on Friday. They thought it would be good enough to get him somewhere in the top 20, but as it, as it turned out, everybody picked up a little bit, and speed-wise, yesterday, it was much cooler here at the racetrack, but he is in the field. Harry's not all that disappointed about starting that far back because in a 500-lap race here at Martinsville, it really doesn't make that much difference. If you can get a break or two, you can get back up there.
2: Well, the way they scramble into the first turn on the first lap here, at least the way they did in April... I might
1: rather start in 30th spot than somewhere in the middle of that pack. Well, you either want to be one or two places, on the tail end or up front, that's for sure. It'll be an interesting day. There's a lot of money up for grabs in that first place this afternoon. In fact, it could be a record for Buddy Baker if he wins this race. I think it pays a little over $19,000 for first place money. There's $5,000 in lap money, and Buddy has already won $3,000 for getting the pole here, the bush pole position. So he's in a a good spot to pick up quite a bit of bread here this afternoon. Let's see if we can check in on Pit Road with Ned Jarrett.
5: Well, Barney, we're standing down where the... Pre-race activities are taking place. Buddy Baker is just about to be presented with the award for winning the poll here. Clay Earls, the track
1: manager of
5: the Martinsville Speedway, is uh, calling Buddy over for a little action there. We'll get back with you in just a moment.
1: Well, pre-race activity is continuing as they have just introduced the drivers to the crowd here this afternoon. We had a chance to talk with Cale Yarbrough. He has been pointed to, uh, pointed I should say, to the President Carter's Energy Council for Energy Efficiency in the United States and Cale is very conscientious about that and we had a chance to talk with him about some of the things the American people can do.
3: This is true, Barney. You know we, uh, we take a lot of our fuel for granted I guess and uh, none of us uh, think very much about uh, what we can do uh, personally to, to save a lot of fuel in this country and Uh, You know, if people would think about having their cars tuned up more often, uh, changing spark plugs and, uh, you know, just uh, regular driving habits can uh, save an awful lot of fuel. Just, uh, you know, just everyday type driving. If you take off uh, uh, without pushing the accelerator too far down, get the car rolling before you uh, uh, accelerate too fast and uh, things like this. You know, there's so many just little minor things that we can do to save a lot of fuel in this country and i think that we're we just aren't conscious enough of uh of uh how important it, it is to save fuel not for our immediate problem generation right now but for for our kids and their grandkids and uh and, and right on down the line so uh i think that we we in this country should all uh pay attention to our driving habits make sure our cars are, are tuned uh better than what we're used to doing and just these are uh, few things that, that we're talking about right now could save more fuel than, than any of us could ever
1: imagine. And what people don't think about too, I guess, is everybody says, well, you know, what little bit I do won't make any difference. But when you multiply that by 50 or 60 million people every day, if you save a gallon of fuel, that's an awful lot.
3: It is, Barney. That's you know, that's what I was, I was trying to say, that we individually don't uh, think about what we can do uh, ourselves enough. And I think if every one of us think every day now, we're going to save a little bit of fuel today, it uh, you you'd, you'd be surprised at how much we would save.
1: Again, let's go to the pits and check in with a gentleman who will be covering the action for us this afternoon in the garage and pit area. Ned Jarrett. Well, thank you, Barney Hall, and good afternoon, everyone. Everything is uh, sort of in a leisure
5: mood right now in the pit area as they await the start of the race. Of course, all the pit paraphernalia is out here and ready for the action here this afternoon. And it's, as you have mentioned earlier, should be a real fine race here today. It's really an ideal day, Barney, as far as the drivers are concerned. The temperature is just perfect, a little bit overcast, and uh, that makes it easier for them
1: out there on the racetrack. Well, Ned, will keep us abreast of developments on pit road as they make those very important pit stops here at Martinsville. You can lose a lap so quickly on the short track. In fact, Darrell Waltrip found that out here in the spring. He lost four laps and came on to win the race, and we were talking about that yesterday, and he said, under the adverse conditions I won the thing under here in the spring, I should have a shoe in here today.
2: Well, that's an interesting point, Barney. In the spring, NASCAR experimented with a new rule for tire changing on the short tracks in an effort to cut costs. NASCAR decreed, with Clay Earl's blessing, that they would prohibit teams from changing tires under the caution flag. Under normal conditions, and especially on super speedways, the drivers would come in on each caution flag and get fresh tires because they'd be half a second faster once they got back on the racetrack under green. By legislating against this, the teams that would normally use 24 or 28 tires during the race would use no more than two sets of tires, in the spring race, but the rule did not work as it was hoped. Drivers that were involved in accidents that received damage to their cars would suffer the penalty when they had to be repaired to come back onto the racetrack. And NASCAR decided to do away with the short track tire change rule. So now each of these teams has at least three or four sets of tires mounted and ready to go on these cars. In the event a caution
1: flag develops and they can get the opportunity to put on fresh tires well this track surface changes the groove changes they normally start out right down at the bottom of the racetrack and then as it gets a little bit slippery down there it moves on out toward the wall it is an interesting short track indeed it's a hard racetrack not only physically on the driver and also on the car but mentally it beats you all day because you're so busy you come off the corner you punch the throttle and almost by the time you push it down you have to come out of the throttle and get on the brakes shoving it off into the corners. You do that 500 times around here. Actually, you'll do it 1,500 laps going into each corner, and it'll kind of wear you down. It's like Riverside, California. To give us a description of what they'll be doing up in turns three and four, let's go up to Eli Gold. Well, Barney, of course,
6: as you explained, this is like a couple of short drag strips with turns connecting them on either end, but really it's a beautiful country setting and a treat to come here each time as this track is just nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, the Norfolk and Western Railroad tracks going just past the back straightaway really is a gorgeous setting. This racetrack is one that is very demanding as far as the braking of the automobiles are concerned. The cars will be running close to the retaining wall on the back straightaway Coming into turn number three, diving into the turn, but a sharper turn, reducing the car in speed. The RPMs go down, and of course, the braking factor, and the fact that the brakes have to hold up all afternoon long, that's going to be something we'll have to watch. Also, the fact that with four races to go following this one, The car that will be used here this afternoon, for all intents and purposes, will be going out to pasture, of course, with the super speedways to dominate the rest of the schedule. But should something happen to a super speedway car, this would then conceivably be the backup car for the remainder of the season. So it is oftentimes the bumping and the thumping and the grinding of the automobiles in the turns. You might be just a bit wary. Conversely, with this being the last use in the short track cars, a lot of drivers might say, well, if it's between me and a victory right here, take a little extra dent on the sheet metal and see what happens. But in any event, it's always an interesting and an enjoyable race here at Martinsville. We're set for another one.
7: It's
2: time for Grandstand Commentary. With a different viewpoint on the running of today's race, as seen from the Grandstand. With today's thoughts from the Grandstand, here's Chris Economaki.
8: Ever wonder why some companies involve themselves in automobile racing in these United States? particularly when they may have more to lose than to gain? A classic example of an American company with a deep-rooted love for auto racing is the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. It wasn't too many years ago that Goodyear challenged the then-dominant Firestone for supremacy at places like Indianapolis and Daytona. It didn't take long for Goodyear to outstrip Firestone, both on the track and in the public relations and advertising areas, and become the number one tire maker as far as U.S. auto racing is concerned. But what then? Firestone, stating that founder Harvey S. Firestone never intended to pay drivers to race on his tires, withdrew from the major leagues, leaving the field and the problems and expenses exclusively to Goodyear. Problems, you ask? After all, what problems could a tire company possibly have when all the cars in the race use their products? From an advertising standpoint, the first problem that surfaced was that Goodyear suddenly had no one to beat. And if that weren't enough, tires became the whipping boy for many a driver who just didn't understand that his crew might have been the prime culprit as regards his so-called tire problems on a given day rather than the company who made the tires. A few years ago at Darlington, the winner told the press afterwards that all had gone well until he got a bad set of tires that dropped him back in the pack. But then he said that on the next pit stop, he got good ones, and all was okay once again. One reporter raised the question, since when do bad tires come in sets? As it turned out, the crew chief had made a bad guess on what compound and construction tire to put on his car on that mid-race pit stop, recognized his gap immediately, and corrected it by changing to a proper compound next time around. But the damage had been done. The phrase, a bad set of tires appeared in the nation's press the morning after at Indianapolis when lower turbocharger boost pressure sharply reduced horsepower and straightaway speeds the wings on the cars weren't producing as much downforce as in the days of unlimited horsepower and when the cars got to the turns they weren't sticking nearly as well as they had the season previous the comments along pit road were that the tires were lousy which of course was later found out to be an incorrect assumption a softer tire was all that was needed to correct that problem, but Goodyear bore the brunt for several days. As recently as last week at Dover, winner Darrell Waltrip was critical of a set of tires put on his die-guard Chevy, but later corrected himself when he learned his crew had put on four unscuffed tires rather than ones that had been scuffed in, which is customary. So as you can see, having a monopoly in racing is sometimes more of a headache than a headline. And this is Chris Economaki reporting.
1: Well, let's take a look at the starting lineup for today's Old Dominion 500. Starting back in 31st position will be Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi in the Sanyo Chevrolet. Starting 30th is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina in the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet, and Harry really has his work cut out for him this afternoon. 29th on the field is Kyle Petty of Random, North Carolina, in the STP Oldsmobile. Starting in 28th position, Cecil Gordon from South Hill, Virginia in the South Hill, Texaco Oldsmobile. 27th starter is... Car number 45, and that's Joel Stowe from Midland, North Carolina. He will be in the Iron Peddler's Chevrolet. In 26th position will be Tommy Gale. I think Elmo might have qualified the car. Elmo Langley from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Sonny King Ford-sponsored machine. And 25th starter will be James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, the Palatine Automotive Parts Racing Chevrolet.
2: 24th, a talented young lay bottle sportsman driver from Hudson, New Hampshire, Dave Dion. will put the Merrimack Lincoln Mercury Ford in 24th position. Flanking, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina's Bailey Excavating Chevrolet. 22nd on the grid, Junior Miller of Winston-Salem in the Warren Racing Chevrolet. 21st, Roger Hamby of Ferguson, North Carolina with the Kings Inn Chevrolet. 20th starter on the field, Tim Richmond of Ashland, Ohio in the Uno Chevrolet. 19th will be rookie contender Slick Johnson of Florence, South Carolina with the Johnson Racing Chevrolet. 18th starter, John Anderson of Massillon, Ohio, another rookie challenger in the Performer Boat Company Chevrolet, and 17th, Richard Childress of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, with the CRC
1: Chemicals Chevrolet. Well, starting in 16th position, hometown favorite, Buddy Arrington, from nearby Martinsville, Virginia, in the Reeds Trailer Sales Dodge, and starting 15th is Roddy Thomas. He's not too far from home here at Martinsville either over Christiansburg, Way He'll be in the Stones Cafeteria Chevrolet. 14th on the field is driver Don Sprouse from Greenville, South Carolina, in the Rogers Auto Leasing Chevrolet. Jody Ridley will start 13th on the field this afternoon of the Trucksmore Industries Ford. Starting 12th is Richard Petty of Ranma, North Carolina, in the STP Chevrolet. And look out for Richard this afternoon. He told me yesterday he's going to try and prove to some people that's trying to retire him a little bit early. And we have some thoughts with Richard a little bit later on tape this afternoon of the rumors that have been going around lately that he might hang it up at the end of the year. Eleventh position, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, the youngster who won the Southern 500 a few weeks ago. He'll be in the Apache Classic Stove Chevrolet.
2: Tenth qualifier was Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin in the Frank Young Chevrolet. Ninth starter, Lenny Pond of Chester, Virginia in the Kings Mountain Truck Plaza Chevrolet. Qualifying eighth, Benny Parsons of Ellerby, North Carolina, the M.C. Anderson Melling Tool Company Chevrolet. And qualifying seventh, the Winston Cup point standing leader, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, driving the Mike Kerb, Warner Hodgson Chevrolet. Sixth qualifier, Donnie Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, has never won here, but the Ken Cole mining team with Ramey Chevy City sponsorship has been getting stronger every week, and Donnie will start from the sixth position. Fifth starter, Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee, fifth place. In the Winston Cup standings, he will start from the fifth position inside of the third row in the Gatorade Dieguard Chevrolet
1: starting in fourth position neil bonnet of Hueytown, alabama and the pure later mercury and the wood brothers hope to make a good showing here this afternoon leonard has put in an awful lot of work on the car he and all the crew to get that car right it's primarily a super speedway car they do not have a short track car but they've made a lot of refinements on it neil feels like it will finish well here this afternoon starting third bobby allison from Hueytown, alabama in the hodgdon mike kerb racing ford of bud moore and starting second cale yarborough timminsville south carolina in the bush oldsmobile now harry Gant put the car up there for him and that's the story there. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the afternoon goes by. And Buddy Baker, who did it again here, Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Napoleon Riga ride shocks absorber Chevrolet, let's make that a Chevy, will be on the pole here this afternoon. And I think, Mike, that probably, and I guess Ned would concur with this, we all saw Buddy Baker win here last year, and it had to be one of the finest runs of Buddy Baker. And a lot of people said that when he won this race, he kind of learned to pace himself as a race driver. And I'm, I think Ned probably has some comments on that.
5: Well, you know, he had been labeled as a big-track driver, that he was not uh, competitive on the short tracks. He didn't have the discipline that he needed in himself to be able to win on the short track. And certainly, if you need discipline on the short track, it's here at Martinsville. And he proved here a year ago today that he could do it with a properly set-up automobile, and certainly he had it that day, and apparently he has it today because he's planked it on the pole here. And I think that that helped him to gain a lot of confidence in himself from what people had been saying over the years, he believed it, that maybe he couldn't drive a short track, but by golly, he proved that he could, and I think he'll be out to prove once again today that he no, can still do no,
2: it. Man. There are two Pontiac Grand Prix safety cars at the head of the field, and they present an interesting contrast. The 1980 safety car is the one that will be given away here this afternoon to one lucky fan following the Old Dominion 500, and the car being used as the Grand marshal's car with STP's Ralph Salvino aboard is a 1981 Pontiac Grand Prix, and the fans here at Martinsville like getting a look at the new car with its droop snout and its sloping hood and its high raised rear deck lid will have a good indication of the differences that we'll see on the NASCAR circuit for next year because from all indications the Pontiac Grand Prix along with the Olds Cutlass and Buick Regal are what many of the teams that run General Motors cars will be building for next season. And It also points out the lesson that Detroit has learned from auto racing as far as aerodynamics and how it relates to fuel economy. That 1981 Grand Prix with that long sloping hood and the raised rear deck lid, the slope back windshield, is a much cleaner car to go through the air, and that's important not only to fuel economy, but also when you get into the 190 mile an hour speeds at Daytona
1: and Talladega. So that is an indication of things to come for Winston Cup racing in 1981. Well, the field has fired over on the front straightaway, and the pace car has them in tow, taking them around the racetrack, and very shortly they'll turn them loose. I think there was indication that they would take two laps to warm these engines up. And again, we'll go up to Eli Gold as they're moving out of turn three. The field comes
6: rumbling by us now as the field, of course, is lined up two abreast here on the short front straightaway. Many of the cars that are starting on the rear of the pack were lined up directly in front of us here at the exit to turn number four. One driver change that we noted right off the bat, Jimmy Means, the Huntsville, Alabama driver, was climbing into the number 45 car that, of course, earlier this year was campaigned by Braxter Price and Joel Stowe had qualified the automobile. Jimmy Means is behind the wheel right now and evidently set for the start.
1: Pace car with the field in tow brings him into the south end of the track with Buddy Baker and Cale Yarborough up in that front row. Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet back in row number two. It's Walter and Donnie Allison in row three. And the Fords have become very competitive on the short tracks lately. Mike Joy talked with Bobby Allison about the Thunderbird and how it has become so strong on the short tracks. And it's not supposed to be a short track car, but the last two or three races, the car has visited Victory Lane at Richmond, Virginia. They won with a car at North Wilkesboro last Sunday. Bud Moore and the crew had it working so well, I think they could have driven it in a plowed field. And Allison is optimistic that he can get the job done here today. Pace car with a field in tow in the north end of the track as they get ready to turn them loose.
6: Some distance now as the pace car picks up the pace and pulls off onto the safety apron and now onto pit road. The fans begin to stand as one and now slowing the pace to 40 45 50 miles an hour we're looking for a start
1: harold kinder with the green flag in hand. Puts them under green and here they come into turn number one. Baker comes up through the gearbox quickly. Jumps ahead of Cale Yarborough. Leads him into the first turn. It's Baker out front. Cale second. Bonnet gets pinned on the outside. He's going to drop back a position. Bobby Allison up to third. Walker trying to find running room as they hit turn three.
6: Neal accelerates. Grabs third place as he comes in tearing off the outside retaining wall. Dives low into turn three. Allison cuts him off. Baker your leader. Yarborough going second. Dead heat for third.
1: The Old Dominion is underway as they come back into turn number one. Baker two car lengths ahead of Yarborough. Back in second. 2nd, it's at 3rd, Bobby Allison rides 4th, 5th right now is Walker. 6th is Donnie Allison, 7th is Earnhardt, and 8th is Parsons, single file, they move to turn 3. Lenny
6: Pond goes ninth. Richard Petty 10th, Dave Marcus 11th, still single file, the left side tires on the curb, inside the turn as they cut it tightly, and again single file, Baker the leader.
1: As they move back into the south end of the track, the drivers will feel the surface out here this afternoon, it's cool, very cool, unusually cool here at Martinsville, and they'll see how things are going to work before they start jockeying. They chase Baker back into the number 3 corner as
6: they work their way through the turn. Again, everybody taking identical lines. They're low on the concrete part of the racetrack, though embedded with rubber. They hold well down there, Swing, shutting off the turn. Baker the leader, Yarborough, second, Bonnet third.
5: And Barney Ho, Harry Gant, who started 30th, has now picked
6: off eight automobiles in the
2: first three laps, so he's trying to make his way up through the pack. It was a good, smooth start without a lot of the usual Martinsville bump and grind into the first turn. Yarborough, who started second, let Baker get a bit of jump on the start, and he was able to move from the outside pole position into the start second spot. Neil Bonnet moved up quickly, was pinned on the outside, but managed to muscle into the third position as they come to turn one. Baker leads Yarborough in the Oldsmobile. Bonnet's Mercury, the Ford of Allison, the Chevrolets of Waltrip, Donnie Allison, Dale Earnhardt, and Benny Parsons to turn
9: three.
6: Richard Childress, who had started 17th, dropping back in the pack noticeably as now Baker leads the single-file snake off the fourth corner. Yarborough second, Bonnet third, Bobby Allison fourth, Waltrip fifth
1: field back at the south end of the track and buddy baker who likes to run out front but he'll pace himself if he has to this afternoon leads him out of turn number two and down the back chute. cale hanging on a second still Bonnet in third position bobby allison is fourth they're back in three waltrip holding fifth
6: donnie allison going six richard petty a neat move inside turn number three gets by lenny pond picks off a position there as the leaders are back to turn one
1: Still running single file in the early going here this afternoon of the Old Dominion 500 with Baker setting the pace and everybody's car looks to be sticking extremely well here in this end of the racetrack. What about up in three and four, Eli? Likewise here,
6: everybody was handling well. Dave Marcus had a skitterish moment, but that was an isolated incident. Everybody still single file right low on the racetrack and holding that snake-like position back to the line.
2: About the only car that seems to have a real problem is that of Childress. He has drifted far back in the field. Likewise, Dave Dion of Hudson, New Hampshire, his Ford, pulled into the garage area on the first lap. He pulled down pit road, and they're now pushing the car back towards what serves as the garage area here at Martinsville. So
1: Dion is the first retiree back in the front straightaway. Baker already about to catch the tail end of the field. That's the kind of pace they're setting, and he'll be running up on Tommy Gale's car. It's Baker in front. kale riding second. Still in third position is Neil Bonnet. Fourth is Bobby Allison. Fifth is Darrell Walker. Sixth is Donnie Allison. Earnhardt rides seventh, and Benny Parsons is eighth. Smoke coming from J.D. McDuffie's car as he breaks hard for the first turn. Just appears to be tire smoke.
2: Dave Marcus did not get an exceptionally good start. He started tenth on the outside and could not get into that inside groove, and he dropped back about four spots, but he has been picking them off he moved around don sprouse a moment ago and just snuck underneath rookie point leader jody ridley so marcus who started 10th and dropped to 14th has climbed back up to about 12th spot your
6: front three automobiles off turn two now pulling off rather off turn four putting away some separation as those three cars begin to pull away
1: field back at the south end of the track with Buddy Baker still setting the pace and Cale Yarborough kind of looks him over in the corners to see if he does have a flaw or a weak spot in that car, content for the moment just to ride on his tail and now they get in traffic up in the north end of the track.
6: Moving up on four cars, Jimmy Mean, Kyle Petty, Cecil Gordon and Roger Hamby, your leaders work to the outside wall, have to pick their way through to turn one.
1: Baker takes the outside groove this time and already they begin to move up from the bottom of the racetrack. Baker alongside of Cecil Gordon gets around him and will be moving up on Kyle Petty. No change in the front 10 positions.
6: As your leader works to turn number three. Baker your leader. Yarborough now. Everybody takes the outside groove in turn number three and four. Working by the slower race traffic. No problem. They slingshot off the turn. Back to the line. Single file.
2: With 12 laps complete the running order shows Baker the leader. Yarborough second. Neil Bonnet in the third spot. Bobby Allison is fourth. Waltrip is fifth. Donnie Allison sixth. Ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Benny Parsons. Richard Petty. And Terry Lavani.
1: Good strong battle for the number two spot up in turn three.
6: Neil Bonnet repeatedly off the turn. Trying Yarborough. to the the inside they tattoo each other again. Neil can't make the move, but in the meantime, Buddy Baker pulls away.
1: Buddy Baker looks like he's running the mail for the Pony Express this afternoon with the Indians right behind him as he scoots away about 15 car lengths ahead of second place Cale Yarbrough. The battle everyone is watching right now is the battle for the number two spot between Cale Yarbrough and Neil Bonnet. They're back and four.
6: Neil coming off the turn four area always seems to try to put the nose alongside Yarbrough's car, but Kale pulls the Mercury. A strong, strong showing down the straightaways.
1: Back in the south end of the track, Baker's still about 12 car lengths ahead. It's Kale riding second, Bonnets in third, fourth is Bobby Allison, fifth is Waltrip, sixth is Donnie Allison, seventh right now is Earnhardt, eighth is Parsons, and ninth is Richard Petty.
6: Tenth is Lenny Pond. Terry Labonte goes 11, Dave Marcus goes 12th, 13th will be Jody Ridley. Your leader still, Buddy Baker to the line.
1: Drivers are now having to pick their way through traffic, at least the first ten as they have overlapped the tail end of the field. Just moving around Lake Speed, the leader Buddy Baker scoots past him out of turn number two. Yarborough shuts it down now to about eight car lengths, but Baker... This car is working so well nobody can touch him they're back in turn three
6: buddy baker as he works off the turn just puts the left side wheels right up against the curve the inside apron then kicks off the turn to the outside wall very predictable no changes he runs well
5: Dave dion the first car to go into the pit area has an oil pressure problem he thinks has something to do with the dry sump. he's working on it trying to get it repaired and back in the
1: race well that's one of the boys from up in your part of the country he's a pretty strong race driver he is a good,
2: strong driver. He came down and ran out of Virginia for a good part of this season, so his name may be familiar to Southern fans, but he's best known for running up at Ken Squire's late model tracks in the Vermont, New Hampshire, the northern NASCAR tour area. When the garage closed yesterday, they were still trying to put that engine back together, Barney. And
1: didn't work. Good door-to-door battle going on between Bobby Allison right now and Waltrip up in three.
6: That was the battle for fifth but Waltrip and Donnie Allison both go by Bobby Allison. Bobby came sliding off the number four turn earlier. Again has to wrestle the number 15 coming off the corner and he's been dropping two three positions the last two laps.
1: Allison beginning to fall back a little bit. Earnhardt's on his rear deck right now. Earnhardt trying to peek underneath him out of turn number two as they head down the back chute. Leader continues to be Buddy Baker.
6: Yarborough comfortably in second. Third place. Bonnet the man on the move. Fourth place Waltrip. He pulls up right behind Neo Bonnet. Now Donnie Allison is right there as Bobby
5: closes And pulls to the inside as he comes off of the fourth turn. Looks over at the Wood Brothers. He'll be coming in the
1: next time around. Trouble on Neal Bonnet's Pure later Mercury down on the inside of the racetrack. Fell off the pace. Here's Bobby Allison up alongside and we'll keep our eye on him as he heads down the back chute to see if he's coming into the pits.
6: Neo Bonnet being passed by a host of cars. Front runners and back markers alike as Baker leads the pack off the number four corner. Neo Bonnet still low. Makes the hard left turn. He's heading to Ned Jarrett on pit road. But he comes down pit road, the Wood Brothers are ready for him as he comes in. Turn three, spinning alone is Ronnie Thomas up against the turn three wall. Here come the leaders bearing down. Thomas is out of harm's way. Buddy Baker runs up on race traffic, takes his way around. Thomas rolls off the banking and Baker gets through with the rest of the leaders.
2: Caution is out and Baker leads the race back to the start-finish line as everyone still stays uh, stays single file. They hold the caution car at the entrance to pit road. The hood went up on the Pure Later Mercury
5: Neal Bonnet. Now the hood is back down, so they're sending it back out on the track. We're going to make our way down to
1: check with the Wood Brothers to see what the problem is on that car. So, as Neil Bonnet comes back onto the racing surface, we are under caution for the first time this afternoon, coming out on lap 27 when Ronnie Thomas hit the wall up in turn number three. For an update on what happened up there, let's go back to Eli Gold.
6: Ronnie Thomas, just running by his lonesome, came off the back straight away, and the car went straight into the wall as it began the long spin. Virtually eradicates the word Martinsville that is painted neatly on the outside retaining wall. A big scuff, Marcus Thomas held the car there, let the race leaders and most of the traffic get by, and then came off the banking to head. Con- to continue his way around the racetrack.
2: As all the leaders move on to pit road on either the front or back stretch, Lenny Pond becomes the leader in the Old Dominion 500
1: with 28 laps completed under caution. Let's check in on pit road with Ned Jarrett. Well, apparently Ned is still making his way down to the Wood Brothers team to find out what happened on Neil Bonnet's car, and we are fairly certain that he did go a lap down, and it looks like there's a take one on the field, and they'll put him back under green in just a moment. Now, everyone has been in and out of the pits. They're set to go racing again. Again, the caution. Ronnie Thomas hitting the wall between turns three and four. Pace car with the field in tow brings him back into the south end of the track. The leader will be... Lenny, Lenny Pond. Pond, without a doubt. Last weekend at, at North Wilkesboro, Lenny took off like Baker did here today in the early going of the race and had the car stayed together and he kept running like he did. It would have been a runaway between him, himself and Bobby Allison because they have really done their homework on that machine the last couple of races.
2: And it's good to see Lenny with a steady ride. It looks like he'll run with a gym-tested team uh, as much of the schedule as finances and sponsorship permit for next year. And that team is one of a number that are starting to gel, like the Donnie Allison team that have really come together in recent weeks. Well, he's looked awfully good the last couple of races. Barney,
5: I'm down in the pits with Glenn Wood. Glenn, what's the I'm problem? Not sure
2: what it is, but something about a broken spark plug.
5: They've lost a cylinder. They're under there changing a spark plug right now, so it's cost them a lot of valuable time here, even though it's under the caution, but you are going to try to get him back yeah, in.
10: I think it just broke the plug out out apart. Hey, okay, the green flag waving again.
1: So maybe a broken spark plug has cost Neil Bonnet a couple of laps. We'll keep you posted on his progress. Field under green. They're back in the south end of the track and Lenny Pond jumps out front. Don Sprouse chases him down the back straight away as the rest of the front of the pack a moment ago are trapped back in traffic. Going to have to thread their way back to the front. They're up in turn three.
6: John Anderson and Junior Miller running behind Pond and Sprouse. Then come many of the front runners. Buddy Baker, Yarbrough, Earnhardt, Richard Petty, Lenny Pond, or at least Ridley and Dale Earnhardt.
1: Buddy Baker, like a small pig at the trough, trying to get up there to E as he tries to knock his way around everyone coming into the south end of the track. Baker takes a look on the outside and moves around John Anderson as they're chasing down Lenny Pond up in turn three.
6: Lenny Pond takes the high groove. Don Sprouse follows everybody double file bumping as they go. Junior Miller with a head on Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt hangs on your leader. Pond to the line.
1: Lenny Pond back at the south end of the track and begins to pull away a little bit. Sprouse rides about two car lengths back. Then it's Baker in third. Cale is fourth. Fifth is Earnhardt. Sixth is Richard Petty. Seventh is Waltrip as they work the back straightaway and head up into turn three. Jody
6: Ridley holding eighth. Donnie Allison is ninth. Harry Gant going tenth. Bobby Allison, 11. Benny Parsons, 12. Labonte is 13 as Lenny Pond easily off the turn. Takes him to turn one.
1: Well, Neil Bonnet is back in the competition as he scoots down the back straightaway. We'll find out in a moment from scoring how many laps he went down, but he lost at least two and possibly three. Field in the backstretch as they head up to turn number three and still Pond in front.
6: Don Sprouse now feels the heat as bearing down on him. Buddy Baker, meanwhile, Lenny Pond, a bit of a higher line, still scoots away. Baker now closing in on Sprouse in a battle for second.
2: Lenny Pond opens up about a six-car-length advantage over first-year driver Don Sprouse. Sprouse takes it wide at turn two, and here's Baker. Baker puts the Napa Regal Ride shock Chevrolet underneath Don Sprouse and runs for second spot at turn three.
6: Working to the inside, Baker gives Yarborough the free ride. Kale is inside of Sprouse. Likewise, Dale Earnhardt. Sprouse can't get back in the draft. Three cars go by as they work to turn one.
2: You don't want to be caught in this high groove at Martinsville. Baker, Yarborough, and now Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt climbs up over the curbing at turn one. We've seen him do that before here. And here's Richard Petty underneath Earnhardt coming out of two. The
6: battle now. Richard can't quite pull, but he does now. Close in right on the rear decklet of Earnhardt. Pawn the leader by seven car lanes. Baker second, Yarborough third, Earnhardt fourth, Richard Petty fifth, Waltrip sixth
1: back in the south end of the track. It's still Lenny Pond in front. Baker trying to chase him down, and he's cut the deficit now to about six car lengths. Cale is still third. Fourth is Earnhardt, and Earnhardt's car is not working. Richard Petty finds an opening on him in the back stretch and gets underneath him in three.
6: Richard again works to the inside, but Earnhardt comes diving off the back straightaway, takes the turn closely cropped, and he cuts off Richard, and now Richard Petty has his hands full with Waltrip, who challenges him to the line.
1: Good racing back in the pack as Lenny Pond is still in front, and Buddy Baker begins to reel him in. Baker, three car lengths back in second spot, it's Kalen third, fourth is Earnhardt, fifth is Petty, and Baker is chasing down Lenny Pond.
6: Lenny Pond looks ahead. Roger Hamby's car is there. So as Lenny maneuvers to get past Roger. Here comes Baker closing in tightly. Richard Petty squirrely off the number four corner. Reels it back in at the tight battle to turn one.
2: Well, the Monte Carlo is the favored car here, and that's what Lenny Pond and Baker are driving, but Cale has an Oldsmobile. Earnhardt of Monte Carlo and Richard Petty has the boxy brick-like Chevrolet Caprice, as does Donnie Allison. Interesting battle in styles and makes. Takes to turn four.
6: They say the Chevrolets at the lighter front end will have the edge here, and Lenny Pond now with a three car Car length of an edge over Buddy Baker works to the line in front.
1: Lenny Pod back at turn number one, and Baker is there. He's just about two car lengths back, a little less than two car lengths, but Cale Yarborough is also there now, and so is Earnhardt. The front four just about a car length apart. They're back in three.
6: Richard Petty right there in fifth. Nose to tail with Walchip, who is in sixth. Donnie Allison, seven. Jody Ridley, eight. Harry Gant, nine. Bobby Allison, ten. Holding 11th, Benny Parsons.
1: Labonte is 12th. Bobby Allison moved up a notch on Benny Parsons the last couple of turns around. Harry Gant is running awfully strong right now, right behind Jody Ridley as he is up in the top ten. Field back in turn number three. Lenny Pond still in front.
6: And taking his way around, Neil Bonnet, who is low on the racetrack and well off the pace. Pond, your leader. Two car lanes over Baker. Single file. Yarbrough is third. Neil Bonnet heads to the pits.
1: Back in turn one, in front is Lenny Pond. Just about a car length back right now. Second is Baker, and here is Gant falling off the pace. A lot of
2: smoke from both header pipes of Harry Gant's car, and water just pouring out the right side. And caution is on the speedway as Harry Gant coasts the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet behind the pit wall on the back stretch. So caution is out for the second time this afternoon as Harry Gant apparently. Explodes an engine and dumps a lot of water all down the front straightaway. 43 laps completed, and at the time of the caution, Lenny Pond had taken off from the last caution flag with the lead and has refused to give it up. Buddy Baker runs second. Yarborough third in the Oldsmobile. Fourth to Dale Earnhardt and fifth to Richard Petty. Quickly, let's go to Ned Jarrett Is there a couple more cars on pit road. Well, just
5: for the second time again, just as the caution was coming out, Neil Bonnet had brought the Pure Later Mercury in. They changed right side tires on it this time. They had changed tires when he was in with the spark plug problem. And here's the leader, Lenny Pond, in for a pit stop, changing the right side tires. He didn't stop on the other caution flag. So now they're taking advantage of this one. So this will drop him back in the field, of course
2: jimmy means parked his car behind the wall the baxter price machine a lot of smoke from the back of his machine he was black flag and kyle petty with what nascar officials believe was rear-end smoke was sent to the pits and his oldsmobile has been parked there for several laps as the junior petty crew continues to work on it and now sends him on his way we're under the second caution of the afternoon here at martinsville kyle petty's car is back behind the pit wall in the backstretch quickly let's check in again with ned our uh, runner, Jerry Punch, who works with us
5: sometimes here on MRN, has gone over to see what the problem is with uh, Kyle Petty's car. Uh, Neil Bonnet has been back in again, and he changed left side tires this time. Here's Tim Richmond coming down pit road, but most of the leaders did not choose to pit on this caution. It hasn't been that long since they were in the pits, and certainly they don't want to get too far behind on this track here at Martinsville. So they, when one stays out there, most of them usually do, unless it's absolutely necessary.
2: Now, Tim Richmond announced earlier uh, in the month that he and the Uno team would contest NASCAR's Rookie of the Year in the Winston Cup division next year, and I understand several of the late model sportsman drivers from your part of the country, North Carolina, are going to do likewise. Well, Morgan Shepard, who currently leads the late model sportsman, sportsman, Sportsman
5: standings for 1980 has said that he hopes to go for the Rookie of the Year honors in a hot rod uh, barn car who sponsors him on the sportsman circuit. And uh, Tommy Houston also, who started out this year, but uh, had to withdraw because of lack of help and finances, I think uh, hopes maybe to do more running next year, maybe go for those Rookie of the Year honors. So I think that we will have a very strong run again next year for rookies. It's always good to see those uh,
2: young drivers coming along. A speedy dry truck has been cleaning up after the fluid drop from Harry Gant's blown engine as the safety car leads them under the second caution of the day. 47 laps completed. Baker the leader, Yarborough second, Earnhardt is third, Richard Petty fourth, Waltrip in the fifth spot, Donnie Allison, Jody Ridley, Bobby Allison, Benny Parsons, and Terry Labonte round out the top ten. Quickly, let's check in with Ned Jarrett. First, Kyle Petty's car had
5: a fender rubbing a tire. They hope they have that fixed now. Harry Gant, who calls this caution, is here with us. Harry, what happened?
10: Well, the engine—it uh, must have dropped a valve. Uh, we, you know, we'd run that engine at uh, North Wilkesboro last week, then at Richmond, and we just hadn't had time to change it. And it's pretty old. Car was running good. I thought we had a real
1: shot at coming on up. We just turned laps quick as a leader.
5: Harry, the green's coming out. We'll get back with you in just a
1: moment. Field goes back under green. Buddy Baker dives into the number one corner. Cale Yarborough right on his rear deck as he chases him here in the south end of the speedway. Cale is second. Earnhardt is third. Petty is fourth. Waltrip is fifth. They're single file heading down the back chute and up to turn three. Donnie
6: Allison holds sixth. Seventh is Jody Ridley. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Your leaders now bump it as they work. Three and four. Again, low on the racetrack. Baker single file the leader. Yarborough second. Earnhardt third. Richard Petty fourth.
1: Field still working single-file fashion back into the south end of the track with Baker in front, and his car has been awfully strong here this afternoon as it has in practice all week. Cale Yarbrough took a look underneath him coming off the number two corner, then Baker just accelerates away up in turn three. And Baker used
6: the common accepted line and really held off Yarbrough. Again, Cale looks to the inside of Baker coming off the fourth turn, but again, Buddy pulls away to the start-finish line.
1: Dale Earnhardt tapped a little bit on Cale Yarbrough's rear deck that time to let him know he was back there. And Earnhardt suddenly running awfully strong. He's in third position. Front five are just nose to tail. Make that the front six. They're back in turn
6: three. Baker, Yarbrough, third is Earnhardt, fourth Richard Petty, Walshup is fifth, Donnie Allison is sixth. They're close. scuffling now off the number four corner again. Yarbrough looked to make a move, but nothing there.
2: they are back to single file, and Ned Jarrett is still standing by with Harry Gant. Harry is finished in the top four spots in five of the last eight races. So until today, things were really coming together for them. Let's go back to Ned.
5: Well, Harry, I know it has to be a disappointment to go out this early after running so well.
10: Yeah, you know, after the caution come out, it seemed like we could run with the leaders. When we went back out, we had some new tires that hadn't got scuffed in yet, but I had real high hopes, you know, after uh we went back on the racetrack that we could maybe win the race today after starting in the rear it seemed like we was in doubt all week but the track slowed up a little and we could
3: keep up
5: well harry you were a hero around here for most of the week as you have been really for the last four or five races you qualified Kale yarber's car on the outside pole and of course that's stemmed a lot of rumors that maybe that was a tryout from junior johnson and that maybe you might be his driver next year
10: well you know we hadn't talked to Henry, he didn't say anything to me about it so uh I don't know. i just been awake, you know, to see what the things are going to do. And I think everybody right now is maybe undecided on some things. Well, we're sorry to see you out of the race.
11: Better luck next time. Let's see that.
1: Well, there has been a strong rumor going around at Martinsville this week that... Darrell Waltrip, who is trying to get out of his contract with dieguard Racing Enterprises, if they can't put him in the car, there is a strong possibility that Harry Gant would be under consideration for it. We'll talk more about that a little later this afternoon. Baker still in front, Kale in second, and Yarborough has his hands full with Earnhardt as he has tapped on him the last two or three times around. Field back in the south end of the track. Here's Earnhardt gets underneath and Yarborough puts him right down on the curb. Kale Yarborough pinched him hard that time, and Earnhardt has to come out of the throttle. He's still in third position
6: and holding single file again, diving into the curbing area. Here comes Earnhardt again closing in on Cale Yarbrough. No move there as Baker still holds a 3-4 car length of an advantage.
1: Baker back in the south end of the track and the crowd comes to their feet watching this battle between Cale Yarbrough and the brash youngster from Kannapolis, North Carolina who now lives up at Lake Norman Earnhardt. Earnhardt had been tapping him a couple of times last time around. Took a look underneath him and Yarbrough just pinched him right down to the bottom of the speedway. They're back and forth.
6: Single file leader pack again off the turn no change. They'll be bearing down on Dave Deano has just returned from the pitch
1: Baker is in front Yarborough is second, Earnhardt rides third and again he gets a fender up alongside Cale Yarborough here in the south end of the track Cale accelerates and leaves him as he goes off turn number two, pulls him by about three car lengths back in turn three
6: as they dive quickly into the turn again, Earnhardt tries to look inside but Cale gives him maybe half a lane, that's all, so there's no room and again as they work at single file, it remains no change, the action in your end of the
1: racetrack Barney Back at the south end of the track. Here's Earnhardt. Again, he drops underneath Cale Youngborough. He didn't learn a thing a moment ago. If he keeps putting it down there in a moment, Kale's going to put him back on the curbing again. But Earnhardt is one of the toughest drivers in the business. He served notice that he was here to stay the first time he came out in a Grand National car again. He lets Kale know he's back there up in turn number three, and Eli he kind of tapped him again. That was more than a tap, Barney. That was one heck of
6: a hit that time as he put the right front of his car just up inside Kale Yarborough's automobile, and both cars had to hang on tight coming off the turn. Earnhardt this time again as they attack turn three. The leaders will work to the high side, going by Dave Dion in the number twenty nine. Baker, your leader. Yarbrough second, Earnhardt third. Fourth is Richard Petty. Waltrip is fifth.
5: And Barney, I'm sure that a lot of the fans in the stands here are wondering why Kale Yarborough would take that abuse. Earnhardt just keeps tapping on him there, and of course, there's always a chance that they might hit a little too hard and, and spin out, but Yarborough is doing it on purpose, trying to hold Earnhardt back there. Of course, they always hate to give up a position, but more than that, he's letting Earnhardt wear out his automobile back there, and boy, you can do it on this racetrack and mainly brakes, which brakes are so critical on this half-a-mile track, and when he's running that way behind Cale, he's using up a lot of brakes, and that's what Cale wants him to do.
2: Well, you, from your position in the infield, Ned, you can't see the right side of Earnhardt's car, but you can imagine that right front fender on Earnhardt's Monte Carlo doesn't look anything like the Chevrolet people intended. It's got all black tire marks from the left rear tire of Cale Yarborough's car and Cale's left rear fender is similarly dented and That's what happens here at Martinsville. It's a body man's nightmare, this racetrack, and a number of these cars are already showing the effects. They've gone back to single file, and Earnhardt has stopped wearing out himself and Kale, at least for the moment, up at Eli Gold's end of the racetrack. They maintain more of a stable running
6: order right now. Baker still the leader. Single file, Yarborough second, Earnhardt third, Petty fourth, Waltrip fifth, Donnie Allison sixth, Bobby Allison seventh.
1: Field back at the south end of the track. Buddy Baker continues to set the pace and for the moment everyone can't seem to catch him either that or they're just going to let Baker push his car as hard as he will to the limit all afternoon and see what happens. Baker still in front. Kale is second. Earnhardt is third. This time he comes out of the throttle a little bit. Doesn't tap Kale up in the north end of the track. It's Richard Petty riding in fourth and a strong fourth. Petty has looked awfully good here this afternoon. Waltrip back in fifth position. Those five cars are just inches apart. Then about eight car links back to fifth position. It's Donnie Allison. Bobby Allison rides sixth. Seventh is Benny Parsons. Eighth right now is Terry Labonte. They're back at the north end of the track.
6: Your leaders working their way through traffic neatly as they look ahead and have players or, of course, drivers here scattered all across the front straightaway as they begin to work their way every inch of the real estate here at Martinsville, always use as the groove shifts around for the cars
2: with Baker up front after 66 laps Yarborough riding in the second spot we'll take you a little further back through the field as Kyle Petty attempts to come back onto the racetrack once more with the STP Oldsmobile a lot of rear end smoke from that machine but he's putting it back onto the speedway Yarborough second, Earnhardt is third Richard Petty fourth, and Waltrip in the fifth spot Donnie Allison is sixth with a Chevy Caprice Bobby Allison has the T-Bird seventh Parsons is eighth, Labonte is ninth rookie point leader Jody Ridley is tenth Dave Marcus has the eleventh spot Twelfth right now would be Lenny Pond. The 13th position belongs to Buddy Errington. Don Sprouse, or rather now Slick Johnson, is in the 14th spot. Fifteenth would have been Richard Childress. Don Sprouse in the 16th position. John Anderson and Tim Richmond would round out the top 20 after just 68
1: laps of competition. And those top 10, there's no change up there. We're talking about Dale Earnhardt a moment ago and tapping on Cale Yarborough and kind of bending the sheet metal a little bit i talked with dale yesterday about how easy it is to get in trouble here at martinsville
12: well it is at times i got
4: into a little bit of trouble one race up here with richard and everything caused a big pile up but uh if you stay out of trouble and keep you uh you know nose clean all day and run hard you, you know you got a good chance of winning this race
1: well, Earnhardt's picking his pace right now as he and Cale bumped and grind a few laps around, but for the moment, they seem to have stabilized a bit. The leader is Buddy Baker. We're working about the 68th lap of competition here right now. It's Baker in the south end of the track, leading Yarborough by two car lengths. Again, Earnhardt tries to get underneath Cale Yarborough out of that second corner to take over the number two position. Nothing brewing there. It's Petty back and forth. They're back in turn three. Those
6: cars hold their position. We also know Donnie Allison, the
1: brothers Allison,
6: running alongside each other, nose to tail at times, side by side. Donnie Allison really sliding the car off the number four corner. He lets the track dictate what happens and really dirt tracks it out to the outside retaining wall. Bobby Allison, more of a refined movement, seems to have the car pointing exactly where he wants, and he gradually works his way to the wall. So they both get to the same place, but in varying styles. Your leader's now off the number four corner on lap 72. Baker, the leader. Yarborough in second, down by four car lengths.
1: Well, this is when you really have to be in your toes here at Martinsville, because there's now traffic spread out all the way around the racetrack, from the tail end of the field all the way to the front. You have to pick your way through traffic in the corners and the straightaways.
2: We gave you the top 20 that are all on the same lap, the cars that are at least a lap down or more. Uh, James Hilton is running just ahead of Buddy Baker, the leader, so he would also be on the lead lap in 21st spot. Then, one lap behind are the cars of Cecil Gordon, Junior Miller, Lake Speed, J.D. McDuffie, and Ronnie Thomas is at least a lap down, and at least two laps or more in arrears would be the cars of Neil Bonnet, Tommy Gale, uh, Dave Dion, who was out and is now back into the garage area, and Kyle Petty, who has just moved back onto the racetrack. With 73 laps complete, running single file down the front straightaway, Baker has about a six-car length advantage on Cale Yarborough. Earnhardt just keeps trying to wear Yarborough out. He's in the third spot. Richard Petty right on his bumper, and Darrell Waltrip fifth. From Martinsville Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Chris Crockett,
13: straight from the NASCAR stands, here with another member of our Toyota Racing family, Jason. Hi there. Oh, you seem impatient. Oh, well, I've been holding it in for a while. A while? Since it started. The race? No, the season. Wow. Guess you don't want
11: to miss any action.
13: Nope, I don't. Oh, did you just see Denny Hamlin take the lead? I haven't taken my eyes off him. Jason, you don't look so good. Can I offer you some water? Absolutely not. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go in the playoffs. Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stocker Auto Racing you
14: <laughs>
0: Oh, 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 right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for $28.95 and get a $10 O'Reilly gift card by mail. Protect your engine from sludge and wear with Mobile One full synthetic motor oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, oh,
13: oh, O'Reilly.
1: Auto Parts. Cale Yarborough has fallen back to sixth position and is continuing to lose ground as Bobby Allison is about to move around him in the back straightaway, and there is something wrong with that machine. Ned Jarrett is working his way to the Junior Johnson crew to find out the story. Meanwhile, it's Baker in front. Earnhardt now moves up to second. It's Petty to third. Fourth is Walter. Fifth is Donnie Allison. Sixth right now is Bobby Allison. Seventh is Betty Parsons. And eighth position about to be taken over and dropped Cale Yarborough back to ninth as Terry Labonte moves around him. Back to the dive spot then would go Kale Yarborough. Tenth
2: would be Jody Ridley. Eleventh is Dave Marcus. Lenny Pond is twelfth. Buddy Arrington thirteenth. Richard Childress fourteenth. Fiftieth is Slick Johnson with Tim Richmond in the 16th spot. John Anderson is 17th, and Don Sprouse has just gone a lap down. He's the eighteenth place car, with nineteenth being Lake Speed, Ronnie Thomas 20th, and James Hilton 21st. Just
5: a second. I got Junior Johnson here. What's wrong? Cale has slowed down something.
4: Well, he's using brakes so hard till he's lost his pedal. He's gonna have to cool him down before he can go back to running again. Right now he, just, he don't have no brake pedal. Okay, he's in the
5: position that we thought he was putting Dale Earnhardt in, but Cale Yarborough was the victim of that race.
1: Well, there's a good possibility that Dale was pushing him into the corners with the brakes on. That'll heat him up in a heartbeat. But nevertheless, the problem right now, according to Junior Johnson, is that Cale has overheated his brakes and had to come out of the throttle for a moment. He's fallen back to about ninth position.
6: And you want to talk about a man who is in action in the driver's seat of the race car. You watch everybody go by here, exiting turn four. We've got a great view. Everybody makes the one calculated move and continues on their way. Kyle Yarbrough seems to be really shifting around, trying the brakes, trying the gears maybe to downshift and help himself further and he is all of motion trying to hang onto the car at the same time.
1: Well, you would certainly have your hands full at Martinsville with no brakes. You'd have your hands full with brakes, but without them, you would really have your hands full field here in the south end of the track. It's Buddy Baker in front. Earnhardt rides second and now Earnhardt begins to work on Buddy Baker a little bit. They're back in three. There nose to tail in turn three. Earnhardt looks
6: to go to the high side of Buddy Baker. Baker on the low side has Ronnie Thomas in front of him but as they swing off the turn it's again single file but Earnhardt trying.
1: Well these are two of the hardest chargers in the business. Let's see what Baker does with Earnhardt. Earnhardt will not come out of the throttle. He tries him on the outside. Baker scoots up, uses up a little bit of racetrack, makes him come out of the throttle. Earnhardt goes right back after him in turn three. And again, remember, traffic is all over the place, so both the leaders now go sliding
6: up on the high side. Earnhardt a bit higher, but as they work up to the start-finish line, we've got one car spinning in turn four. Don Sprouse takes the car backwards first onto the apron. Everybody gets by, and
2: Sprouse remains motionless. The automobile, that is, on the apron of the racetrack. That'll be the third caution of the afternoon, and it comes out on the 84th lap. What an interesting scenario sets up here as Buddy Baker leads... Yarborough ran himself out of brakes in the Oldsmobile trying to keep Dale Earnhardt back in the third position at Earnhardt has come up to challenge for the lead. This track with its long straightaways and tight turns puts a premium on brakes in any case. And Baker, in winning here last year, Barney said he didn't have any brake left. The pedal was just dead when
1: he came across the finish
2: line at the end of 500 laps.
1: Well, you can wear them out here at Martinsville because... We were talking to some of the crew chiefs yesterday and some of the drivers, too. As you come off the turns, and I guess Ned could probably add a little bit of this if he, if he is back in the tower, they turn these engines as high as 8,000 RPMs coming off the corner. That gives you an awfully strong burst of speed in the straightaway, and you've got to do something to get the car woed down, so to speak, as you hit the turns, and the only way to stop it is to get on the binders and do that, but you still got to do that all day long, and you just literally wear out your brakes if you really run in the corners hard, and if you, if you come out of the throttle a little bit, so to speak, and don't punch the car like that you'll find yourself a lap down real quick because there's always one or two drivers who will do it and the equipment will last all day we're under caution here at Martinsville for the third time it came out on lap number 84 Don Sprouse spinning up in turn number 3 let's go back to Eli Gold
6: Don Sprouse seemingly had the same fortune that Ronnie Thomas did earlier all alone all all of a sudden the car finds itself pointed the wrong way and Sprouse now heading down pit road with everybody else as they work
1: to get themselves serviced A rash of pit activity. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And these would be
5: what you'd call scheduled pit stops, taking advantage of this caution period to make those stops, and that's probably as important or more so here at Martinsville than any other track. Lenny Pond is in. They're making a huge adjustment on his car. They're changing the left side tires, but they also are changing the weight distribution quite a bit on the car. Richard Childress is in, Gail Yarborough, and Richard Petty, and uh, getting ready Most of them are changing right side tires now. Earnhardt is is changing all four. He's on the left side. So is Waltrip.
1: They're getting ready to go back to green here at Martinsville in the Old Dominion 500. Dave Marcus being indicated as the leader. Bobby Allison currently rides in second position. Pace car with a field in tow as they move to turn three.
6: Double file with the leaders to the outside. Yarbrough holding third. Lenny Pond fourth. Benny Parsons fifth. Buddy Baker sixth. Richard Petty seventh. Waltrip eighth. Earnhardt ninth. Donnie Allison tenth. They're racing.
1: Green flag as the field comes flying back into the number one corner. Neil Bonnet trying to get out front and get one of those laps back in the Pure Later car as he dices with leader right now. Dave, Marcus, they're door-to-door down the back chute. Bobby Allison rides second. It's Cale third. They're back in three.
6: Still side-by-side. Side, Neil Bonnet tries to get a lap back. He and Marcus low on the racetrack. Marcus to the outside. They get side-by-side side into each other. It's going to be Bonnet coming out of the fray in front momentarily. Bobby Allison there to challenge.
1: Neil Bonnett keeps the later Mercury out front and gets one of his laps back. Marcus finds himself in the outside groove. Bobby Allison gets underneath him and they go door to door for the lead up in turn three.
6: They bounce as they go down the back straightaway and Marcus to the outside retaining wall, cuts in hard off the wall and tries to put a nose of the automobile in front. Donnie Allison or at least Bobby low on the racetrack stays right there with Marcus. They're side by side for the lead.
2: This is just what happened to Marcus on the start of the race. He started in the 10th spot and got caught high on the outside and drifted back a few positions, but he is giving no quarter to Bobby Allison. Marcus rim rides off the second turn down the back stretch and holds his lead.
6: Those beautiful paint jobs all for naught as Dave Marcus now takes Bobby Allison in the lead into turn number three. Marcus in front, though trailing Neil Bonnet on the racetrack. Neil laps down. It's going to be Yarborough holding
9: third.
1: Back in the south end of the track, about half the people here at Martinsville this afternoon have not sat down in the last 50 or 60 laps as they've been watching it unfold here at Martinsville. It's still Neil Bonnet leading the field. He is not the leader, but he is ahead of the pack. He's unlapped himself. He still has a couple of laps to go. In front right now is Dave Marcus. Second is Bobby Allison. Third would be Lenny Pond in fourth position. Donnie Allison still in fifth is Richard Petty. Six is Benny Parsons. Seventh is Walter and single file there in the back. Back to turns one and two and up the back shoot again. It is Marcus in front.
6: As Dave Marcus takes a predictable line. Dave, of course, he's been around a veteran campaigner. Does not run as low on the racetrack as, for example, Buddy Baker and Richard Petty are, but still holds the advantages. Baker now takes an inside groove to pick up positions
1: back in the south end of the speedway we had put Cale Yarborough a lap now, but I don't think he lost a lap a moment ago so Yarborough will still be in third position we'll check that out he was on pit road a moment ago they're back in three
6: a battle now for fourth place inside of the racetrack Baker outside Lenny Pond side by side Baker handling well low on the racetrack Lenny Pond trying to stay right there can't do so as Buddy Baker pulls Richard Petty sneaks in for position and Lenny Pond blowing smoke as he works to the line
1: Lenny Pond with a lot of smoke out of the car and it looks like it's going to be a short day for the Ettrick Virginia driver. Lenny Pond takes it to the outside groove, and caution is on the speedway for the fourth time this afternoon.
2: Tough break for Lenny Pond. It looked like his team was just starting to gel. He had a a strong run up at Richmond, finishing in third spot on his home racetrack. And he will bring out this caution flag the fourth of the afternoon here at the 96 lap as he coasts around turns three and four, and it looks like the cleanup crew will have a little bit of work to do as they, as Pond coasts his car down onto Pitt Road. And we will check the scoring, and Determine if, indeed, Cale Yarbrough is down a lap and just how far back in the pack Neil Bonnet is. Now, this caution flag is a real break for Bonnet. He had moved just in front of leader Dave Marcus, and now he'll be able to come all the way around, and that will be a boost to his chances. Remember, in April, Waltrip came from four laps behind to win the Old Dominion 500, so it seems to me you can't count the Pure Leader team out of it at this
1: point. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett.
5: Okay, we have Lenny Pond here, who just crawled out of the Chevrolet. He's
15: running so well in, Lenny, she just let go on you. Yeah, Ned. I went backstretch and everything was fine. When I went in three, you know it was okay. And when I got back on, it just didn't go. And something just turned loose, and it or something. And looked like we got a short afternoon, but we got a good race car ready to go to Charlotte now.
5: Well, you had a short afternoon last week after running so well at North Wilkesboro.
15: Yeah, but we're figuring on making Virginia Green from Charlotte next week, so we're going to be in there after it all.
5: Okay, here's a fellow with a lot of optimism already about next week, feeling a little bit bad about today, but still able to smile. Well,
1: that team has really been coming together in the last few weeks. They looked awfully strong uh, over at North Wilkesboro. They led the race, jumped out in front, and about the only car that could hang with them was Bobby Allison last weekend, but they had an engine go awry up there, and they've had the same problem here today. Maybe they can get it together before Charlotte.
2: Allison's car at the head of the field is one of the very few that don't show some signs of sheet metal damage. He and Buddy Baker, as they move up on the outside, cleanup truck just about ready to head for home as they clean up the spill from the latest blown engine of the day, that of Lenny Pond. We are just 100 laps into the Old Dominion 500 with Bobby Allison leading. They're posting Cale Yarborough in second spot. Buddy Baker third, Richard Petty fourth, and Darrell Waltrip fifth.
1: We're going off the caution and back to green this time around as the Pontiac safety car moves on to pit road. Bobby Allison is in front. Cale Yarbrough is up to second position as they get ready to turn him loose. And here they come. Harold Kinder puts them back under green, and Bobby Allison is in front. Cale goes after him in turn number one. Baker back in the third spot. He has one car between himself and the front two. Then it's Richard Petty in fourth. Waltrip moving up to fifth position. They work the back stretch and head for turn three. Dale Earnhardt
6: holding down tightly in six. Buddy Baker now gets his way past Ronnie Thomas, as does Richard Petty. Those front cars now getting themselves tightly in behind. Ronnie Thomas on the curb. He's squirrely. Gets the car back under control. Nearly cuts off Waltrip. Waltrip okay as they head back to the line.
1: Some of the strong runners caught back in race traffic. Going to have to thread their way up to the front again. It's Allison in front, Cale second, Baker third, and they're just about a half a car length apart. Richard Petty in fourth. He's four car lengths back. Then comes Waltrip about a second back of the front runners.
6: Right behind Waltrip is Dale Earnhardt. Then Benny Parsons closing in tightly. Donnie Allison watching from a distance. Your leader, Bobby Allison, single file, Yarborough second to turn one.
1: Terry Labonte and Jody Ridley trying to break out of traffic way back in the middle of the field and move back to the front. Allison still in front, Kale in second. It's Baker riding third. Petty is up there now as he closes right in, just inches off the fourth place car. They're back in three.
6: Everybody takes the identical line. These cars still handling well. Low on the racetrack, Richard looked inside of Buddy Baker momentarily. Nothing there in what could have been a battle for third. Now Baker checks for second.
1: Baker, down on the inside, takes a look underneath Cale Yarborough as he drifts out a little bit, and Baker gets just a fender inside of Cale Yarborough, but Yarborough pulls him off the corner. They're still nose to tail the front six positions back in three.
6: Cale has weathered some storms coming off the corners here this afternoon, pulling well again. Baker looks inside of Kale, coming off number four. Nothing there as Yarborough pulls away in second behind Allison, your leader.
1: Neil Bonnet, we've just been informed from scoring, is still three laps down. Modded three laps off the pace. It's Bobby Allison in front of the Thunderbird of Bud Moore working traffic in the back straightaway right now. Cale Yarborough, a half a car length back. Rides in second. is still Baker in third. Petty is in fourth. Fifth right now is Walter. Good battle for the tenth spot in front of Eli Gold as Marcus works under Jody Ridley. Davis
6: to the inside. Ridley caught outside. Neil Bonnet is there trying to watch. He two, three laps down as we mentioned just moments ago. Baker has still worked his way from third place down the back straightaway watching Yarborough.
2: You don't want to get caught on the outside here at Martinsville. It's a one-groove racetrack and up high is where the marbles are and that is the long way around. At a track like Dover, you can run that high groove and run just as fast as the car in the bottom of the racetrack, but here at Martinsville is so different from the super speedways as Yarborough points the nose of the Olds under Bobby Allison in turn one, but he clipped the curb and couldn't keep it down there. Allison powers off the corner. He says that the Ford is at a disadvantage to these Oldsmobiles and Chevrolets that is really not the right kind of car for this racetrack, but he has it there in the lead. Bobby's thoughts on the Ford strengths versus the Chevrolets.
11: Well, we're probably... Uh, Really, it is as big a disadvantage here as anywhere on this circuit. Uh, The car has excellent brakes, which, once again, is a a direct reflection of Bud Moore's preparation. Uh, And the car is running good, but, you know, the Chevy's got that lighter front end for turning better in the corner. And, uh, you know, they can get turned and jump on that gas pedal, and they have that acceleration and that... Uh, capability of turning above 8,000 RPM down the straightaway, which we just don't have. So, uh, you know, we've run good here, but but it's been tough to be really competitive here.
2: Well, according to Bobby, the Chevrolets have the advantage, but Barney, he's got the lead, and he shows no
1: signs of giving it up. Well, that track has had its strong suit, really, on the short tracks all year. It has won up at Richmond it won at North Wilkesboro last week, and he qualified well here, and right now he's in front. Nobody seems to be able to do anything with him, and if anybody can, there are two drivers right behind him that'll just wear the seat of his pants out, and that's Cale Yarbrough and Buddy Baker riding second and third. They're back in three.
6: Cale still riding well low on the racetrack. Momentarily looked to the inside of Bobby Allison, but there was race traffic there in the car of Roger Hamby, so Cale settles in.
1: It is Bobby Allison in front. He leads Cale Yarbrough by one car length. Cale is second. Baker is third. He's about three car lengths back. Then comes Richard Petty and Darrell Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt. That's your front six. They're back in three.
6: Benny Parsons running seventh. He's in a two-car battle with Donnie Allison. Now make it a three-car battle. His ninth plate, Terry Labattie joins in your leader still Bobby Allison they work to turn one
1: Benny Parsons has been unable to get up to the front of the pack this afternoon. He's been in the top ten, both he and Donnie Allison. They're riding along right now in seventh and eighth position. Ninth is Terry Labonte as they work traffic in the back straightaway. Parsons and Donnie Allison began to close the gap between first position right now in front of Eli Gold.
6: They do. Donnie Allison, of course, he works to the inside. Benny Parsons has been taking a bit of a higher groove, but those two cars seem to whittle it down, the difference between themselves and Dale Earnhardt, who runs the tail end of that lead six-car draft.
1: Still, Bobby Allison in front, and now he has stretched his lead to about four car lengths over Cale Yarbrough. Still back in third is Buddy Baker. Fourth is Richard Petty. Riding along in fifth position is Waltrip. He likes this racetrack. Darrell says this is one of his favorite speedways. He told me yesterday he felt like to win here. Today he was going to pace himself and see if he could get the job done. Last time he was here, Mike Joy told you earlier, he just had to run himself to death to overcome a four-lap deficit.
7: Off we run all day, and... Uh that's the big secret i guess anywhere you go is to run all day uh that's been our biggest problem this year is not being able to finish the races we've finished we've been a factor in and uh won a lot of them so i gotta believe if we can come down uh for the last 100 laps or so and we're still in the race we're going to be in awful good shape.
1: And still Bobby Allison in front, Cale Yarborough riding along in second. He's about three, four car lengths behind in that number two position. Baker is third and he is hounding Cale Yarborough literally to death here this afternoon. He's trying to dive underneath him every time as they get into the corner. The battle right now is for fourth spot between Darrell Waltrip and Richard Petty as they go door to door off the number two corner and down the backstretch up to three.
6: Waltrip is to the inside. Petty to the wall, side by side. This had been a battle here for fourth place. Petty had been holding the position but Waltrip Waltrip inside the racetrack. Takes a low side around, slingshots it off the turn. Petty stays right there, but Waltrip has the spot.
1: Waltrip stays in the throttle a little bit longer and moves up into the fourth position. Here's Earnhardt getting underneath Richard Petty, and he scoots up into fifth spot. And dropping Petty back to six. And Neil Bonnet is undoubtedly the fastest car on the speedway. Bonnet has picked up almost nine seconds on the front runner since they put him back under green a moment ago. He has just moved underneath Richard Petty. He is three laps down. He made up one of those laps. He was four, but he is still three behind. Here's Allison the leader in the south end of the track moving around Tommy Gale, Cale Yarborough still three car lengths back then rides Buddy Baker. Fourth will be Walter. Fifth is Earnhardt. In sixth position is Richard Petty. Seventh is Benny Parsons. They're back in turn three. And, of course, for Neil Bonnet being lapsed down
6: at Martinsville, not really a factor, as we've seen so many times earlier this year when Waltrip came back from four laps down, and anything possible. Your leader, single-file
2: Allison, leads to turn one. Well, Petty has just been drop-kicked two spots, and he really slides this Caprice into the first turn. The handle is gone on the car, and Richard, the beating and banging here, what does that do to the driver?
10: Really, uh, you know, you got to realize that it is 500-lap race, and everybody's trying to win and all this and I've been knocked out up here, and I guess I've knocked people out up here. And uh, it's an idea that, uh, just about like any race, you've got to keep your temper under control. Uh, even though, no matter how mad you get, you can't get mad with your car, uh, you know, as far as saying, well, I'm going to get him back in the next corner and stuff like this, because uh, there's been a lot of good race cars knocked out that way, and a lot of races lost because the people did lose their temperament. And, uh, you know, most of these boys, uh, they get all mad. I do, too. You know, everybody... Gets mad at a certain time, but maybe the next time when they get down to the next corner, they then forgot about it. And uh, you know, they got to look at it from that way.
2: Petty has had to back off just a tad down here. The first turn, he drove it in so hard once, I thought he was going to come through the shrubbery on the outside of the wall. But he has had to lift his foot off the throttle a bit as the STP Caprice is not handling quite up to par at this moment in the race. Meanwhile, at turn one, Waltrip continues to shift back and forth. His gaze across the rear bumper of Buddy Baker's car. He looks underneath, then to the high side, and everybody ends up in the straightaway. Single file to turn three. Like
6: Barney says, Miss Quigley's exercise class. The fans have been up and down here the last few times by that battle for second place with Yarborough, Baker, Waltrip, Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet watching. Everybody taking different lines. It's quite a show as they shuffle around for spots.
1: Well, Cale Yarbrough really has to keep tabs on Buddy Baker and Darrell Waltrip. Here's Waltrip on the outside groove. That's a long way around. Almost got a piece of the wall. Had to cut it back in very sharply to keep from tagging Buddy Baker back in that number two position. They head up into turn number three. It's Allison in front. Kale riding second. Third is Baker. Fourth is Waltrip. Fifth is Earnhardt. And here's Baker and Cale door to door back in turn number one. Inside groove is Baker. He gets the position and will move up. And Waltrip will scoot underneath Kale also and dropping him back to fourth spot. Earnhardt trying to get around Yarborough as they work to three.
6: And of course that edge now as they work their way through. Earnhardt still has a spot. Yarborough. Backing off as Neil Bonnet goes by him, Yarborough slowing as Richard Petty closes in on him. That, of course, all the shuffling has left Bobby Allison alone to pull away. Yarborough well off the pace, Barney.
1: Well, then Jarrett, something again has happened to Cale Yarborough's car. It would not just drop off the pace that quickly.
5: Well, it could be those brakes again, Barney. When you run out of brakes, you have no alternative but just to plant back off and take it an easy and not take a chance of getting yourself. He wants to get out where he can run by himself, not take a chance of messing himself or anyone else up.
1: Well, Cale Yarborough, whatever the problem is, is beginning to fall back in traffic. Leader is still Bobby Allison, and he looks awfully strong at this point as he leads Buddy Baker by almost seven or eight car lengths. Still in third position, it's Waltrip. Fourth is Earnhardt. Back in fifth is Richard Petty. Riding in sixth position right now is Cale Yarborough. He's about to lose that to Benny Parsons in front of Eli Gold.
6: Benny goes to the high side, takes a spot away. Here comes Donnie Allison. He, too, will swing by Cale Yarborough. Labonte and Marcus also setting their sights on number 11.
2: Lavani and Marcus at the tail end of what you'd call the lead draft. It extends halfway around the speedway as Bobby Allison continues to open up the margin. He's got a pack of cars. We have
6: one car momentarily out of control, John Anderson, and as he went squirrely, he tagged second place runner Buddy Baker, who held tight, but Anderson low on the racetrack now has to find himself back to a place to tuck in.
2: Well, no damage done to Baker's car. Darrell Waltrip stays glued onto his bumper, but all this has allowed Allison to pull away to about an eighth car advantage at the third turn. Bobby Allison, who runs so well, and of course
6: you've got to be a master of working traffic here at Martinsville. He's doing that with masterful ease. Number two, still Baker, third place Waltrip. fourth is Earnhardt. Watching, closing in as Neil Bonner, who still drives hard, not nearly as hard as earlier, but he's holding well.
1: Bobby Allison's going to have to very carefully thread his way through some traffic right now. There's about six or seven of the lap cars directly ahead, but he has plenty of running room to do it because Baker's still eight or nine car legs back, not keeping that much pressure on him right now. It's Allison in front, Baker right second. The battle has been for that second spot most of the afternoon.
2: J.D. McDuffie looks like he's let go. Coming into turn one. A lot of water out the pipes. Slick Johnson spins. Allison jumps to the high side and misses him. Baker, Waltrip, Earnhardt. All the leaders get through without incident, but Allison really had to be fast to find a hole around the outside as J.D. McDuffie dumped water all in the first and second turns. Slick Johnson spun in it and Allison led the leaders on a fast closing hole through the outside and away. It's the fifth caution of the afternoon. It comes out of the 138th lap for apparently a blown engine on J.D. McDuffie's car as water was pouring out both header pipes. Bobby Allison is one of the few leaders that has pitted on the backstretch. He and Benny Parsons dive to the backstretch pits along with Donnie Allison and Terry Labonte and that will put Baker out in front for the moment as the caution flag comes out of the speedway for the fifth time this afternoon. Neil Bonnet is the first car behind the caution flag. He was posted as being three laps down, so this will be a bit of a break if Bonnet stays on the racetrack. He'll be two laps behind and will get the green flag just ahead of whoever the leader turns out to be after this round of pit stops. For the moment, it appears to be Dave Marcus at the head of the field. Darrell Waltrip riding second. Dale Earnhardt third. Richard Petty would be the fourth place car. Bobby Allison fifth.
6: an interesting story we've got to relate it looked as though Terry Labonte left his pit with the jack still attached to the car and as he came out of the back pit and made his way across turn 3 and 4 the swinging motion of the car threw the jack up to the outside retaining wall where a safety vehicle now is there to pick it up something you don't often see
5: and in the pit area J.D. McDuffie has coasted in still in his car J.D. what happened to it
8: I guess it must have dropped a veil or something struck water all of a sudden Boy,
5: it just hasn't been your year, has it?
8: Uh, I sure hadn't. Uh, it's been real bad year, the worst I ever had.
5: Well, we're sorry to see you have that tough luck here today. J.D., you could just tell in his voice that he's very disappointed here again today. We talked with him earlier here this week, and he was talking about how bad of a year it had been for him, how he's going to be able to build one of those new 1981 cars, but he said, I'll manage some way.
1: Well, he is one of the most likable people on the circuit, and he is one of the regular NASCAR drivers who try to make all 31 races on the schedule every year, along with many of the independent drivers. He's out this afternoon on a tough break for Sanford, North Carolina's J.D. McDuffie.
2: Pontiac safety car continues to lead the field through turns one and two, and of the leaders we posted a moment ago, only Richard Petty elected to dive on a pit road. So that'll put Marcus up front ahead of Waltrip, Earnhardt, and Bobby Allison. Still 14 cars on the lead lap. Dave Marcus is posted as the leader. Waltrip rides second. Earnhardt is third, and Bobby Allison fourth, behind the safety car. Fifth would be Buddy Baker. In the sixth position, Benny Parsons. Donnie Allison would go seventh. Cale Yarborough eighth. Ninth to rookie point leader Jody Ridley. The tenth position was being shown as John Anderson with Terry Levante eleventh and those would be the cars on the lead lap. Richard Petty in the 12th spot would be the last car on the lead lap. At least one or more laps down quickly we will give you the other cars running. They include Cecil Gordon, Don Sprouse, Richard Childress, Ronnie Thomas, Slick Johnson, Junior Miller, James Hilton, Tim Richmond, Lake Speed still on the racetrack, and a number of laps down and Roger Hamby and Tommy Gale, who've been in and out of pit road. Buddy Arrington is also still being posted on the lead lap, though at the tail end of the lead lap, and Neil Bonnet would at this point be two laps down, plus all the way around the racetrack, because he'll get the green flag just in front of leader Dave Marcus. Kyle Petty is back into the pits behind the pit wall. They continue to work on the rear end of his STP Oldsmobile.
1: Pontiac safety car with a field in tow gets ready to turn them loose again up in the north end of the track in front of Eli Gold.
6: Speedway safety car pulls away. It's going to be Neil Bonnet taking the green first. Behind him is Marcus, the race leader. Behind Marcus is Richard Childress. He is laps down. Behind Childress then comes Darrell Walch up your second place automobile. So Waltrip second in the race, fourth in the running order. Behind him is Earnhardt as they pick up this pace, and they're back to racing.
1: Harold Kinder puts them under green again If they come up through the gearbox and hit the south end of the speedway. Neil Bonnet, who's picked up two of those four laps he was down, is at the head of the pack. He's in pretty good shape right now. Marcus is in front, riding in second is Waltrip. He's in some lap traffic trying to catch up up in turn three. Waltrip
6: works to the inside of Don Sprouse. Sprouse goes high on the racetrack. He's passed a half groove down from the wall, puts the binders on. He's okay as a leader. Is Marcus back to the line? Waltrip second.
1: Well, they're now indicating that Richard Childress is indeed the second place car, so that will drop Waltrip back to third, Earnhardt to fourth, and Bobby Allison to fifth. Here goes Waltrip, down on the inside, trying to scoot up into that second spot.
6: This now the battle for second, Waltrip to the inside, Childress to the high side, in comes for a triangle, Is going to be Earnhardt, a flying wedge off the turn, it's going to be Waltrip in second, third place Earnhardt, fourth Childress.
1: Earnhardt, inside on Richard Childress, squeezes him out in the outside lane and will move up a notch into the number three position. Dropping Childress back to fourth. That's a door-to-door battle right now with Bobby Allison for that position.
6: Bobby has the inside, though Childress a half-car length of an advantage in front, but now as Childress again is forced way high, Bobby Allison low on the racetrack goes by, so too does Buddy Baker. Childress drops two more spots. Like
2: Dave Marcus, Richard Childress was on the tail end of the lead lap when the caution came out, since neither of those two drivers pitted and did put them in the front of the field. But Marcus is Driving like he owns the racetrack at this juncture. A good six car lengths ahead of Darrell Waltrip with Earnhardt in the third spot. Bobby Allison fourth, a Baker fifth. And the battle is with Benny Parsons at Childress out of turn number four, Parsons on the inside. That's the place to run here. He and Donnie Allison into turn number one underneath the CRC Chemical Chevrolet of Childress and Parsons will move up into the sixth spot. Donnie Allison to take seventh and now Cale Yarborough challenges in the backstretch for eighth.
6: Kale on the inside of Richard Childress. Eighth spot at stake here. Kale way low on the racetrack. Childress again forced high. It's eighth place for Kale, Ninth now for Richard Childress. Jody Ridley in a side-by-side battle with Labonte for tenth place. That's the hot battle now.
1: Dave Marcus who has the Label of being one of the hard luck drivers on the Winston Cup Tour right now in command here at Martinsville in the Old Dominion 500 running a good line up in the corners and looking awfully strong Mike Joy over almost everyone. Waltrip's tried to chase him down. He hadn't been able to do anything with him. He's about eight or nine car lengths back. Then in third position, it's still Earnhardt. Fourth is Bobby Allison. Buddy Baker trailing along in fifth position. In sixth right now is Donnie Allison. Seventh is Benny Parsons and eighth will be Cale Yarborough. They're back in turn three. And what you've got to notice about
6: Marcus, he is not running anywhere near as low on the racetrack as is Darrell Waltrip, Still Waltrip unable to make up appreciable time. Now Marcus right behind Neil Bonner who's on that tail under the lap as they work
1: to turn one. Probably the best working car in the field right now would be the Later car of the Wood Brothers of nearby Stewart, Virginia. Remember he was four laps down earlier this afternoon. He's made up. Trouble suicide. turn one.
2: Lake Speed slams the wall between turns one and two. As he came into turn one in the low groove, the car simply would not steer and you could could see the expression on Lake Speed's face as he knew that the trip to the wall was inevitable. So the Nelson Malik, Sanyo car number seven. Slamming into the wall at turns one and two. Speed kept it up in the high groove after that inevitable encounter with the concrete. Waited till the field went by and then pulled the car behind the pit wall where Daryl Derringer, Nelson Malik, and the crew look over what for the second week in a row is a badly battered race car.
1: Well they chewed it up what at North Wilkesboro last weekend Richard Petty came down almost literally across the hood of the car that car has really had bad luck all year long Dick Brooks was in the car at the beginning of the season they had their problems up and down and then when Brooks left the car Ricky Rudd took over the driving duties they had problems and it's just the team just doesn't seem to be able to get it together they have more problems here at Martinsville this afternoon.
2: That'll be the sixth caution of the day coming out of 153rd lap for Lake Speed coming into the wall here at turn number one. And Dave Marcus is the leader of the Old Dominion 500. This morning, Marcus told me that they set the car up to run a little bit high on the racetrack, as Eli Gold had observed, because he figured that the race will be won in the latter stages, and that's where the groove is going to go anyway. And here it is, a third of the way through the race, with Marcus leading Waltrip, Earnhardt, Bobby Allison, and Buddy Baker. Well, Lake Speed joins Harry Gant, and J.D. McDuffie. And Jimmy Means, along with Kyle Petty, as possible candidates for the Goodies Headache Award, $250 from Goodies Manufacturing to the driver or team that the press votes has the most problems in preparing for or running. In the Old Dominion 500, 155 laps complete. Under caution for the sixth time today. Quickly, let's go to Ned Jarrett.
5: We're headed right now towards uh, Lake Speed. Mike, we'll get with you in just a moment.
1: Getting ready to put them back under green at Martinsville, Virginia. We have just completed... The sixth caution flag of the day as Harold Kinder waves the green as they come out of turn number four and back into the south end of the track. It is Dave Marcus in front. Waltrip riding second. It's Earnhardt third. And they're just inches apart as they work the turn number one. Heading out of the number two corner and up the back chute. Marcus in front. Waltrip tries to look for room. No place to go as they hit turn three. The
6: leaders work their way by. Both Slick Johnson and Junior Miller into the turn. Marcus way high. That's the door opening that Waltrip wanted. He can't take advantage. Meanwhile, Earnhardt does. He gets alongside Waltrip in a battlefield for second.
1: Battle for second position as they come into turn number one door to door. Down on the inside of the racetrack is Waltrip. He's got the groove, but Earnhardt has the handle and the horsepower as Waltrip dirt tracks it off the number two corner. Earnhardt scoots up into second position and goes after the leader. Diving into
6: turn number three. It's going to be Earnhardt and Marcus bumping once, twice. They go sideways momentarily, but it's going to be Earnhardt off the turn, just pulling away from Marcus and now Earnhardt as he pulls away watches Waltrip take second.
1: Waltrip down to the inside of Dave Marcus and they trade a little sheet metal here at the south end of the track and Marcus muscles his way off the corner hangs on to the number two position but the move was just put on by the brash youngster from Lake Norman North Carolina Dale Earnhardt running for his first national championship. Earnhardt. The only way he knows to go after it just keeps his foot in the throttle all day long at every track he goes to. He is out front. Marcus rides second. Third right now will be Walker. Fourth is Bobby Allison. Fifth is Buddy Baker. Those five cars running along nose to tail up into turn three.
6: Barney each time off the restart, Dave Marcus seems to go way high, even though the car he says is set up that way. It might be because of the tire temperature. This time the door was opened up for Waltrip, then Earnhardt to try and make the pass. Barney Hall, as we were standing
5: by to talk to Lake Speed, his crew has repaired the car, taken about half of the sheet metal off of the right side, but he's now getting back in the race.
1: Well, he did the same thing up at North Wilkesboro last weekend and then had the car really come apart when he and Richard Petty tangled. So Lake Speed is coming back out of the speedway up in the north end of the track right at the bottom of the track. Leader is Dale Earnhardt. Second is Dave Marcus. Third right now will be Waltrip. Still in fourth position is Bobby Allison in a good strong battle right now for the lead as Marcus tries to overtake Dale Earnhardt. He swings a little wide out of the number two corner and will lose one car length.
6: Earnhardt shows two car lengths of an advantage now, but Marcus closes coming into the turn. Then Earnhardt reassumes the advantage coming off as he pulls the number 71 off the corners. Now Walter holding in third, a spin in turn four. Junior Miller, as he is hit, goes sideways. He's out of, he, on the apron, out of harm's way. Everybody goes by as Miller gets the car cranked again and now continues along the way. The backstretch, your leader is going to be Earnhardt, closing in tightly as Dave Marcus. They're racing back to the caution flag now. Earnhardt accelerates off the fourth corner, has the edge with Marcus holding
1: second. So Junior Miller will bring out the seventh caution flag of the afternoon in the old Dominion 500. It comes out on lap number 164 and we have had a rash of yellow fever here this afternoon. So we go back under caution again and this is a break for the drivers. It is an ideal day for racing here at Martinsville Speedway. The temperature has dropped down perhaps into the low uh, mid-50s or low 60s this afternoon. That's what they had forecast the track temperature, very comfortable for the drivers, and that is very good for them here this afternoon. It's also good for the cars. Let's check in again with Ned Jarrett.
5: You mentioned that Kyle Petty had parked his car. They, they're they still doing some work on it, but I don't think they're trying to get it back in the race, Barney, but Kyle has been out of it. In fact, he's taken some of the, the tires that he was using over to his dad's pits on the other side, and I believe they're going to give it up here as far as this one's concerned. They had uh, a wheel rubbing a fender and just other problems, so they've just given it up for the day.
1: So some of the drivers continue to have their problems here this afternoon. As we are under the seventh caution flag of the day, it came out on lap number 163 when Junior Miller spun his car up in turn number three. For a quick update on that accident, let's go back to Eli Gold.
6: It was a trio of cars coming off three and into turn number four. It was Junior Miller's car along with Don Sprouse and Slick Johnson. All three cars came together battling for positions, and it was Miller who was discarded onto the grassy apron. The other two continued on their way. Junior waited for all the race traffic to get by, and the car that had remained cranked just continued its way across the apron and down towards pit road.
1: find the button on the microphone, we'll talk with the Grand Marshal here this afternoon. This has not been my, this hasn't been my week here at Martinsville. Ralph Salvino of the STP Corporation has just stepped into the booth, and no need to ask you who you're pulling for this afternoon. I know you're pulling for Richard and Kyle. Kyle's had his share of troubles, but Richard is still hanging in there. They made you the Grand Marshal here. You've had a good time in Martinsville this week. Yes, Barney, I've had a good time in Martinsville. I
11: have a good time no matter where I go, uh, Barney. Uh, Winston uh, NASCAR or Grand National Racing is pretty really super you know and uh, I enjoy myself I enjoy my work
1: well we're gonna put you on a spot and uh, Richard you know everybody's been saying for the last few weeks that Richard was gonna hang it up we talked with him yesterday he's he informed me and 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 he did it in a very forceful fashion that when he got ready to quit he'd let everybody know at the same time he told me he's gonna be around a long time and I'm sure the STP people are pretty well set with him for next year also Yes, Barney, we're all set with Richard and Kyle for next year, and we're
11: looking forward to uh, another good year with the Petties. It's been nine great years and 10th uh, coming up, and we're looking forward to it. Ralph, I
2: understand that you're the Grand Marshal today, not
11: only because of your
2: tremendous contributions to racing over the past 20 years with STP, but because you wave so well out the side of the uh, safety car.
11: <laughs> That's what they tell me.
2: <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. We're getting back to green flag racing, and it is Dale Earnhardt at the head of the field. He's gone by Dave Marcus with Waltrip in third, and Bobby Allison fourth as they go to turn three. On the
6: restart, Earnhardt leaves the pack behind. Marcus again goes way high. Everybody follows suit. Waltrip in third place, tried to look to the inside. Nothing there. Bobby Allison and Slick Johnson get together. No problem as they work to
1: turn one. Well, Dale Earnhardt really set sail on the field when they drop the green. This time, he has pulled mark Marcus by almost 10 car lengths back in third spot is Walter hanging on to fourth is Bobby Allison they string him out in the back stretch and work turn three
6: Buddy Baker will go fifth single file Donnie Allison going sixth seventh will be Cale Yarbrough eighth now Terry LaPonte. Jody Ridley hanging in tightly in ninth your leader in one
1: Earnhardt suddenly whatever the crew has made adjustments on that car they have it dialed into the racing surface here this Cale. afternoon and he is flying Cale Yarbrough
2: making an unscheduled stop into the green on pit road let's go to Ned that Jared making his way back to the broadcast position, but they're putting Barney right side tires on Yarborough's car under the green, and he'll go down at least to Lapis Earnhardt comes by the start-finish line, and he leads Marcus by six car lengths. into turn one. Yarbrough just muscles his way out onto the racetrack, and he'll be a lap down, plus about six positions. Mike Joy, the right front tower was
5: going flat on Yarbrough's car. That's right reason he had to come in for this unscheduled pit stop.
1: So Kale has had more than his share of headaches here this afternoon. He's certainly going to be a candidate for the goodies Headache Award, as he's made several unscheduled pit stops. To set the field for you, in front right now, Dale Earnhardt. Second is Dave Marcus, and a good, strong run for Marcus. In third position, position, the Gatorade car of Waltrip. Riding fourth is Bobby Allison, fifth is Buddy Baker, sixth is Donnie Allison as they work turn three. As
6: they work the turn, Waltrip looks to the inside of Marcus and what had been a bid for second place, but Marcus handling well high in the racetrack, pulls Waltrip down the straightaway, hangs on to second place.
1: Give Dave, Marcus, and his crew all the credit in the world. They do all the work on this car. They are independently financed. They do not have a major sponsor. He's had a good shot at several tracks this year, has been in contention to win, and it just had that black cloud hanging over his He said once if his luck ever turned as good as it was bad, he'd win them all. Well, Marcus has said that he doesn't have a major sponsor, as you say, but he's got a lot of
2: guys that put a little money into the car. Frank Young, Dave told me yesterday, put $1,000 in to buy fresh tires for this race, and that's one reason they are running so well, and right now running still in that second position. Behind Dale Earnhardt and ahead of third place, Daryl Waltrip, fourth place, Bobby Allison, and fifth place, Buddy Baker. Let's update you as to the standings. Dale Earnhardt enjoys about a 10-car length lead on Dave Marcus. Third is Daryl Waltrip in the fourth spot is now Bobby Allison with fifth place being shown as Buddy Baker. In sixth would be Donnie Allison. Seventh is Jody Ridley. Richard Petty is eight. Benny Parsons is shown as ninth Buddy Arrington. The hometown driver from here in Martinsville is still on the lead lap. He's in tenth spot. Richard Childress rides in the 11th position. One lap down Slick Johnson is 12th. Cale Yarbrough is shown as 13th. This is as of 170 laps and 14th would be the Ronnie Thomas automobile.
1: So that's the way they're running in the Old Dominion 500 here this afternoon. We're working the 179th lap of competition of the 500 that make up the Old Dominion race today. Earnhardt looks awfully good right now, but you can look awfully good on any racetrack at one given time. A couple of laps later, it can all go away, but right now, he is just pulling away from Dave Marcus. He's stretched his lead to probably about... A little better than two seconds. They're up to Eli Gold.
6: What's awfully tantalizing for third place runner Darrell Walship is the fact that Marcus, dead ahead of him, is running way high in the racetrack, opens the door down low where Walchup is running. Daryl can't take advantage of the opening. Marcus is that strong.
1: Dave Marcus, who's having a super good run here at Martinsville this afternoon. The handle going away on some of the cars. Earlier Buddy Baker was working so well that nobody could touch him, and right now you see Baker kind of manhandling the car in the corners as he's having to physically get it through the turns. But the leader is Earnhardt. Here he comes, down in turn number one, continues to pull away from Dave Marcus just about two seconds between first and second position. Then back to third, it's Waltrip. He's two car lengths back to the second place car, Dave Marcus. Then it's about 15 car lengths back to Bobby Allison, they're up in turn three.
6: You talk about the maturing of a driver, Buddy Baker, running in fourth now. He was never really known in years past as the fond driver as far as short tracks are concerned. Went out there, did the job as best he could. Now he begins to make his mark. He won this event last year and he holds on tight here in Martinsville this
1: race. Well, Buddy Baker, that we were talking about a moment ago, started on the pole here this afternoon. And Baker said that winning the pole here really meant something special to him.
12: I've been- I'm real proud to, uh, you know, to be on the pole right now. I've been kind of kind of down for a couple of weeks now, and this kind of helps pick your morale up a little bit. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, anything that happens good for you makes you feel a little bit better about things. And uh, I'm, I'm real happy that we're on the pole, and I hope when the race is over, we're in the same spot we'll start in.
1: The voice of Buddy Baker, who has been a little depressed in the last few weeks, he'll be leaving the Harry Rainier team at the end of this racing season, and Bobby Allison will replace him in the car. With
2: 185 laps completed here at Martinsville. Dale Earnhardt just trying to run away and hide from the field. Dave Marcus continues to hold on to the second spot at the south end of the racetrack. It turns one and two. Marcus' car has quite a push, and... Uh, really not handling well at this end of the speedway. Eli, what about in turns three and four?
6: He handles well in this end. Of course, he's taking the higher groove, but that's where he has been running well. One car who just beset problems coming off the fourth turn last time around was Donnie Allison. We see him now heading down Ned's way on the back pitch. He slowed noticeably coming off the first t- off the fourth turn last time through.
1: Donnie Allison has brought his car into the pits, and it's going to be a costly pit stop for him. We are still under green here at Martinsville Speedway. Leader Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt hoping to pad his lead a little bit over Richard Petty and Cale Yarborough, who had gained a little ground a couple of races ago. They lost some up at North Wilkesboro last weekend, and right now he's in a good position to pull a few points ahead here at Martinsville this afternoon. He has stretched his lead over the second-place car, Dave Marcus, by perhaps another half a second. Meanwhile, back in that third position, Waltrip content to just ride there in the groove that Eli Gold mentioned that he was taking. If Waltrip had the horses, the handling, he could get underneath him, but he hasn't been able to do anything with him thus far around. It's Bobby Allison still riding in fourth position. Here's Earnhardt picking his way around Don Sprouse in the south end of the track. Back in the fifth spot, it's Buddy Baker, and Baker is losing a little ground to the front runners. Dropping back just a bit, Neil Bonnet continues to hound the back bumper of that Napa Regal Ride
2: Shock Chevrolet. Now, Bonnet is still at least two laps down. He went down four laps when they had a what Glenn Wood diagnosed as a broken spark plug on the Purelator car early in the race. And Whit uh, Collins has stepped into the booth for the moment. He is the racing director of Purelator, and they made an announcement that made a lot of the Woods Brothers fans very happy this week, did you not?
1: Uh, yes, Mike, we announced that uh, we'll be back again with Neil Bonnet, and it'll be a 1981 Thunderbird. In fact, uh, our nickname will be the Later Bird next year instead of the Later Mercury.
2: Well, that's a bit of a surprise, the Glenwood changing from Mercury to the to a Ford, but I believe next to STP, yours is about the longest continuing sponsorship here in Winston Cup Racing.
4: Uh, as a matter of fact, we are longer than STP, Mike. This will be our 11th year sponsoring a race car.
2: Well, Whit, thanks for stopping by. Good to hear that the Woods of Purulator and Neil will all be back together again in 1981. 191 laps of bed completed and Earnhardt Barney is just dusting the field off as he comes to turn one half a groove up from the bottom of the racetrack it sails down the stretch. he is just wearing everybody out he's up in front of Eli Gold
6: Earnhardt's factor of course running by his lonesome he's been able to work his way through race traffic with little problems meanwhile of course Marcus still houses hands full with, er- with Waltrip Waltrip running trying to make a move can't do so and Bobby Allison bit by bit working his way through traffic masterfully is closing in on Waltrip
1: Well, that second, third, and fourth place car are just about a car length apart as they exit turn number two and up the back straightaway. But everybody has their eye on the youngster from Lake Norman, North Carolina right now, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt with three victories this year. He won the Atlanta 500, he's won at Bristol, and he won at Nashville, Tennessee. And he's well on his way to winning his first national driving title, the Winston Cup points championship. And he hasn't paced himself to do it. He's a full throttle driver. You put him on the racetrack, it's like one of those, somebody said the other day they are going to make a Dale Earnhardt doll. You wind it up and it runs wide open until it just falls over and that's kind of the way he drives.
2: Moments ago, Barney, a problem in the infield of the entrance and here is Lake Speed slowing out of turn number two. He will keep the car going down the backstretch, and it looks like he's got problems once again. Flat right front tire is the problem on the Lake Speed car. He'll have to come all the way around to get onto the backstretch pits, where moments ago, Richard Childress's car developed a problem, and as he attempted to make the left turn onto pit road, he lost the steerings and the brakes on the CRC Chemicals car and plowed into the right side of Kyle Petty's car hauler. A NASCAR officials checking at the scene, and it is believed that no one was injured as Childress's car came slam in and ran into the Kyle Petty truck on the backstretch pit area. Here is Lake Speed
1: limping around turn number one with a flat right front tire and it looks as if he will be able to get onto pit road. So Lake Speed who's had more than his share of troubles at North Wilkesboro last week, and it continues to plague him here this afternoon in the Sanyo racing car. He is pulling into the back pits. At Martinsville, Virginia, 196 laps are complete in the Old Dominion 500 this afternoon. Earnhardt is the leader, and he is almost a straightaway ahead of Dave Marcus, the second-place car. Waltrip rides third. Bobby Allison is fourth. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. We're down
5: here in the area where Richard Childers came in here. We'll see if we can get to Richard, what happened when you came in here? Do
3: I? What happened? I blew a right front tire and hit the wall, and when I went, hit the wall, it broke the steering, and I couldn't steer the car. You're holding your neck. Are you
5: okay? Yeah, I think it it popped my neck a little bit, but I believe it's okay. Well, the front end of that car is really bashed in as well as the right side of it where he got into the wall, but he's walking around here surveying the damage.
1: It's a tough break for Winston-Salem, North Carolina's Richard Childress, who drives the CRC Chemicals car. He had hoped for a strong finish here this afternoon. The crew had put in an awful lot of extra work for this race today, but he's out of it right now. Richard Childress.
6: Barney, if you were not mistaken, Childress's car hauler yesterday sitting by the wayside was plowed into by an out-of-control late-model sportsman automobile during the running of the Autumn 150 yesterday, so it's really been a tough weekend for Childress.
5: Barney, there's not too much damage done to the... Kyle Petty, car hauler, we're standing right beside it here now, and it just looked like one of these cars maybe had side sideswiped another one out on the racetrack, that's about all there is to that damage.
1: It's good news that no one has been injured in the pits as the car went out of control momentarily and did slam into the car hauler, but everyone apparently is all right here at Martinsville on Pit Road.
2: At 180 laps, Dale Earnhardt, the leader, we just completed the 200-lap mark. And to update you as to the way they're running, Earnhardt is the leader. He has almost a straightaway on the second-place car, which continues to be Dave Marcus. Darrell Waltrip rides third in the Gatorade Chevrolet. The Bud Moore, Warder Hodgson T-Bird for Bobby Allison sits in the fourth spot. Buddy Baker holds on to fifth in that Napa Regal Ride Shock Chevrolet. In sixth spot was Donnie Allison. A minute ago, he made a stop on pit road under the green. Posted a seventh is Terry Lavani In eighth is Jody Ridley. Ninth, Richard Petty. Tenth would be Benny Parsons. Childress was running 11th when he lost the steering and hit the wall. And Buddy Arrington clings on to the lead lap. He is running in the 12th position. Two hundred, two laps just completed here in the Old Dominion, 500. Here in Martinsville, the caution has come out for the eighth time this afternoon. There is debris on the back straightaway from the Richard Childress incident. As Childress told Ned Jarrett, he hit the wall coming out of turn number two and without the steering. Uh, his car rolled into the pit area and slammed into the Kyle Petty car hauler. No one is injured, but the front of Childress's CRC Chemical Chevrolet, as it is pulled away, is really a mess. Second place runner Dave Marcus pitted on the back stretch, as is Bobby Allison. They are on pit road as the safety car leads Dale Earnhardt who has worn out the field these last 30 or 40 laps or so and opened up a straightaway lead prior to the caution flag just coming out moments ago for debris on the back straightaway.
1: We are under the yellow flag as all the leaders duck onto pit road. Well there have been all kinds of rumors flying all, all week as to who would go where Bobby Allison finally made a formal announcement after all kinds of speculation as to where he would end up in 1981 he did that out in Birmingham a couple of weeks ago.
11: Yes, I announced last last Monday night on Scott's uh, TV program that uh, I intend to run for Rainier next year and uh, that we intend to run all the races.
1: And I think one of the reasons Bobby Allison might have made that change, a lot of people... We're speculating as to why he would leave a car like Bud Moore. We did a little mental arithmetic here in the pits the other day, and in less than three years in Bud Moore's car, they have won a little over a million dollars. So the operation has been very successful money-wise for them, and they will probably go somewhere between a million and 250,000 before the season is over if they finish in the top five in the next few races, and it looks like they might.
2: Let's check in out on Pit Road with Ned Jarrett.
5: Everything is pretty uh, settled down here right now as they get ready before too long to get this race back under green. I think they're going to give them one lap to go when they come back around the next time.
1: Well, the reason I was leading up to about Bobby Allison, probably Allison has never won the national driving title or the Winston Cup points championship in a very long career and it's one goal that he really wants doesn't talk a lot about it but that's something he would like to do before he hangs it up and Bobby is probably going to be around for a few more years but he feels like his chances in the Rainier team might be a little bit better and I think that's one of the reasons he might have switched
2: well then too Barney though they've won two of the last three races and I asked Bobby, if he had any second thoughts about changing teams for 1981 after the success
11: in the recent weeks. Well, not really. Uh, you know, But has worked hard, and, uh, you know, I've enjoyed working with Bud ever since I've worked for him uh, at the beginning of 1978. And, uh, you know, I, I had mixed emotions to begin with, and I still have mixed emotions, but I made the decision that uh, – an opportunity was made available to me that I think uh, will have some other advantages, and uh, I want to give it a try.
1: Well, he's going to give it a try in 1981 with a Harry Rainier team. Pace car is on pit road. We're ready to go back to green as Cale Yarborough rides at the head of the field He is a lap down off the pace trying to get back in the lead lap as they come dicing off into turn number one. In front is Dave Marcus. Riding second is Bobby Allison. Third is Earnhardt. Fourth is Baker and fifth is Benny Parsons. The leaders are back in traffic. There's four slow cars ahead of them up in turn three. In
6: front of the leaders, Richard Petty, Neil Bonnet, Donnie Allison, and Cale Yarbrough. Those cars low on the racetrack. Your lead automobile's trying to go high. Everybody whipping it off the turn. It's still Marcus, your leader with Bobby Allison right behind him but still in traffic.
1: Earnhardt again finds the handle on the car, begins to punch a little bit up through traffic, trying to scoop back up and get into the lead. Richard Petty takes him a little wide as they come out of the corner, right against the wall, as a matter of fact. Marcus leads him back into turn three.
6: Bobby Allison looked to the inside of Marcus in the backstretch. Does it again here in turn number three. On the low side, Bobby Allison in a bid for the lead. Off the number four corner now, a drag race to the line.
1: Bobby Allison trying to get the inside groove on leader Dave Marcus. He had him up in turn number three. There was traffic ahead. He had to come out of the throttle. This time, as they exit turn number two, Marcus pulls him off the corner by about a half a car link. They're back in three. Marcus,
6: your leader. Single file Bobby Allison behind him in second. Earnhardt is third. Buddy Baker is fourth in front of those cars. Still, Neil Bonnet along with Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough. And again, back to the line. Here's Bobby to the inside for a piece of the lead.
2: Bobby's trying to get the beak of that Thunderbird to take a bite out of the left side door of Dave Marcus's car. Allison is underneath Marcus, and they are side-by-side. Side, trouble is Jarborough and Donnie Allison come together in the backstretch.
6: Those two cars touch. Kale goes to the outside. Donnie careens across the track to the inside. Everybody continues along their way, but it does set up some, of, uh, some bit of a blockade. And now Marcus, Earnhardt, Bobby Allison on a flying wedge to turn one.
1: Short track racing at its very best at Martinsville here this afternoon, and again... This time, Donnie Allison gets a piece of Dave. Marcus knocks him out of the groove, and he hits Earnhardt. And Earnhardt will spin right in the middle of the back straightaway up toward turn three.
6: Buddy Baker just inches by Earnhardt to the outside. Waltrip slows, gets by him. Marcus now is behind Bobby Allison, who leads the pack. Earnhardt back on his way. He tucks in behind Labonte and Richard Petty to the line.
1: No caution comes out of the speedway as Earnhardt keeps it in a straight line. He will not lose a lap, but he spun the car all the way around right in the middle of the back stretch, And there is a big dent in the right door of Earnhardt's car. They head back up into turn number three. If
6: Buddy Baker is still shaking his head, no wonder why. Earnhardt was alongside the racetrack sideways, and Baker just slipped through past Earnhardt to the outside retaining wall, and you wouldn't have thought he could have done it. You couldn't have slipped an extra piece of paper between those two cars. Buddy Baker just breathed in and just went the distance, and now, Barney, we see the caution.
2: Well, the bumping and banging started down in turn number one. Earnhardt was on the inside, and he just rooted Marcus up and out of the low groove, well, the banging continued all the way down the back stretch to where Earnhardt spun, and now Earnhardt is up side-by-side side with Marcus, and they are having quite a discussion up in turn three.
6: Mike, we've got the binoculars on it. Even though we're
2: right here close to the racetrack, this gives us the extra added
6: advantage. Buddy Baker was there as well, and as the cars slowed to a snail's pace off the number four corner, Marcus gesturing to Baker, who gestures to Earnhardt, who gestures right back. Everybody else looks on in amazement. Those drivers were exchanging, I'm sure, less than pleasantries
2: there for a moment. Well, fenders came together and banged and tempers flared for a moment. Both of those cars show a lot of sheet metal damage. They bounced off each other several times coming down the backstretch. It appeared to be Earnhardt that precipitated the whole thing when he slammed Marcus in turn one knocked him up out of the low groove, but Marcus appeared to retaliate all down the back stretch, and there's quite a lot of banging going on.
5: And Mike Joy, the benefactors of that are KO Yarber and Neil
2: Bonnet, who each made
5: up another lap, because they were in front of the leader, and now they got to go all the way around
2: and come back and make up another lap. Be one lap to go when they get back, in the meantime, we'll take this break. For Martinsville Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
9: Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at gruntstyle.com. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength.
1: We are getting ready to go back to green at Martinsville after this being the ninth caution flag of the day. Leader is Bobby Allison, Harold Kinder. The flagman puts him under green again and Allison comes up through the gears quickly and gets the jump on the field. He's one of the best on restarts that we've seen in the business a long, long time. He pulls everyone by about four or five car lengths. It's Buddy Baker riding in second position. Third is Marcus. Fourth right now as Parsons. Fifth will be Waltrip as they work the backstretch and head for turn three. Between the first and second place cars,
6: Bobby Allison and Baker sit Richard Petty and Jody Ridley. Those two cars acting is a buffer behind Baker third place Marcus Benny Parsons is there likewise Darrell Waltrip
1: Earnhardt who's caught back in traffic trying to get underneath Terry Labotti. He finds running room down at the bottom of the racetrack and will move around Labotti here at the south end of the speedway as they all chase Bobby Allison back to turn three.
6: Bobby still handling well. Richard Petty is right behind him as Jody Ridley now is dispensed with by both Buddy Baker and Dave Marcus. Benny Parsons as well. Off the fourth corner, still Bobby Allison a comfortable lead.
1: Richard Petty who is being shown as one lap off the pace rides right behind Bobby Allison. Still in second. Is Buddy Baker third? Is Dave Marcus good? Strong run for Marcus, and a moment ago Dale Earnhardt really gave him a piece of his mind as they headed up into turn number three. It
6: really was something to view as the folks did from the grandstand, and we did from our spot here of broadcast. Suspended over turn three and four, but now with the Pleasant Trees, or else gone by the wayside, they're back to racing, and it's
1: quite a battle again. Well, it's like Richard Petty said: you get mad for a moment, but once they put you back under green, you forget it and get down to the business of winning races. Allison in front, Baker riding second, third is Marcus, fourth is Parsons. Fifth Fifth right now is Waltrip, and six is Earnhardt. They're back in turns three and four. And right behind
6: Earnhardt comes Lapati Everybody swinging off the turn. The battle now between Waltrip and Benny
2: Parsons. They square off for fourth place to turn one. Down to the inside comes Waltrip. He has the measure of Benny Parsons and shows him his right rear quarter panel as they come off the corner. Earnhardt goes to the low side. He is under Parsons as well as they move down the back, stretching into turn three.
6: The drag race to the turn now. It's going to be Earnhardt still low. Benny stays right with him, though, running on the high side. Off the turn, still side by side. Those two cars squaring off for the battle
1: back into the south end of the track, it's Earnhardt down on that inside grooves, this time Benny gives him a little running room, they trade a little sheet metal again as they come out of the corner Earnhardt trying to move up a notch as they hit turn three again.
6: This is the fifth place, Earnhardt tries to pull away, does now as he enters turn three, diving in quickly, cuts in in front of Benny Parsons, hits the binders quickly in there watching his Neil Bonnet inside on the racetrack, Donnie Allison is there, so too Cale and Labonte, it's a scramble to turn one.
1: Only well, jockey all the way back through the field for those top ten positions, meanwhile as they head back into turn of the three, still Allison in front Baker has chopped his lead down to about two car lengths make that one car length and turn three
6: make it a half car length as they close quickly coming out of number four now single file snake like Allison Baker Marcus and Waltrip closing ever so slightly Earnhardt in fifth
1: front four just about a half a car length apart as they work the turns one and two area Bobby Allison in front Baker riding second Marcus still third and he's about to be challenged for that spot
6: Waltrip looked to the inside of Marcus, entering turn number three. Thought better of it as they again go single file through the high-speed hairpin turn three and four. Off the corner, Waltrip again looks inside, tries to make a bid on third place.
2: Four cars single file into the first turn. Baker handling a bit lower than any of the other front three. Marcus higher, and there is Waltrip. Underneath, Marcus taking advantage of the low groove. He runs even with a Frank Young Chevrolet to turn three. Marcus, who has run well
6: high on the racetrack, has to do it here to hang on to third place. He's side-by-side. Waltrip low, makes the quick turn and left. It's a drag race to the line. Waltrip inside of Marcus for third place.
1: Waltrip right down to the bottom of the racetrack. He's tangled a, many a time with Dave Marcus on the super speedways and the short tracks. He gets underneath him this time and moves up into the third position. Marcus is back to fourth. They're back in three.
6: They move by the Kings in Daytona car. of Roger Hamby, Bobby Allison, the leader. Buddy Baker, second, third place in single finalist Waltrip. Dave Marcus is in fourth, closing Earnhardt in fifth with Neil Bonnet on his bumper, though laps down.
1: Well, if you get around anyone here at Martinsville, you almost have to muscle your way in there, either underneath him or someplace. I talked with Cale Yarborough about that.
6: That's the
3: only way you can do it, Monty. If you got two cars that's running pretty well the same speed, uh, the racetrack is so short and narrow that uh, you just kind of have to lean on somebody if you're going to get by them. Of course, that's an extended fact here that if you run good, it's, you're going to rub finish with somebody for suppose the way the laid
1: out well you can look at all the top 10 cars and you'll see wheel marks on everybody's paint job all the way from the tail end of the car right up to the front
2: you can just about plan on a fresh set of sheet metal as you leave martinsville and a battle heats up again. The one that brought out the last caution is Dale Earnhardt has reeled in Dave Marcus. At turn one, Earnhardt goes to the low side, gets underneath the caprice of Marcus. They do not touch as they come off turn two, but Earnhardt has the racing room in the backstretch. But Marcus tries to pull him, can't quite do so. Entering turn three now,
6: it's going to be Marcus to the high side. Earnhardt down low, they do bump in turn number three, coming off the fourth corner now. It's still Earnhardt, low on the racetrack. Marcus to the outside, dead heat to the line.
1: Make it a drag race as they hit turn number one, with down on the inside groove, Earnhardt outside is Marcus, and he's going to pull him by half a car length as they get out of the corner. Earnhardt comes right back, and they're still door to door. Earnhardt
6: on the inside with Marcus to the high side. They're going to work by Neil Bonnet now to the high side of Cecil Gordon in the turn. Marcus is hit again. He's squirrely. He corrals the car. Earnhardt still to the low side. Could not take advantage of It of again. A dead heat to the start finish line.
1: Marcus gets the jump as they hit turn number one. It pulls him by a half a car length. Earnhardt has the inside groove. Cecil Gordon is directly ahead. He has to come out of the throttle and again they beat and bang as they go off the number two corner.
6: With Cecil Gordon watching, it's going to be Marcus now pulling Earnhardt by a half car length. Meanwhile, Waldrop, look, inside of Buddy Baker in a challenge momentarily for second place, thinking better of it at single files to the turn one
2: area. Good race up front as Baker does a tattoo on the back bumper of Bobby Allison's T-Burn. And Waltram is right aligned with him. Three cars running as one. Then about 12 car lengths back. Marcus leads Earnhardt. There apparently is some debris on the racetrack and we'll have the caution as they come out of turn number four. The yellow flag will fall on Bobby Allison for debris on the racetrack.
1: What happened, I think, was Marcus... And Earnhardt got together and they were really knocking sheet metal going off the number two corner. And as the two cars came apart down the backstretch, we saw a big piece of metal fly out between the two cars and hit the racetrack. So that will be the reason for the 10th caution flag of the day.
2: It'll be a brief caution as the NASCAR officials go out to check for debris on the racetrack. 236 laps completed in the Old Dominion 500. Bobby Allison leading Buddy Baker, Darrell Waltrip, Dave Marcus, and Dale Earnhardt in one of the most slam-bang races we've seen in a long time.
1: Well, as they put them back under green at Martinsville in the Old Dominion 500, leader is Darrell Waltrip. Marcus is still second. Riding in third position right now is Buddy Baker. They're in front of Eli Gold.
6: Now as Donnie Allison grabs hold of third place, moves in ahead of Kale Yarbrough, they hold single file position to turn number one.
2: Out of turn number two, Waltrip opens up a three-car length advantage on Marcus quickly and only the second lap of green flag racing. Bonnet would still be posted at least one lap behind. They're showing him on the scoreboard, but he has come from four laps down as Waltrip did to win the Virginia 500 in April. Waltrip, flashes the green and white Gatorade Chevrolet across the stripe and into turn one, holding the margin on Marcus, and all of these cars are working up the racetrack into a higher groove, with the exception of Buddy Baker, who runs against Terry Labonte on the inside.
6: Baker now alongside Terry Labonte as they battle their way to turn number three. Currently, those cars battling for what would be fifth place, low on the racetrack. It's going to be holding a position as now Neil Bonnet works inside of Marcus trying to work his way back to get himself back one more lap.
1: Well, Dave Marcus is tangled with everyone here this afternoon, trying to stay up in that first and second or third position. He's done a tremendous job, but he's kind of made some tempers flare along with Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons and all of them had a piece of him here this afternoon. Leader continues to be car number 88, the Gatorade car of Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip felt like if he paced himself a little bit here this afternoon, his time would come, and right now he's at the front of the pack. Back in the number two position, it's still Dave Marcus. They're showing Donnie Allison in third spot. He had been a lap down, I think, at one time, but apparently he... Oh, turn
2: one. Don Sprouse loses a wheel, slams the wall hard as the car never slowed... Coming down the front straightaway and Sprouse's machine, he cannot get it down to Pitt Road, but he did a nice job of bringing it down to the inside. As he came down the front straightaway, rookie driver Don Sprouse out of Greenville lost the right front wheel, which preceded the entire car into the turn one wall. And 3,700 pounds of Chevrolet just went slamming into the concrete, scattering photographers and firemen. The impact was so strong, and the car was still moving at such speed that he wasn't able to stop the car until he got halfway down the back straightaway. So caution is on the speedway once again. 245 laps, just five laps short of the halfway point, showing Darrell Waltrip the leader, and Neil Bonnet running right behind Waltrip was unable to get back onto the lead lap. Barney, you
5: were talking a moment ago before that happened about Donnie Allison. He did pick up a lap when Cale Yarber and Neil Bonnet did on the other caution. Uh, The one that came out when uh, Earnhardt
1: and them tangled over there. So that did put him back in the lead lap. Well, it's so easy to lose a lap here and so easy to make it up if conditions fall your way or you get lucky, as some of the drivers say. They'd rather be lucky than second any time, and it works well here at Martinsville. This will be the 11th caution flag here at Martinsville this afternoon. It has been a wreck-stron and kind of one of those heads-up and knock-fenders races just like typical Martinsville, but it's been a little more so here this afternoon.
2: Looks sort of like the marvin Hagler fight we saw on tv yesterday afternoon except in, instead of two boxers punching it out there are 31 race cars that have been doing a job of it here this afternoon and one driver that we spoke of in our pre-race that has really done quite a job of staying out of the skirmishes has been buddy baker and that has not been what you'd think of as the buddy baker style barney asked him it must be awful hard to keep your temper under control here
12: You know, it's so easy to say the guy bumped or moved out in front of me or something and caused me. But you gotta run a defensive race. uh, I think running this racetrack could be compared to Darlington. If you go out and you abuse your car at first, you won't have anything to win the race with at the end. And the brakes are a real problem here. If you run, Right to the potential of a car the first fifty laps of the race you won't have any brakes to the remainder of the race. So you just have to pace yourself and run according to what you think will make all all day race. On
1: Most of the drivers will tell you that this race works on your mind almost as it does physically on your body in the race car, and I guess it does because you stay so busy in the car and you're going to get bumped and tagged, and that kind of has to eat into you a little bit.
5: Barney Hall, speaking of getting bumped and tagged, Don Sprouse is here with us, and he just bumped and tagged that wall real hard as... uh... Mike Joy pointed out. Don, what happened when you went into that turn?
3: The right front wheel, the center broke out of it.
5: Well, that's exactly the way but Mike Joy described it. So, Mike, you were right on the button. Of course, he was coming right into him. Our broadcast position is over there in the new press box, and they seen you coming right in there. You hit that wall hard. Yeah,
3: I hit pretty hard, the... Uh Wheel and tire came off, and there wasn't anything to do but hit the wall, so that's where we landed. Well, it doesn't look like you got any bruises from it. No, pretty good jar, but nothing serious.
5: Don, there's rumors that you're going to go try to go for rick of the years in
3: 1981. That's our plans right now. We uh, intend to run all 31 races.
5: Well, we hope that it'll go good for you better, certainly, than it did here today. Thank you much, man. That's Don Sprouse from Greenville, South
1: Carolina. And a very lucky young driver to slam into the wall that hard and then get out and say, I'm okay. It just bruised me a little bit.
2: Well, he hit it, Barney, at about a 70 degree angle. We can see the marks coming down the front straightaway. He just started to get the car squared away for turn number one when that wheel took off and that right front you just when you lose that you lose everything and it was just head on into the concrete it was probably as hard a shot as we've seen anybody take here at Martinsville
1: well I've seen Buddy Baker cram it into the wall here one time and Baker swears that two fillings fell out of his teeth, now that may be true but he told me that once that he cracked it into the wall here in Harry Hyde's car a few years ago and I guess it did because it, it will jar you I'm sure,
2: I wouldn't be surprised one more lap and we will be going racing we heard Whit Collins say the Wood Brothers would be running a Thunderbird next year a Ford for Leonard and Glenn Wood we asked Richard Petty, with so many cars to choose from in the General Motors stable, if he knows what he's going to be running car-wise in 1981.
10: We've thought about it a whole lot. We've looked at everything, talked to people, and you know, we really hadn't made any rash decisions yet. Uh, the uh, idea that all the uh, the cars are going to be the same underneath, as far as the wheelbase and the same engines and all that, so we can go ahead and start with that deal and make our decisions on the, what kind of body we're going to put on them later on.
1: 249 laps are being indicated on the scoreboard here at Martinsville, We are one lap was they turn them loose We'll be halfway home in the Old Dominion 500 this afternoon, and sitting up at the front of the pack is the Gatorade car of Darrell Waltrip. Riding second is still Dave Marcus, and what a job he has done here this afternoon. Donnie Allison is third. Up in fourth position again is Cale Yarborough, and fifth is Buddy Baker. There and Barney territory. Hall,
5: uh, Neil Bonnet has come from four laps down to only one lap down, and he's right up beside of the leader now, and you can bet your bottom dollar he's going to be trying to get that lap last lap back so that he can get in the battle for the lead
1: well you know how critical that is. Waltrip certainly knows how critical it is to keep him back there because he came from four laps down to win it here they put him under green again as they come flying into turn number one Waltrip gets the jump on him bonnet drops back behind him and he's sandwiched in between the first and second place cars right now Trying to unlap himself again As Walker pulls him up the back stretch and into turn three
6: Right behind Waltrip is Neil Bonnet Then comes Dave Marcus and Donnie Allison, Cale Yarborough are there Don't forget Donnie pitted under green earlier And Yarborough had brake problems So testimony to those two drivers coming back so well Your leader Waltrip to turn one
1: Waltrip brings him back into the south end of the speedway. The groove begins to move up a little bit from the bottom of the racetrack. Caught back in traffic now is Dale Earnhardt as he tries to chase down the front runners. Leaders are back in one, and three.
6: It's going to be Dale Earnhardt still working his way around Richard Petty now, coming up upon Terry Labonte as he tries to sneak his way back to the pack. It's going to be Waltrip, your leader. Behind him is Neil Bonnet trying to make up the lap as they work turn one.
2: The distance from Walter back to second place, Dave Marcus, is 12, almost 14 car lengths. As Marcus holds the second spot, and they show that Donnie Allison made up his lap, as Ned pointed up earlier. And now he and Kale run for third spot at turn three. Kale diving quickly into the turn. Donnie drives
6: in a bit deeper as they come out side by side with Neil, or at least Kale to the inside. Donnie to the outside. They'll
1: drag it to turn one. There's been a good battle for the lead here most of the afternoon, but even when that battle went away, there's good racing back for either second, third, fourth, fifth position. It's going on right now between Kale. Kale Yarborough and Donnie Allison, they work door-to-door in turn three. The Bush car and the Ramey Chevy
6: City car still side-by-side in turn number three. Kale on the low side. Donnie to the high side. Donnie dirt tracks it off the turn and still holds it side-by-side again to turn one.
1: Well, again, the crowd comes to their feet to watch this door-to-door battle between two of the best in the business, Donnie Allison and Kale Yarborough. They're still riding side-by-side down the back chute, heading up into turn number three again.
6: Neither car until this moment has made a move. Kale diving quickly, has himself a car lane of advantage now just nose to tail with Donnie Allison having to tuck in behind him. So Kale picks up third, Donnie back to fourth, Baker fifth.
2: Down into turn number one, Earnhardt rides back in that sixth position with Lombardi seventh, Benny Parsons eighth, Bobby Allison ninth, Richard Petty running in the tenth spot. Eleventh would be the battle probably between Buddy Arrington and Jody Ridley, though they are each one lap down. But now it is Waldron where earlier Baker. And then Earnhardt and then Dave Marcus have run away from the field and been able to hide. Once you're in that lead spot, Marty, it seems that everything just happens all behind you.
1: Well, they were indicating that nine cars were still in the lead lap at the halfway mark when they put them back under green a moment ago, so that gives you an idea of the caliber of competition that's here at Martinsville this week, and second now... Second
6: place battle, Barney off the fourth corner, Yarborough underneath Marcus as they take it to
1: turn number one in a battle for second. Well, everybody else has took a shot at Dave Marcus. Cale Yarborough says, let me give him a try and see what I can do with him. They come door to door into the south end of the track. Cale gets the jump on him coming off the number two corner and will move up a notch.
6: So as Cale picks up second place, Marcus right behind him in third, then comes Donnie Allison in Side trying to pick up the position, and as Marcus goes high, Donnie takes advantage down low and picks up the spot. So Marcus dropped, kicked another one back. He's now running in fourth place.
2: The handle starting to go away on the Dave Marcus car as he is pushing the nose, and Baker jumps underneath him with an assist from Earnhardt, and Earnhardt applied the chrome horn once again, this time to the back of Buddy Baker's car. 258 laps complete in this Old Dominion 500. The order unchanged with Waltrip leading Cale Yarborough. Now Donnie Allison, though, rides in the third spot. Fourth belongs to Buddy Baker. Fifth would be the Dale Earnhardt machine. Terry the Body is sixth. Marcus has slid back to seventh. Benny Parsons would be eighth. Now Parsons gets under Marcus. He'll take the seventh spot, and Bobby Allison will
1: also move up a notch. The battle for the last few laps has been for third, fourth, and fifth position between Donnie Allison, Buddy Baker, and Dale Earnhardt. Here's Earnhardt trying to get underneath Baker out of the number two corner, and Earnhardt is driving really hard here this afternoon as he works turn three. It's an unrelenting challenge for Earnhardt,
6: but he still can't
1: make up the move on Buddy Baker. Baker lets him look inside,
6: teases him a bit, then shuts the door, but Earnhardt's car just mangled on the right side as he has really taken the toll all afternoon.
1: Well, probably the biggest lead of the day is enjoyed right now by Darrell Waltrip as he heads up into turn number three, has Cale Yarborough by just about, almost a straightaway now. Yarborough rolling along in the number two spot. He's made up some couple of deficits here this afternoon. He's been a lap down a couple of times and has made it up trouble in here, two. and there again is it's Speed, going to be yeah. Lake Speed. Lake comes into the corner, gets out on that loose stuff where the loose rubber comes off the tires and scoots out toward the wall. Doesn't hit it this time. Keeps it in the straight line and moves on around the speedway. But he has really had his troubles here at Martinsville this afternoon. Walker, riding along in command here right now. I had a chance to talk with Darrell yesterday. There's been so much speculation about what he will do in 1981. And of course he's not happy where it is. He makes no secret about it. And we talked with him about that. I asked him what would happen to him in 1981. What are you going to do? Let
7: me just, be, uh, let me just say this. I think that no matter what I do or where I go, whether I stay where I am or, or drive for another team or or whatever I do, uh, I think uh, it, there comes a point in time in everybody's life and their career that they... Would like to do something different. They're tired of fighting the same battles. They're tired of facing the same problems. I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. I, I've been with DieGuard for five years. We've had some success. I've won 27 races driving for them. So it, you know, it hadn't been all bad. But it just, I think, really the best way that I can explain it is, if I do get the opportunity to do something different, that I think it would, it would challenge me which I like to be challenged, it would, uh, it would put some new incentives in my life, it would give me some new enthusiasms that right now I don't have. I'm just more or less doing my job, uh, taking it day by day and race by race. And it's not a lot of fun when you have to approach a situation like that.
1: Well, Waltrip, who is in, in many ways is one of the unhappiest drivers in stock car racing right now. What's going to happen to his fortunes in 1981 remains to be seen. He is in the lead. A moment ago, Dale Earnhardt was scooting up. He is slowing down a little bit in the straightaway. Here's Cale Yarborough working his way back up into second position.
2: He's moving underneath Neil Bonnet. Bonnet, remember, is still one lap down, and Yarborough tries to get up to challenge the leader up at Turn Three. Neil won't give it easy time till he spins, and Neil Bonnet spins the car, backs it
6: into the retaining wall. The race leaders just going by him to the low side of the racetrack. The caution flag number twelve of the afternoon displayed as Neil Bonnet backs the Purelator Mercury into the retaining wall outside of Turn Three and Four.
2: That will set a new record for caution flags in the Old Dominion 500. Bonnet gets his car squared away without losing another lap to leader Daryl Waltrip. Waltrip comes around and he will come on to pit road. Caution car will pick up Cale Yarborough as the new leader with Waltrip pitting. So Bonnet will remain one lap down as he gets up into the loose stuff. We talked earlier down at the bottom of this track is concrete and above that is asphalt with driveway sealer. But these little chunks of rubber that come off a car. His tires are somewhat like the little chunks of rubber that come off a pencil eraser, and they all gather up in that top groove. And The drivers call them the marbles, and when you get up there, it is a long slide to the wall. Uh, Bob Holmeyer, the PR man for the Bud Moore team, informs us that Bud will be fielding a Thunderbird next year, his choice among the T-Bird or the Mercury Cougar among the Ford products. And uh, we also want to remind you, North Carolina Motor Speedway calls and says that their ticket office is open today for the American 500 on Sunday, October 19th. So you could call either Charlotte or Rockingham, North Carolina this afternoon. In fact, right now during this caution period would be a good time. And reserve your tickets for the next Winston Cup race you plan to visit, whether it's the National 500 next Sunday, the American 500 on October 19th, or the Atlanta Journal 500 in Atlanta on November 2nd.
1: Well, Neil Bonnet, who has really run awfully hard here this afternoon, had a really, a, literally a hair-raising experience last week out in his hometown of Hueytown, Alabama. Neil was telling me on Pitt Road the other day that he was struck by lightning and really had his battery charged.
3: And charging your batteries up will do any good, that, uh, I got hit by a bolt of lightning uh, Thursday at the home and went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, there's two cases. I said, what do you do for lightning? And he said, well, there's two cases. You're either dead or alive. and says you don't need me. You better go up there and get to work and drive that race car. So, uh... I tell you what, it's a rude awakening to be sitting there and something like that happen. It makes you think about all the things you enjoy in life and everything that's happened. Uh, I enjoy racing an awful lot, and I'm going to put out a lot more effort this week for it.
1: Well, I think the Lightning really did charge his batteries the way he's been driving here in the Purolator car this afternoon. We are right. under the 12th caution flag of the day. Let's go to Ned Jarrett.
5: He did not lose another lap, as you pointed out, during that caution, uh, or when, during that spin-out. He's been in the pits now and has taken on all four tires, and so have most of the other leaders. Uh, don't think Kyle Yarborough had led the race prior to this caution coming out, but when Darrell Waltrip dived down... Drip- pit road just after the caution came out Cale alertly went on and stayed out on the racetrack, made his pit stop the next lap around, so that did give him credit for leading one lap
1: Well that's going to make a big difference in the battle for the National Driving Title, the Winston Cup Points Championship, and Cale has picked up a five point bonus here this afternoon Well stepping into our booth from the Charlotte Motor Speedway, where we'll be next weekend, Motor Racing Network will bring you the broadcast of the National 500, Jackie Root, and some big things are happening down there, two big days of racing
16: Two big days of racing and a $100,000 bonus for Benny Parsons. And, Barney, the way things look right now, and according to Benny, they've loaded up that 27 car for Bear when they get there on Tuesday. And it looks as if what we thought would be long odds for him to take that $100,000 bonus. They seem to get better every day. He was down last week and shook down Stan Barrett's car, that new Ralph Moody machine, and it really looks like there's a good shot for him to take $150,000 home if he wins the poll and wins the race and that $100,000
2: Lone Star Ford double. Well, you could put the Buckstove team challenge money on top of that. And that would be quite a payday. It would be one to be almost unrivaled.
16: Well, it, it would be, Mike. And the whole idea is with the Buckstove money, you share the wealth. And when you take the winner's purse, $320,000 is the richest race in the second half of the season. And everything gets started there on Tuesday. And we hope to
2: see you guys for poll day on Wednesday. Who's the favorite pair for this Buckstove team challenge as far as the press have determined so far?
16: Jody Meacham did a real fine article in the paper last week, and, I mean yesterday, and he said that before the uh, Waltrip Labonte team had to split up, they would be the odds-on favorites. Now it's kind of a toss-up. It really will be interesting to see who wins that $50,000 challenge.
2: We'll find out next Sunday when we bring you the National 500 from Charlotte. We hope you could be there to see the race, and if not, join us here on the Motor Racing Network.
1: Field getting ready to go back to green as Harold Kinder puts him under the green for the 12th time this afternoon. A record number of caution flags. They come slicing off into the number one corner. Earnhardt again, and Dave Marcus go door to door out of that number two turn and down the back chute.
6: Earnhardt's on the inside of the racetrack. Pulls alongside Dave Marcus. Now two and 71 side by side. They enter turn three, diving low. Earnhardt has the spot away. They bump momentarily. That, of course, commonplace now. They come off the turn still. Marcus hanging tight there with Earnhardt.
1: Well, that is one way to put it, that's for sure as they come back into the number one corner they are still just like it's the last lap running door to door and again they trade a little sheet metal Mike Joy we're going to have to score this one in rounds
2: Barney instead of laps I think as they go back to turn three once again
6: Earnhardt still inside Marcus doing one whale of a job until he slides high on the racetrack that opens the door for Earnhardt down low pulls away half car length here comes Marcus tucks in behind Earnhardt Yarborough there watching tightly
2: into turn number one goes Earnhardt. He has the lead. Marcus is a car length back, and he must protect the spot because here comes Kale Yarborough. Pounding up the inside where Marcus runs high. Yarborough takes advantage of the low groove.
6: As Kale dives it quickly, Marcus again. One groove up from Kale as Earnhardt scoots away. Still it's going to be Yarborough inside. Marcus outside near the retaining wall. Again, a dead heat to the line.
1: Well, as these two run door to door, Earnhardt tries to stretch his lead a little bit and does it by about two car lengths. Kale and Marcus bang a little bit out of the number two corner as they work. Work the back shoot still, riding door to door just like a drag race.
6: First, Kale has the edge, then Marcus. Now, nobody. It's going to be those two cars noses aside as they work off the turn. Now, Kale to the inside. Marcus again holds tightly to the outside as they work to turn one.
1: Well, I'll say one thing. Dave Marcus has put on a show for the fans here this afternoon. He is giving Cale Yarborough all he can handle out of the corner. Now Cale muscles him a little bit to the outside, gets him out of the groove and Cale scoots up right in behind Earnhardt up in turn three. The
6: number 11 pulls tightly. Marcus tucks in. Here comes Waltrip now. He'll join the fray, working to the inside. Meanwhile, Benny Parsons, Buddy Baker, they begin to close in as the bleed pack works to turn one.
1: Well, as Cale Yarborough gets around, Darrell Waltrip says, <laughs> let me get up here and get a little piece of this as he tries to work his way around. Dave Marcus on the outside, he's going to give him a little different perspective on it. They're back in three.
6: Marcus now to the inside of the racetrack. Waltrip draws alongside. Waltrip going high, and don't forget Darrell has handled well down low, but he works well upstairs now as he scoots to the outside and pulls Marcus to the line.
2: Back to turn number one as Earnhardt has opened up a three-car-like separation on Kale. Three car lengths back to Waltrip with Marcus right all over Waltrip's bumper, and then it's about eight car links back to the fifth-place machine. That belongs to Benny Parsons. In sixth, rides Buddy Baker, and don't count Baker out. He flexed the muscles of his Harry Rainier Chevrolet early in the event, but all this scrapping that has gone on, Baker has not been a part of it, and he just sits there in sixth spot behind Benny Parsons, keeping glued to the rear bumper of the Melling Tool Chevrolet. Back in seventh is Donnie Allison. Terry Labonte would be eighth, Bobby Allison would be ninth. One lap down, the 10th place car is Neil Bonnet. Jody Ridley is 11th. Richard Petty is 12th. And Buddy Arrington would be 13th.
1: Well, the battle for the lead is shaped up into a good one again. Cale Yarborough is out front. Waltrip Bright second. Earnhardt is third. And right now, Dale is losing a little ground as they come out of turn number two. He's about three car lengths back. They head for turn three. As
6: well as Waltrip handles in turn number three and four. Dale Earnhardt had a couple of bobbles last time by. Now Waltrip, well, low on the racetrack, tries to draw alongside Kale. Kale shuts the door, but a good battle to the line.
2: While we were away in commercial, Bobby Allison had a lot of smoke showing for the left front of the Budmore Thunderbird, and has put that car on pit road. He's lost it at least one lap, and now will lose two as Yarborough goes by him. Ned Jarrett is on his way over to the Budmore pit to get that story. Leaders in three.
6: Earnhardt still low, but likewise Waltrip as he works inside of Kale. Here's the battle for the lead. Back to the line, Waltrip inside. Yarborough outside, single file.
1: Waltrip has one of the strongest cars in the field. He's proven that all afternoon. He goes after Kale for the lead in turn one, gets the inside groove. They go door to door, out of the corner, down the back shoe to drag race again up to turn three.
6: Kale is able to pull Waltrip in the turns, or at least on the straights. Waltrip able to make the move in the turn but can't capitalize. Again, the scenario the same. Off turn four, Waltrip puts the nose inside, and it's going to be a drag race again to the line.
1: Waltrip working on Cale Yarborough, making him heat those brakes up again. They went away early in the race today, and Kale fell back. It may happen again as Waltrip just literally pushes him into the corners. They head into turn number three with Waltrip just a half a car length back.
6: Earnhardt still in spot number three, not handling anywhere near as well in turns three and four as he was earlier in the race. He's a good lap or so, or at least a good lane or so higher than everybody else. Back to the line, same position. Whatever.
5: Barney Hall, I'm over on the back stretch. Bobby Allison is out of his car. Bobby, what
6: happened?
11: The left front spindle broke. There's a lot of beating and banging going on out there today. Yeah, I was trying to watch out for all of that. Looks
5: like you stayed pretty
11: clean up. Yeah, the slow cars have been a real problem again today. Uh, Tommy Gill and, Gale and uh, Junior Miller consistently go in over their heads and run into the fast guys. That's made it a little bit tough, but there's been a little bit of banging between the fast guys, too. Fortunately, not me today. Bobby, you said you broke a spindle. That's a little unusual.
5: Say again? You said you broke a spindle. That's a little unusual.
11: Yeah, very unusual, but we're using an awful lot of brakes today, and that's probably what's wrong. Okay,
5: just the heat, I guess, so Bobby is out of here today, the winner from last week.
2: Cale Yarborough leads the Old Dominion 500 coming up on 300 laps. We're at 296. And remember, this is not Yarborough's short track car. It's the junior johnson Bush Oldsmobile rather than the Chevy Monte Carlo they would have preferred to have here. Second is Waltrip. He is in a Monte Carlo. The green and white Gatorade colors on the side of number 88. In third, the Mike Curb-sponsored Chevy Monte Carlo for Dale Earnhardt, the Winston Cup point leader. Fourth place, Buddy Baker with another Monte Carlo. And in fifth, Dave Marcus has a Chevy Caprice. Donnie Allison has the sixth spot at a Caprice. A Monte Carlo for Benny Parsons. He is riding seventh, and Terry Labonte is in the eighth spot. Those are the only cars in the lead lap, and we've got a challenge for the lead at turn one.
1: Well, Waltrip has really been pressuring Cale Yarborough on that Bush car for the last eight or ten laps around. He can get underneath him in the corners, but when they come off the turn, Cale will pull him by half a car length. He tries to work around him up in turn three.
6: That's the case here in three and four. This time, race traffic. Tommy Gale a factor, so Waltrip has to tuck in, but again, look to the inside but Yarborough pulls him down the straights.
1: Good hard racing at Martinsville with Kale in command. Waltrip riding along in the number two spot. Still in second position is Earnhardt. He's lost a couple of more car lengths. His car is just literally plowing into the turns. Doesn't seem to be getting the bite and the handle it had earlier this afternoon when he was one of the best handling cars on the speedway. Nevertheless, he is still able to keep the leaders in sight. He's about 10 car lengths back. Here comes Kale back into the number one corner. He will run up on John Anderson. And Tim Richmond's car. There will be some slow traffic ahead if Waltrip can get an opening. He has a shot at him. He's there inside, down the back, shoot door to door.
6: Darrell to the inside. Everybody goes around. Tim Richmond, Kale to the high side. Darrell to the low side. Kale spins now as he enters Turn Three. He tried to put the binders on to get by John Anderson. The car went into the spin. Waltrip gets by the leader. Likewise, Earnhardt and Kale keeps the car pinned high on the racetrack as traffic goes by.
2: Kale Yarborough ended up just where Neil Bonnet was several laps ago, and. It was quite a charge. It was the charge of the light brigade into turn three, or the charge of the heavy brigade. Waltrip went right down to the apron underneath Tim Richmond. Kale went way up high around Richmond, and it looked like they got through okay, but Kale found his way up into the marbles, spun the car out, and that will not make him a candidate for the peak award, at least not for that performance, for the coolest move in the race. Perhaps Waltrip, for getting underneath and getting the lead, that might be one move worthy of consideration. 300, two laps, are in the record book, and we have exceeded the record for caution flags in this
1: race. Barney, we're up to how many? 13. This is the 13th caution flag of the day. Almost everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of the front runners have elected to pit under this caution. Benny Parsons is in. Also on pit road is Terry the body. The rest of the field is on the speedway behind the caution car. And a moment ago, when Cale Yarborough spun up there, that can happen so easily here at Martinsville and either end of the speedway, as Mike Joy pointed out, the loose rubber and stuff that comes up in that racetrack. If you get out of the main groove and get a couple of wheels in it, and they're still in the the throttle, you're going to take a ride right toward the wall, and that's what happened to Cale Yarborough. Let's go back to the pits and Ned Jarrett.
5: Well, Buddy Baker has just come down pit road, taking advantage of this caution period. Jody Ridley coming down, and here's Cale Yarborough now also coming down pit road for Junior Johnson and them to check those tires over. I'm sure that they'll make changes after that spin.
2: How about it, Darrell Waltrip? You're in the lead, but keeping cool, is it hard with a lot of knocking heads going on out there?
7: It's very difficult. It's long straightaways and very tight and narrow and quick turns, and you have to do a lot of poking and gouging to to get around cars sometime and and, you know I guess the fans in the stand look at it and say well that guy's a dirty driver or whatever but it's really uh, we all understand somebody pokes you and moves you out of the way one time and next time you might poke them move them out of the way it's just a part of racing on these short tracks and you just have to You have to conserve as much as possible and and try to save something for the finish so you can really run hard when you need to. We're back under green and it was
2: almost a caution situation again as they got the green flag coming into turn one. Ronnie Thomas dove underneath Tommy Gale, and that took things three wide. Those two cars got together, and Buddy Baker spun out to the infield at turn two.
6: Mike, we've got smoke coming from Darrell Waltrip. The left rear as Waltrip goes high on the racetrack in turn three and four. Big billowing smoke from the right front. Now the left side of the car with showing a lot of steam as everybody goes by him.
1: What a tough break for Daryl Waltrip after working his way back to the front of the pack and had led this race. He is now on pit road, and Ned Jarrett will find out what is wrong with the car. We'll keep our eye on him from here and see if they try to get him back into the race. Barney, I'm on my way right now.
2: That is a shame it will put Donnie Allison into the lead. Now, Neil Bonnet is right behind Allison as the caution comes out, so Bonnet tries to get on the lead lap, tries to get around Allison, bangs him in the back bumper. He doesn't make it by about a car length. Neil Bonnet falls short of getting back onto the lead lap and Donnie Allison becomes the new leader in the Old Dominion 500 here at Martinsville. Dale Earnhardt rides second. Benny Parsons would be third and Cale Yarborough fourth. We mentioned that Buddy Baker had spun out on that open and green flag from the last caution flag. He spun to the infield at turn two, bounced up over the curb, but he got going again without losing a lap. So as he ducks onto pit road, along with most of the rest of the leaders, it'll leave Donnie Allison at the front of the field. Parsons in the second spot. Terry Labonte will move up to third should he elect to stay on the racetrack. And this is the 14th caution of the afternoon and will certainly make Waltrip a candidate for the Goodies Headache Award. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett as he's making his way to the Waltrip pit. Well, we're
5: down here in Darrell Waltrip's pit, if we can get to J.C. Elder. Jake, what happened? What happened to the car? Blowed up? It just blowed up. Okay, they're pushing it now around behind the, uh, the pit area. It, it looked like that smoke, as you mentioned, was coming from the left front, but it was from the engine.
1: What a tough break for Waltrip. When they have been in races this year and the engine has stayed together on that car, he has been a factor to win. In fact, he has won five races on the 1980 Winston Cup schedule, but they have had more than their share of engine problems for the Darrell Waltrip Gatorade team. While we're under caution here and have a second to chat again, Waltrip said yesterday, I guess, Mike, the best way he could put his situation with the die guards and what he might do in 1981 was it was like a bad marriage. It had just reached a point where there was no way to save it.
7: It's a good way to, you know. I think you, we we were in, we were in love when we got together, and we we worked hard to make the thing work. It's a personality conflict more than anything else. I, I can tell you right up front that anybody that drives car number eighty-eight uh, is going to win some races. It's it's a capable car. It's a capable team. It's well financed. They got one of the best sponsors on the circuit. You know, it's not like. Walking away from a situation that is a hopeless situation. Uh, I think no matter if I have to drive the car again next year or if somebody else drives the car next year, they will have some success. Maybe even do better than I've done the last year or two because everybody will will be trying a little bit harder. All I want out of the deal is to let me do what I want to do and let them do what they want to do and not have any problems
5: pit area now with uh darrell is out of the car Daryl, another tough break for you here today
7: well i kind of anticipated to tell you the truth uh what? the car hadn't run good all week uh, been a little slack and we had to really run hard in the race there to, just to keep up and when i finally could get in front well uh i wasn't really abusing the car or anything like it but i was having to run a lot harder than i would like to have and uh, it's just not been a very good week for us.
5: Well, that's Darrell Waltrip, of course. He's out of it here again today. Hey, Daryl, okay, go ahead.
7: Listen, I like to say hello to all my family back in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. My grandmother passed away this past week, and uh, just like to tell everybody that I was thinking about her today.
5: Well, we're sorry to hear that.
7: Of the day's
2: 14 cautions, four of them have been for blown engines, Harry Gant, Lenny Pond, J.D. McDuffie, and now Waltrip, Uh, Three of them were for debris on the track, and everything else has been from somebody finding their way into the concrete in one way or another. Donnie Allison is behind the Pontiac Grand Prix safety car that one of the lucky fans here at the Old Dominion 500 will take home as a prize today. Donnie on the outside groove as the light is off on top of the safety car. Parsons is second. Terry Labotti is in the third spot. His car has not shown too many of the scrapes from the wars that have gone on here today. The same cannot be said for Dale Earnhardt in the fourth position. He's used that right front fender sort of like a, a right jab, so to speak, a number of times. Buddy Baker is lined up right behind him. They're on the lead lap as is, Cale Yarborough. And then one lap down would be Neil Bonnet. The Dave Marcus automobile and Buddy Arrington. Safety car stretches out the field up in turn four.
6: 19 of the 31 starters now deployed behind the safety car, holding the pace down the front row of Donnie Allison. He takes off now. Benny right behind him as they're back to racing.
1: Donnie Allison pulls Parsons by about a car length as they work back in turn one. But here comes Earnhardt, charging down on the inside of the racetrack. Gets underneath Terry Labonte. The battle is for third position as they head out of turn number two. They get together and bounce off one another, heading for turn three. Earnhardt grabs
6: the spot. Lentz back to fourth place. Now as they hit again, as a sandwich in a turn number three. Three cars hit nose to tail. That's going to be Labonte pushing Earnhardt. Earnhardt squirrely. He regains composure as the car straightens
1: out to turn one. Tempers have been hot at Martinsville this afternoon all the way back through the field from the leader to the gentleman who was on the tail end of it. Right now, Labonte and Earnhardt knock again almost in the number one and two corners. Now they spread out, heading back to turn three with Earnhardt in third spot. Just
6: phenomenal as Donnie Allison takes the low groove against slides out dirt track style to the wall in front. Benny Parsons second. Earnhardt in third. Labonte fourth. Good battle for fifth.
1: Buddy Baker and Cale Yarbrough go door to door. Baker didn't lose a lap a moment ago as he spun down across the apron of the track. Here they head out of turn number two still riding door to door and that's for fifth position.
6: Cale has it to the inside. Steps on the button. Grabs fifth place away. Baker settles in right behind. Now Neil Bonnet still trying to get laps back. Works to the outside of Buddy Baker off the fourth turn. Neil working his way through the pack.
2: Turn 1 and Earnhardt dives low underneath Benny Parsons climbs up over the curb and comes out of turn number two, a car like behind Parsons. He's been cutting the inside of that racetrack awful close as he heads for turn three. Again, it's Donnie Allison diving low,
6: working well downstairs. Benny takes the identical line. So too does Earnhardt as he pushes Benny Parsons through the
1: turn. Labonte
6: right there. Likewise, Kale single file for the moment to turn one.
1: Well, you would think that Earnhardt would be a little bit conservative in the lead for the national driving title, having a chance to win it all, but that is not his style of driving. And the fans love it here at Martinsville this afternoon. He's inside Benny Parsons. Parsons for the number two position.
6: In turn three, Earnhardt low on the racetrack. They hit the binders. Now accelerate off the turn. It's going to be Earnhardt trying to pull away. Benny says no. They're even to the line.
1: An overnight sensation, Dale Earnhardt. It was a country song out a few years ago that just about describes this youngster from Lake Norman, North Carolina. He's in second position, now takes a look at Donnie Allison, and you can bet Allison knows he's coming after him.
6: Earnhardt pulls away from Benny Parsons, now looks to Donnie Allison's high side, but Danny holds low. Neil Bonnet smoking extensively in midway point of turn three and four. In front of Baker, Neil out of the way. Everybody gets through all right.
1: The later Mercury has gone behind pit wall. Ned Jarrett will be making his way down there in a moment to find out what happened, but it looked like a blown engine, and it'll be a a long day in one sense, but a short one for Neil Bonnet and the Wood Brothers. Meanwhile, up front, here's Earnhardt. He's just about a half a car length back working on Donnie Allison. He's challenged for the lead, and everybody he's pulled up on, he's been able to get around him this afternoon. What can he do with Allison? We're going to find out. They're in the south end of the track. Allison out of the number two corner, and this time gets the jump on him, pulls him by about a full car length as they head back into the north end of the speedway.
6: Again, working to the outside of Roger Hamby's King's End of Daytona car. It's going to be your lead automobiles, led by Donnie Allison, pushed along by Dale Earnhardt. Here comes Benny Parsons, tight three cars to the line.
2: Since Talladega, Donnie Allison and the Ken Cole mining team have really been running well, and one of the reasons is horsepower. At Talladega, and again two weeks ago at Dover, Delaware, Allison has had the horsepower, and so far today, he's had the torque to get off off the turns ahead of Earnhardt, but Earnhardt comes right back at him in turn four.
6: Inside of Donnie Allison is Dale Earnhardt, but Donnie slides to the wall off the turn, retains control of first place.
1: Earnhardt chases the leader down in turn number one. He's riding second. Donnie Allison is in front. He put a punch on him coming out of that corner. Takes a look in the inside out of turn two. Nothing doing there, but he just rides on the bumper and keeps the pressure on Donnie. They're running up on lap traffic in turn four.
6: It's going to be single file because Lake Speed, Tim Richmond, and Cecil Gordon straight ahead, so nobody makes a move this time as Allison leads them to the line.
1: As they come down into turn number one, they'll be three deep as they get into the corner. Lake Speed at the bottom of the racetrack gives them a little room. Donnie Allison takes them in the outside groove. Pars has closed it up again and right now the front five run nose to tail in turn three. Dicing down the back straightaway Earnhardt looks to the inside of Donnie Allison he's there but so too is Cecil
6: Gordon it's going to be Gordon working out the blocker as Donnie Allison retains the hold of the position
2: Earnhardt looks to the inside at turn one and Donnie Allison brings it right down to the apron and holds him off Allison, a lot of torque off the turns and that is probably all that's keeping Earnhardt in second spot at the moment
6: Allison now again feels the heat from Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt looks to the high side now as both cars glue down low it's going to be single file. Earnhardt now off the fourth corner momentarily looked inside but settles for single file. Five cars in a row to turn one.
1: Well everybody says there's a lot of pressure on Dale Earnhardt and his young crew but if there is it doesn't show here at Martinsville this afternoon. He's driving like he doesn't have a thing to lose except the national championship that's all. But he hasn't cracked the throttle all day long. He's underneath Donnie Allison at four.
6: Makes the move early now as Earnhardt dives low but it Again, Donnie Allison, has the case in turn number two, just pulls Earnhardt off the corner.
5: And Barney, while that battle goes on, Neil Bonnet is here with us. There's Earnhardt down on the inside again in front
1: of you. Earnhardt takes a look on the inside. He just doesn't seem to have the punch to come off the corners. Donnie Allison a little bit stronger. Let's go back to mid Jerry. Okay, Neil Bonnet is here with us.
5: Neil, it looked like it just come undone.
3: <laughs> well, you know, we got way down early in the race and kept making up a lap here and there and having to run the car exceptionally hard trying to make up laps and then something just got turned loose in it. You look
5: like you're having a lot of fun out there.
3: Yeah, it's the only short track I get to run all year long, and it's a lot of fun to get out here and race with the guys like this. Well,
5: the Mercury was really competitive there today.
3: Yeah, Leonard uh, Wood did a lot of work to get that Mercury word run like it did today, and uh, like I say, if we hadn't got three or four laps down early, we have got about three of them back, so, uh, you know, the thing was really running good.
5: Well, we'll look forward to seeing you over in Charlotte next week.
3: Okay, Ned, I'm looking
5: forward to myself. Now back watch. to the battle on the racetrack.
1: Well, right now it's a doozy door to door here in turn number one. Earnhardt is underneath Donnie Allison. It's going to be a drag race to three.
6: As they work themselves down the back stretch, Earnhardt tucks in behind Donnie Allison because Junior Miller was on the low side. So it's single file this time off the fourth corner third place Benny Parsons watching Labonte in fourth Yarborough in fifth
1: 330 laps will be complete next time around Earnhardt down on the inside again he gets against Donnie Allison just brushed him lightly and again Allison will pull him off the corner by just about a half a car length they're back in three the cars handling
6: equally well down low on the racetrack this time Earnhardt dives in quickly he's alongside Donnie Allison coming off the turn but again predictably Allison pulls with the power off the corner
2: Back to turn one and Allison has the advantage with horsepower, but Earnhardt handling and diving deep into the turn and the question is how long can Earnhardt's brakes hold up under that punishment because he is really coming hard into the turn. And there are three.
6: Earnhardt really can't dive any more quickly into turn three than he already is and it doesn't seem to be quite doing the job. He can pull alongside but loses the edge as he does again now. Back to the start finish line.
1: Well, I think what you do when you run out of brakes at Martinsville, you get inside somebody and lean against him, and kind of <laughs> let that be your braking power. That seems to be what most of the drivers have done this afternoon. Battle for the lead, it's a good one. Donnie Allison is in front. Earnhardt just keeps the pressure on. Riding back in third spot is Benny Parsons. Then back and forth, it's Terry Labonte. Good run for this young driver who won the Southern 500. He's about to be challenged by Cale Yarbrough.
6: Cale to the inside of Labonte.
1: They'll hold that position back to turn number one. This is for fifth spot as they hit turn one. Cale drives it in really deep, all the way underneath Labonte. Labonte gives him a little racing room as they come out of the corner, and Cale moves up a notch. Battle for the lead, it's back in three.
6: Race traffic again, a factor. John Anderson on the high side. Ronnie Thomas low on the racetrack. Earnhardt tries to sneak his way through in sandwich fashion. Can't do so. Back to the line.
1: Back in the number one corner as they work around John Anderson and lap traffic. Here's Ronnie Thomas giving him a little breathing room at the south end of the speedway. Leader is still Donnie Allison. It's Earnhardt riding second, then about a second and a half back. And something has happened. To Ronnie 25.
6: Ronnie Thomas's car snakes does a snake dance down the back straightaway he pulls it low well off the pace now and he'll head to pit road but a good job of driving for Ronnie Thomas to stay out of everybody's way and the car's shaking indicating a left side tire that's gone down
2: 334 laps completed in Martinsville. The race remains up front between Donnie Allison and Dale Earnhardt. Here's Lake Speed heading to the wall in turn number four. He just does
6: corral the car in time and stays away from the wall, but just by inches, he was heading straight for it.
2: Well, that's not the first time this afternoon. Speed found himself into the first turn wall, and he's been fighting the handling ever since. The crew got that car back onto the speedway. Fight for the lead, turn two. Earnhardt under and up even with Donnie Allison, but once again, Allison has the power to carry himself down the backstretch. Earnhardt tries again in three. And this time, Earnhardt makes an earlier dive than ever before.
6: He's alongside Donnie Allison, side-by-side off the turn, but again, Donnie pulls away just by a half-car length to the line.
2: Well, that's the way it's gone here for about the past 30 laps, and Earnhardt stays right with him. Forges the nose ahead, but Lake Speed is there, and Donnie will try to use Speed as the pick in the backstretch. No luck.
6: It's going to be Donnie Allison
2: pulling away. Earnhardt now, midway down the back, straightaway makes
6: his move. He dives quickly. Donnie drives deep into the turn, but again, the result, the same. This time, Donnie Allison pulls away by a half of a car as they work to turn one. Well, it
1: is easy to see why the race fans have fallen in love with this young driver from Lake Norman, North Carolina. He is a race driver. Again, he goes after Allison down the back chute. They're riding door to door. They can reach across and shake hands as they're back in three.
6: Earnhardt again dives low. This time he has an edge. The cars come together momentarily on the back end. Now again, they bounce coming off the turn, and Donnie Allison has a car length of an edge back to the line.
1: How long can they keep riding like this? It's got to be hard on brakes, it's got to be hard on equipment all the way around, and it's got to be exhaustingly on the drivers, physically and mentally. Earnhardt will just not give up the chase. He is still riding inside.
6: And Earnhardt makes his move earlier and earlier, this time midway down the backstretch. He dives into the turn. Donnie forced high on the racetrack, but again, pulling on the number 12 automobile. It comes to the rescue and does the job again. Allison leads to the turn.
2: We've been telling you all day that the inside is the short way, the fast way around here, but not so for Earnhardt against Allison. When Allison runs that high groove, he turns a little more RPM through the corner and that gives him a better jump down the straightaway and that's how he has been able to hold off dale earnhardt meanwhile 12 car lengths back sits benny parsons right on his bumper is kale yarborough they're the third and fourth place cars terry lavati continues to run in the fifth spot buddy baker would be the sixth place machine and he appears to be the last car out there that's running on the lead lap 341 laps complete, 159 to go in the Old Dominion, 500.
1: Another caution has just been displayed to the field. It comes out on lap 343 when John Anderson from Asalon, Ohio, has slammed into the wall again here in the south end of the track. He is still sitting against the wall. Car came into the corner, broke loose, and spun into it and then has brought out the 15th caution flag of the afternoon. Just about everybody has been in and out of the pits. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. They have,
5: Barney, and this uh, should be their last pit stop. They should be able to go the rest of the way, uh, it would go all the way under the green. I don't know why we would think they might do that, the way things have been happening here this afternoon. But should it go all the way, they should be able to go. Uh, they got about 155, 154 laps ago, or somewhere in that neighborhood, so they can go that far. So all of them been in, taken on four tires, fuel tank of, of the uh, Union 76 gasoline, so they should be set to go.
1: Well, it is Earnhardt who gets out of the pits first, ahead of everyone else and rides up at the front of the pack here as we are under that 15th caution flag of the day. We talked a moment ago about Earnhardt could play it a little bit conservative if if he was that type of driver, which he is not. He is definitely one of the hardest charging drivers I've seen come along in a long, long time, even going back to the old days. And I talked with him yesterday about the pressure that might be on him to win the Winston Cup points championship. And he told me the pressure was on Cale and Richard Petty. He said, I'm in the lead. They'll have to catch me. That's
12: the way I feel. Uh,
4: I don't feel any pressure at all. I'd, I'd rather be leading than behind and... Uh... If we can just hang on to our lead, I feel like we'll be the nineteen
1: eighty champion. Well, that's all the confidence in the world for this young driver. And right this afternoon he has brought the fans to their feet time after time after time. And right now he is far from out of the thick of things. He's when he's been in the lead or hasn't been in the lead, he's made everybody work to get any kind of position on the track at all. Dale Earnhardt, who now rides out front as we are under this fifteenth caution flag of the day. And it's not Bart- head-
5: Barney, there must be some problem with Buddy Baker's car. He's still in the pits. However, they're watching the caution car. They had jacked up the front end again. Of course, they had already changed tires on it. Now they have him back down and sent him back out on the track. They want to be careful not to lose a lap as the signal now is being given to the leaders as they come around. They'll get the green the next time. So, Baker is back on the track and catching up to the
2: rear of the pack. Well, Ned, they may have been checking from uh, one caution ago when Buddy Baker climbed over the curb here and turned two, whether or not he did any damage underneath the car. Uh, It did not appear that he did, although the car had slowed perhaps slightly. As they'll take the restart, up front become the two heavyweight contenders, Dale Earnhardt and Dave Marcus. Marcus is now at the tail end of the lead lap, and he and Earnhardt, if you joined us late, they have been slugging it out all afternoon, including one altercation that sent Earnhardt spinning around on the back stretch at the entrance of turn three and brought out a caution Mike, flag.
4: before the race gets started,
5: Ronnie Thomas is out of the race momentarily. Well, what happened, Marnie?
4: Well, when me and uh, Baker got together going down in one iron, you know, we went through the grass, and it broke Moderna uh, trailing arms in two, but, you know, the car was handling super good. I had my... Uh, super speedway engine in it and uh... they pulled me off of turns that was a trouble but as far as handling you know we could run with the best of them uh... you know i'm convinced we got what it takes to do the job with now we just get things organized, we're going to be tough. That's I can see that right now. We hope that's true, Ronnie. The green flag's out again.
1: We are dead. back under green at Martinsville. Earnhardt comes up through the gears in a in a heartbeat, so to speak, and pulls away from the field by about three carlings. He gets away from Dave Marcus in a hurry this time and drops him back about ten carlings. Cale Yarborough riding second, try to chase him down back in three.
6: Benny Parsons closing in. He has Donnie Allison right behind him. Labonte there running in a tight fifth. Then comes Jody Ridley. It's Earnhardt back to the line. He's comfortably in front.
1: Earnhardt, who a little bit earlier this afternoon had the car just plowing in and out of the turns. They found the handle on that thing right now as he leads the field off the number two corner. Cale trying to get around Dave Marcus to to make up some ground on leader Earnhardt as they move back to the north end of the track.
6: 17 of 31 starters come plowing into turn number three. It's going to be Dave Marcus now holding down his position between Earnhardt and Yarborough, but again, he's down a lap at this juncture as Yarborough tries to get by him.
2: Yarborough looks to the low side at turn number one. Marcus gives him the racing room, but is strong off the corner, and Kale will really have to work to put that Oldsmobile past the Chevrolet. To set the field, Earnhardt is the leader, with Yarborough second, Benny Parsons riding in the third spot, Donnie Allison is the fourth-place car, Terry Labonte is fifth, they're all on the same straightaway, as is Buddy Baker, the sixth-place car, though he is behind some lap traffic. Those six cars are on the lead lap. In seventh, one lap behind would be Dave Marcus, eighth would be Jody Ridley, ninth, Buddy Arrington, And two or more laps down are running Junior Miller, uh, James Hilton, the Lake Speed Automobile, Cecil Gordon, Tim Richmond, Roger Hamby, these cars in no particular order, just that they are still on the racetrack. Richard Petty is also being shown as one lap down behind the Arrington car. That would put him in the 10th position. Buddy Baker is running a bit slow. He's off the pace as Arrington jumps underneath him and almost has the measure of him in the backstretch. That car is not running quite up to par. But Eli Gold up in front of you looks like the groove has moved back down again to the inside of the racetrack. It
6: has, and it seems to do it on every restart. So it's happened a whole lot this afternoon, about 14 or 15 times. The starts down low as the tires heat up just a bit. The groove moves high, barring the one or two exceptions, the cars that were set up for the higher ride as Dave Marcus professed to be earlier. But yes, the groove back down low but it'll move up
2: shortly. Donnie Allison moves up and draws a beat on Benny Parsons as they come off the fourth corner. That's the race for third spot. Parsons in Monte Carlo while Donnie Allison has the boxy Chevrolet Caprice, but it seems that there's an Oldsmobile up near the front of Monte Carlo, a Caprice, and the Fords also ran well for a while. Donnie Allison took a little paint off the wall in the backstretch that time as he chases Parsons to three. He kissed the wall coming off the turn, but
6: now has caught Benny Parsons. A little bit of a shove coming off the number four corner. Donnie Allison again is strong as he tries to make his move coming off the turn. That's where he's exceptionally strong.
2: Earnhardt trying to run away, and Cale Yarbrough just will not let him. He has the margin. A steady five car lengths separate the front two cars. It's about six lengths back to Dave Marcus, who is running as fast as the leaders, but he's one lap down, and quite a gap back to where Parsons and Donnie Allison continue to hammer at one another they're not actually making contact but running so close back there for that third spot here's Earnhardt out of turn number two lets the car drift up high just a bit first the front end pushes out the back end follows as he applies the power and goes down the back stretch
6: kale in number two spot is on the move he's down to about four car lengths of a deficit now as kale drives deeply into turn number three comes out of the number four corner he's just three make it two car lengths down
2: 17 cars still running in this wreck-strewn Old Dominion 500, four cautions for blown engines, three for debris on the track, and the rest for somebody managing to find their way into what was freshly painted concrete. It's sort of like these race cars. They were beautiful when they came here, and they're going to go home bent Battered and broken for the most part. Out of turn four, Yarborough has cut leader Dale Earnhardt's margin down to one car length. As they come to turn one, Yarborough has a look to the inside. He goes in low, and Earnhardt cannot seem to hold the low groove on the racetrack. He's running one groove up from the bottom at the south end of the speedway. Now he heads for turn three. And in the north
6: end of the speedway, he cuts by Tim Richmond, then takes a bit of a, an oval groove around. He goes high and comes back down, and they hold position with Yarborough back by a car length as they head to the line.
2: Earnhardt used Richmond is a pick to hold Cale Yarbrough back in second spot. This time they both run that second groove up out of turn number two and up close along the concrete retaining wall of the backstretch, one car length apart for the lead.
6: As they dive into the turn, Lake Speed is holding down the lower groove, so they look to the high side. Coming off the turn, it's going to be Earnhardt now. Back to the wall. Yarbrough right behind him. Lake Speed makes room as he heads inside.
2: They move past Lake Speed's cripple automobile. It is still Earnhardt, one car length ahead of Kale Yarborough. In third place, Benny Parsons has moved away from Donnie Allison by about three car lengths, but he does not seem to be catching the leader.
6: In turn, Donnie Allison has moved away from Terry Levante, who holds down fifth spot. Your leader again, Earnhardt, re- running at this point a bit of a higher groove off the number four corner than is a second place car, Kale Yarborough.
2: The front six cars all on the lead lap are strung out the length of the front straightaway. Earnhardt with Yarborough right behind him, then Dave Marcus one lap down in seventh spot, Parsons, the third place car, fourth place Donnie Allison, Lavani in fifth, and Buddy Baker in sixth spot strung out the length of a straightaway, but the complexion of this race has changed so quickly and so many times. Neil Bonnet ran up front. They had problems in the early going. Bobby Allison led for a while. He's out with a blown engine. Daryl Waltrip had a commanding lead and blew up the Gatorade Chevrolet, and it has now fallen to young Dale Earnhardt, the Winston Cup point leader who leads Cale Yarborough around the fourth turn with just a one-car length advantage. In third is Parsons, fourth is Donnie Allison, and fifth is Terry Levante, 364 of the 500 laps completed.
16: Darrell Waltrip, Grand National Racing driver, talks about how long it takes to become a good driver.
7: Let's face it, you don't find any 19-year-old superstars in auto racing. The reason is it took me five years to really get to know these racetracks.
2: 367 laps on the scoreboard, no change in the running order. As Earnhardt and Yarborough begin to show a little daylight on the rest of the field, Kale had a look inside coming off the second corner, but Earnhardt has the power to turn three.
6: As Earnhardt works his way through the turn, he is taking much of a higher groove than his Kale It opens up the door for Yarborough, and each time Cale tries to make the move, he draws ever so much closer to Earnhardt.
2: Yarborough has closed right up to the bumper of Earnhardt's car, and once they lap by Cecil Gordon, they'll have an open field of running ahead of them. There's not another car in sight for the whole length of the Straight away. We'll be back to Martinsville Speedway. This is
9: MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong. Bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward. Never retreating. Never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this will defend. Get yours at gruntstyle.com.
14: Thank you.
13: Chris Crockett, straight from the NASCAR stands, here with another member of our Toyota Racing family, Jason. Hi there. Oh, you seem impatient. Oh, well, I've been holding it in for a while. A while? Since it started. The race? No, the season. Wow.
1: Guess you don't want to miss any action.
13: Nope, I don't. Oh, did you just see Denny Hamlin take the lead? I haven't taken my eyes off him. Jason, you don't look so good. Can I offer you some water? Absolutely not. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go in the playoffs. Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Thank you.
1: At Martinsville Speedway, it's Dale Earnhardt still in front. Cale Yarborough rides along a half a car length back. They have been running door to door. And for the moment, Cale seems to just be content to ride along in the number two position and keep the leader in sight about a half a car length off and maybe conserve a little car because that last hundred laps can get awfully critical here at Martinsville. Earnhardt suddenly awfully strong off the corners. He seems to have the punch right now. The front twosome have opened up a pretty good separation on Benny Parsons and Donnie Allison who ride third and fourth. And there's a good battle going on right there, door to door in turn three.
6: Donnie Allison makes the quick move in the back straightaway. Pulls inside of Benny Parsons. This for third place. Donnie effortlessly has third place pulled away as he uses the low side and floats up in front of Benny as they work to the line.
1: Boy, that team has really turned around in the last few weeks of Donnie Allison and the Kenny Childers team right now because Donnie, who really enjoys running races, particularly with since he has a new crew chief, Mike Joy, in the form of Herb and You can really tell a difference in the way the car works everywhere they've taken it.
2: The car has a lot of power, Barney, and now finally they're able to get that power down onto the racetrack where belongs. If Buddy Baker had lost any momentum, as we reported earlier, he's certainly gathered it back in. He's moved up on Terry Labonte, and here at turn one, Baker gets underneath the Corpus Christi Texas driver and muscles him out of fifth spot. So Baker, back on the charge, is now up into the fifth position.
6: As your leaders work their way off the turn again, Yarbrough always looks inside of Earnhardt, thinks better of it, and tucks right back in. So that battle is stabilized as they work back to turn
1: one. Charlotte, North Carolina's Buddy Baker, who's running hard here, trying to make up some lost ground. Baker didn't used to like the short tracks. He made no secret about the fact that he even dreaded to go and run on a short track. I asked him yesterday if that had changed.
12: Oh, well, if the car is working well, uh, short track no different than big speedway. All you got to do is go around the corner, and you got to do that at Daytona. You got to do it at Atlanta. You got to do it uh, at Rockingham. Rockingham, I feel like it's kind of like Bristol. You know, it's a, it's a big short track. Uh, Dover's the same way and uh, once you acquire the basic knowledge of a racetrack, just like Martinsville, to me anything that pays twenty two thousand, twenty four thousand, uh the year I wanted I won twenty eight thousand dollars. Anything that pays that kind of money is super speedway to me.
1: Well, that's the way he feels about Martinsville here this afternoon. He is still in the lead lap, but he is still running strong in fifth position. Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina. Three hundred and seventy-seven laps are complete in the Old Dominion 500 here this afternoon in a race that has seen a little bit of everything, including 15 caution flags. Leader right now is Dale Earnhardt. Cale Yarborough rides second. Earnhardt now rides about three car lengths ahead of him. Then it's about two seconds back to third place Donnie Allison and about five seconds back to Benny Parsons who rides in fourth and Buddy Baker who's in fifth spot. Leaders up in turn four.
6: Dale Earnhardt had an advantage working into turn number three, but again Yarborough closes off the corner as Earnhardt has to work his way high around
2: race traffic. It stabilizes back to the line. Of the 17 cars on the racetrack, six are on the lead lap. Earnhardt, Yarborough, Parsons, Donnie Allison, Terry Labonte, and Buddy Baker in that order. One lap down, Dave Marcus is the seventh place car. Rookie point leader Jody Ridley runs in the eighth slot. In ninth is Buddy Arrington. And Arrington has been a bit unnoticed all day, but since getting uh, backing from Hills Racing, A lawyer, James Hill, out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, is backing the Arrington team for a few races this year, and he is now running in the ninth spot, one lap down. Tenth is Richard Petty. He's also a lap behind. Fourth spot has just changed hands coming into turn one. Baker put the move on the inside of Benny
1: Parsons and made it work, and Buddy is back on the charge. Well, maybe Baker heard what we said here in the broadcast (laughs) booth, and he says, hey, I'm not going to get that far behind because he is really one of the quickest cars on the speedway right now. Still Earnhardt in front, Kale riding second. He's about three car lengths back. As they work the back straightaway, right now is almost a straightaway separation on the third-place car as Baker heads down into turn number three.
6: When you talk about a race this afternoon, of course, it's been comfortable and cool all day. The wake-up call at the hotel this morning said 47 degrees outside, so driver fatigue as far as the heat is concerned, not a factor here this afternoon. But you wonder what it could have been like if it had been a hotter afternoon, and of course, the bumping and the bouncing that we've seen. It's really been an afternoon that has been perfect or ideal for this style of racing.
1: It has been an ideal day for the fans and the drivers here at Martinsville. And the fact that the temperatures are cool, it's been overcast and not even a drop of rain. Maybe I shouldn't say that because the bottom will probably <laughs> fall out now that I have. When we were here in April, we
2: had an hour of rain
1: and hail. So that, let's just not say any more about that. 383 laps are in the record book here at Martinsville of the Old Dominion 500 this afternoon. It has been a super good race from start to finish and almost anything you could ask for as far as competition. We've had 15 caution flags, and despite that, there have been seven and eight cars in the lead lap all day long. Right now, there are six still on that lead lap. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett. He told us a moment ago they should be able to go the distance if the caution doesn't come out again.
5: Yes, they should be able to, Barney. There's no activity right now on pit road. We just had a report that Junior Miller is out of the race with a, a blown engine. So uh, it continues to take its toll here this afternoon. We've been watching Buddy Baker out there, and uh, he is definitely running better now than he did before that last caution. After his spin-out, he was not competitive, not nearly as competitive as he was earlier in the race, but the adjustments they've made, Buddy Parrott and Waddell Wilson and the rest of the crew there, certainly helped him some now, because I believe he is just about as fast as anybody on the racetrack.
1: He is just about as quick as anybody out there. In fact, he continues to make up a little ground on Dale Earnhardt and Cale Yarborough each time around the speedway. Now, whether he has enough time to do it or whether the handle's going to go away on either one of those front two cars remains to be seen. Richard Petty still running strong, but the Petty effort here this afternoon about midway in the race, the handle seemed to go away on Richard's car, and it has not been able to get the job done here this afternoon for Richard Petty and the STP racing team. Petty still very much in the thick of things to win his eighth Winston Cup points championship, and he's far from giving it up. There's a lot of time to go.
6: I don't know if the case is the same down exiting turn number two, but coming off turn number four out on our end of the speedway, the north end of the speed way. Three, four of the lead cars still really sliding off the turn. That begins to take its toll now more later in the race than it did earlier, though, as we mentioned earlier, Donnie Allison liked to dirt track the car off the turn. That's the case now for Donnie, also with Benny Parsons and Terry Labonte
2: using that very same style. Of the 31 starters, 17 still in competition. Six of those are on the lead lap. Earnhardt leading. Yarborough posted in the second spot. Third is Donnie Allison. Fourth, Buddy Baker, and fifth, is being shown as Benny Parsons. Sixth is Terry Labonte, and they are on the lead lap. One lap behind Dave Marcus. Rides in seventh. Currently the eighth place car, Jody Ridley, is about half a lap behind him. But closing in on Ridley is Buddy Errington, who runs ninth. Richard Petty is in the tenth spot, and Petty is now two laps behind. The other seven cars still running, though not in order of position, are Tim Richmond, John Anderson, James Hilton, the Cecil Gordon machine, Tommy Gale, Roger Hamby, and rookie driver Lake Speed, whose car has been into the wall twice and almost spun out three more times. They are currently trying to repair the right front of his car once again on pit and Rowan
1: well, lake, I, lake has had more than his share of troubles. Every time you look up here today, the car's been taking off toward the wall or something, and not any bad reflection on Lake. It's just if you get out of that groove or something comes loose on the car, you let a tire go away, you're going to get out of the loose stuff, and you're going to get a piece of the wall. He's looked at it all day here at Martinsville. Earnhardt in front, Kale riding second. Two car lakes separate first and second position. For the moment, Kale conserving the car, just riding along behind Earnhardt. And as they head up into turn number three, Eli Gold, Kale just seems to be content. The car looks like it's working well enough to stick just exactly where it is.
6: It has worked well. We've seen Kale work low on the racetrack, high on the racetrack. Of course, not uh, 15, 20, 25 laps ago. He was busy experimenting, trying to work inside and outside of Dale Earnhardt in an attempt to wrestle the lead away. That, of course, might have been a little early Experimentation on his part, looking ahead to another 108 laps from now when this race would finally come to the conclusion. So, Yarborough may have learned what he needed to know and right now is content to settle back and let time take its course.
2: Nevertheless, he is running that car very, very hard. And as we know here at Martinsville, and the drivers have told us in Victory Lane and also behind the pit wall that you can wear your brakes out here in Martinsville, that the track is very tough on right front ends. Bobby Allison broke a spindle. Don Sprouse's car broke a right front wheel and hit the wall. And also because the tremendous jarring torque When you accelerate out of turn two and again when you back the engine off from 8,000 RPM at the end of that back straightaway and likewise on the front stretch a thousand times it'll tear up rear ends as well. So you must drive hard to get to the front at Martinsville but you must conserve the car to stay up front and Dale Earnhardt does not look as if he's being at all conservative Barney.
1: Well, he has really pushed himself in the car here this afternoon, but that is Earnhardt's style of driving, and I, I don't think you could even, I don't think anybody in the pits on that headset on the radio, when Jake used to be in there, Jake would, would turn red from head to toe, trying to, to get him to pace himself, to calm down a little bit, and, and just conserve himself in the car, but that is not Dale's style of driving, he is not comfortable doing that, he's the first one to tell you that if he can't run the way he wants to, he doesn't want to be on the racetrack, and right now, he likes to be out front, and that's where he is. We're talking about Richard Petty just a moment ago in a few weeks, well, the last couple of weeks actually from Dover up until we came into Martinsville. There were a lot of stories in the paper that Richard might quit at the end of the year or at least taper off and drive eight or ten races next year and hire another driver to put in the car. I had a chance to talk with him down in the pits yesterday and he was kind of like the wine commercial on TV. Uh, he just says it's not time yet. I hope
10: I know when it's time and uh, now's not the time that I'm looking at. Uh, you know, I guess every, every year for the last... 15 years i know uh, they've tried to retire me and uh, one of these days they will but i'm gonna be the one that that you know calls the shots i'm not gonna let somebody else tell me when it's time and all that stuff so uh, you know like i told everybody when uh, when i get ready to retire i call everybody to get and let them know
1: well i asked richard i you know about thinking could he just quit cold turkey and walk away from stock car racing or would he try to taper off gradually or did he know what he would do when the time came
12: I don't know.
10: I mean, you know, I, I don't really know how things will work. Uh, I'm right now. I would say that I would probably just taper off and not run all the races, but uh, again, you know, in, in my situation and stuff that uh, I've run for the championship. or run all the races for ever since I started running and, you know, racing is the name of the game. But uh, now that Kyle started running and stuff, if he started running all the races, Uh, You know, I'd still be involved and still go to most all the races and all that stuff and then probably just cut my schedule down. But the way it looks now, it's going to be another year or two before I do that.
2: Front five with Dale Earnhardt leading. Cale Yarborough by three car lengths. A long way back to Donnie Allison in the number 12. Ken Cole mining car in third. Buddy Baker rides fourth fifth remains Benny Parsons and sixth Terry Labonte. Those are the cars on the lead lap at 400 laps, 100 laps to go in the Old Dominion 500 here at Martinsville. I was reading an article this week about Willie Stargell, the injured star of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and in baseball they're calling Stargell the old man of the Pirates at 38 years old, and you look out on this and the other racetracks around the country where you see David Pearson at age 45 and Petty at age 43 and a driver, Harry Gantra, in his rookie season at age 39, and they're all older than Willie Stargell, and yet they're ready to put Stargell in a retirement home in the Hall of Fame, and these fellows like Richard Petty are still out here winning races. It certainly sets auto racing apart from some of the other major league sports. Well,
1: experience in this business is the name of the game. Almost any driver from the fellow who's been out there three years and into the guy who's been out there for 20 years will tell you that the older you get, the better you get. And most of these drivers know when their reactions began to slow down to the point to where it's not safe to be on the racetrack. And I don't think I've ever seen a driver in the 20 years that I've been doing the sport that tried to hang on longer than he felt like he was capable of doing, whereas, you know, in some sports, a guy will stay there till, well, as they say, they almost have to run him off. But in this sport, I think the drivers have been at it long enough, and the experience is there, that they quit. Look at Ned Jarrett.
2: <laughs> well, even so, I'll give Ned a chance to rebut in a moment. But it, the experience and what you learn in this sport is something you don't lose. Buck Baker, a few years ago, came back, I believe, at the age of 50, and ran a couple of races in this January. Dan Gurney, who competed at Indy and won in Formula One and won the well, they almost called the race at Riverside the Dan Gurney 500 after he won it four times. He came back after a 10-year layoff and was in a position to win the race when the car broke down.
1: Well, I don't think you lose the experience. They've been they've proven that if a guy wants to come back. And Gurney felt like he could do it took a car out and tested it long before he actually got on the racetrack with these drivers. He knew what his ability was. and Of course, we're kidding about Ned Jarrett, but Ned thought he had all the money he'd ever need all his life and then all of a sudden inflation came along and he'd quit a little bit early. Right, That's Ned? the
5: truth. And right now, the fifth place car is being left. I'm going to get back to your question, but Terry Labonte was just black flagged. The left tailpipe was... Uh, uh dragging the pavement on that car so they brought Terry into the pits and he has gone a lap down now so there'll only be four cars left in the lead lap as his crew goes to work on that car to get the tailpipe off I assume is what they'll do is take it off and get it back out in the running as quickly as they can. Now now back to me. <laughs> uh, you know it, I've enjoyed your conversation there and you're exactly right on the things that you said. Uh, of course I, I didn't quit before because I thought I was too old, Barney. I was only 34 when I retired, and most drivers are just getting in their prime when they, uh, when they get to that age. But now, uh, I didn't think I had quite all the money I need, but certainly inflation is taking care of what little I did
2: have. I think maybe Ned listened to the baseball writers. <laughs> in any case, there are five cars left on the lead lap with Earnhardt leading, Yarborough in second spot, Donnie Allison third, Bunny Baker is the fourth-place car, and Benny Parsons is fifth. Parsons is the last car on the lead lap and he's about a straightaway ahead of leader Dale Earnhardt, so he's in no immediate danger of being overlapped. Dave Marcus will move up into the sixth position uh, with Terry Labonte having gone to pit road. Labonte is now back out onto the racetrack still 17 cars more or less in contention here in this wreck-strewn
1: Old Dominion 500. We are 413 laps down and 87 ago. Continues to be Dale Earnhardt and he continues to pull away from the second place car, Cale Yarbrough. Eli Gold, he stretched his lead now to a little better than a second and a half.
6: He has, and the interesting fact is that Yarbrough and Earnhardt still running basically the same line, neither car bobbling, at least in this end of the speedway, turns three and four. The question is, has Earnhardt started to turn up the wick a little bit, or is Yarbrough slowing to conserve the car and hoping... Uh, but there'll still be plenty of time before lap five hundred comes around to close the gap. That's really tough to figure at this point.
1: Well, Donnie Allison is just about the same distance behind leader Earnhardt that he was when they put him back under green a moment ago. He might have lost maybe ten or twelve car lengths, but he's just about a straightaway behind Earnhardt. He is still very much in the hunt, and riding in fourth position is Buddy Baker. And I think the last rundown we had had what, six cars still in the lead lap, but that has changed since that time because Terry Labonte has gone under pit road. So
2: Labonte would drop out of
1: that sixth position. That would go
2: to Dave Marcus in the Frank Young Chevrolet. And Labonte would still be, though, among the top ten. Let's give you the rundown with Earnhardt leading, Yarborough second, Donnie Allison third, fourth is Buddy Baker, fifth is Benny Parsons, and they're on the lead lap. One lap down in sixth place would be Dave Marcus. In the seventh spot would be rookie driver Jody Ridley. And we believe in the eighth position, one lap down would be Terry Labonte ninth spot would be Buddy Arrington and tenth Richard Petty. They are two laps down. Correction, Petty is about to go three laps down of the leader right at this moment. Eleven or more laps behind. Eleventh place is James Hilton. Tim Richmond is twelfth. Thirteenth is Tommy Gale. Fourteenth is the car of John Anderson. Fifteenth is Cecil Gordon. Sixteenth would be the Roger Hamby automobile. And seventeenth was the Lake Speed Machine, but once again, now that car's behind pit wall, and they're working on the right front of it once again. 421 laps have been completed. There are 79 to go here in the Old Dominion 500 of Martinsville. Dale Earnhardt is trying to wear the field out, but is he wearing himself and his race car out as well? That is the question that will be answered some 78 laps from now.
1: Well, Earnhardt, who stands to win the national championship, if he can have some good finishes the remainder of the season and what races are left here on the Winston Cup Tour. And I talked with him about that yesterday. A lot of people had told him that if you can get by Martinsville, and and I almost felt the same way because the way things have happened here today, you could get knocked out of competition and have a bad finish so easily early in the race. But I asked him, I said, if you get by Martinsville, do you feel like you're home free?
4: No, I ain't going to feel like I've I've won the championship until I won it. Uh... Uh, every time I think we've got a little breathing room something happens and everybody catches up to us so I'm just gonna raise hard and keep everything going as hard as we have and not worry about it you know if, uh, let it let it go the way it's going to.
1: Uh, Dale Earnhardt, who says he's not going to crack the throttle, and he's lived up to what he said here this afternoon. Here he is, down in turn number one, works that outside groove, and has moved up about a full lane from the bottom of the racetrack where everyone was running where they started the race this afternoon. Cale Yarbrough just a little less than a straightaway behind as Earnhardt's about to run up on a heavy pack of traffic in front of Eli Gold.
6: As Dale Earnhardt comes off the turn, he looks straight ahead and sees fifth place Benny Parsons there. So Benny, in a couple of laps or so, should things hold as they are, would be in danger of going a lap down, but now racing
2: traffic will be a factor on the backstretch, Barney. A lot of smoke on Tommy Gale's car from the right front. Looks like tire smoke, and Parsons will have to ease his way around. That will not help Benny any as Dale Earnhardt moves up. To within five car lengths of the fifth-place machine. Speaking of Tommy Gale, we have spoken an awful lot in this silly part of the season about who is going to be driving for what team next year, and the fact that Bobby Allison will jump to the Harry Rainier car that Buddy Baker now drives, and Cale Yarborough will get in the M.C. Anderson car that is currently, the seat is held by Benny Parsons, Tommy Gale and Dick May held a press conference up at Dover to announce their plans for the 1981 season. And since we don't often talk about some of the guys in the back of the pack, we thought you'd be interested in what was announced.
17: Well, all the big drivers, you know, they always call a big press conference. So me and Tommy and Elmo had our press conference, you know. And we made up our mind that we're all going to stay right where we were. Elmo's going to own the car, Tommy's going to drive the car, and I'm going to keep jumping cars. We'll leave everything the same way it was. But we, didn't, we, we thought that we were left out because no one come up and ask us what we plan on doing next year. So we had, uh, what's the man from Spartansburg name there? We had Granger come over to make it official. You know, you can't have a conference without an official reporter there, and he jotted everything down we did. And now it's official to the public what we plan on doing for the year 1981. Of course none of us have any cars we know, we don't have no cars or anything or any money to build one but uh this is what we plan on
2: well it's kind of funny uh as dick may recount but we don't remember seeing that story in the papers
17: well it didn't make hardly any papers i think uh somebody jotted it down and mimeographed it off and threw it out the back window i guess where it finally ended up
2: well even the best late pr efforts sometimes go astray barney
17: Dale Earnhardt is about
1: to get around Benny Parsons, but Parsons is making him work for it as they head up to turn number three as he tries to put him a lap down.
6: Earnhardt goes low diving quickly into the turn. The cars again come awfully close together and coming off the turn, it's going to be Benny still hanging on to a car length of an advantage out to the retaining wall.
1: Benny Parsons will not let Earnhardt get around. He's making him work for every foot of real estate. They tag a little bit here in turn number one. Earnhardt gets the inside groove. They go door to door down the backstretch.
6: As they hold that position now, Earnhardt inside. He'll have to make the quick move, diving into the turn and does as Benny drives in a bit deeper. Now it's going to be Benny Parsons having to relegate himself down a position to Dale Earnhardt to Earnhardt, but Benny Parsons down a lap.
1: Well, you can kind of see, Mike, from sitting here in the corner, how well Dale Earnhardt's car is working. He just punches the throttle, and I mean hard, right in the middle of the corner, and the car sticks and comes jumping off the turn. That's how he got around Benny Parsons. They're back up into turn three.
6: Earnhardt again holding his position. He's not running as low on the racetrack as he was earlier. Likewise, of course, Cale Yarborough, Allison, everybody's starting to move up the track. At this point, I guess Mike, we starting to think about who might be a good candidate for the goodies Headache Award or the Peak Coolant Award that we give, of course, at the end of every broadcast. And the list that I've compiled here is uh, miles long, seemingly. A lot of candidates.
2: Well, the 31 drivers that started, there are 14 out of the race. All are likely candidates for the Goody's Headache Award. As far as the coolest move in the race, it may remain to be determined the move that Daryl Walter put going underneath Tim Richmond and Cale Yarborough with Cale spinning out was a pretty sharp one but this race is still far from over 434 laps in the book 66 laps to go in the Old Dominion 500 and now this bumper banging and fender slamming uh, Golden Gloves Tournament has become a test of endurance as if Earnhardt, who is really seeming to be punishing the car, jumping off the turns and bring the car hard down into the turn, uh, that puts a lot of stress not only on front end components, but uh, the rear end as well. Now, can he hold on for another 60-some-odd 65 laps to hold off Kale Yarbrough? Yarbrough was back there a bit, but he still thought he had a good chance to win today. He felt his chances were pretty excellent, in fact.
3: I do. Uh, we usually have the car working pretty good here at Martinsville, and I uh, you know, uh, when, when you can work good, then you, then you enjoy running somewhere. So uh, I think that uh, if nothing happens, that we can get the car working good. And maybe we can make up for not winning that pole by winning the race.
1: Well, Cale would certainly like to go out winning another championship for the Junior Johnson team and the Bush team this year and end his career with Junior Johnson on a winning note to win the Winston Cup points championship, and he still has plenty of time to get it done. Earnhardt, meanwhile, leads the Old Dominion 500 with 437 laps on the board here as we get down to the conclusion of the Old Dominion 500. It's been Earnhardt for the last 200 laps. Everybody's been chasing him. Nobody's been able to do anything with him.
2: Of the top five in the Winston Cup standings, Darrell Waltrip will likely suffer most. He was 185 points behind leader Dale Earnhardt going into the event. Waltrip is out of the race. He blew up his engine, but led a good part of it and was a strong candidate for the win. Earnhardt has 90 points on Cale Yarborough, currently the second-place man, and if they finish the way they're running right now, he will pick up another five on the runner-up. Richard Petty having an off day. He's been running a lap behind, and he's now three laps down. And back in the 10th position, he went into today's race 106 points behind. Benny Parsons in fourth. Will likely gain a little bit of ground on the Pettys, but not enough to shuffle the standings as of the moment.
1: It is Earnhardt still in command as he heads up into turn number three that car continues to work and then as we get down to the final 30 or 40 laps uh, he hasn't really come out of the throttle he's still turning just about 22 second laps and that's less than a half second off what they qualified here. Will the tires kind of go away? Could the thing just go away for him all of a sudden?
5: Well, Barney, after he's run as long as he has at the speed that he's been running, I doubt if we'll see that noticeable a difference. I think that he will slow down a little bit, but so will everybody else. And certainly a car that's working as well as his is will be able to stand the extra heat and the tire wear that they'll get from here on out. So that probably would be working to his advantage.
6: Barney entering turn number three. It's easy to see at this point of the speed where that Kale Yarbrough has begun to pick up the pace just a little bit. He's driving it a bit differently entering the turn, trying to really cut things down low and at this point begin to turn up the wick a bit with just 58 laps to go.
5: I think that's exactly what he's doing is turning up the whip, uh, Eli. I think that he had just sort of backed off and cooling it a little bit, cooling those brakes because he has had brake problems here all day long and while I have it here, another car has bit the dust. That's John Anderson has parked the uh, car number seven that he was driving, finally overheating, put him
1: out. Well, we just put the clock on him a little bit earlier this afternoon, about 20 laps ago. Kale was 2.4 seconds behind. Last turn around, he was about 1.8. So he is chasing down the leader, Dale Earnhardt. Here's Dale moving around Roger Hamby's car and turns one and two. Kale trying to get around Benny Parsons and chase him down as we get into the final 50 laps here. Actually, there are about 57 laps remaining in the Old Dominion 500. They're back in three.
6: This time your leaders have to work around race traffic, so nobody really able to take advantage of the lower groove. Benny Parsons is downstairs, so too Roger Hamby. So your leaders work to the high side around those two cars.
2: Turn one and Yarborough has the outside and uses Hamby as a pick. Pins Benny Parsons behind the Hamby automobile and Yarborough has moved around Parsons, who is a lap down, and now he'll have a chance to go after leader Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt leads it. Yarborough runs right now about 2.2 seconds behind. In the third spot is Donnie Allison. He is on the lead, same straightaway, as the leaders. Running fourth is Buddy Baker, and he's about two-thirds of a lap. Make that three-quarters of a lap behind Dale Earnhardt, and he is in danger of being overlapped should the greens stay out for another 20 laps or so. One lap down, Parsons is the fifth-place car. Dave Marcus has had a fine day after the skirmishing through the first half of the race. With Dale Earnhardt, he's settled down to drive a steady race. He's in sixth spot, one lap down, Jody Ridley is also a one lap behind, and he's in seven.
6: Smoking is Richard Petty in turn three. He takes the car up high on the racetrack, now corrals it down low directly in front of Dave Marcus and Buddy Baker. Richard Petty heads to the garage area.
1: What a tough break for Petty in his efforts to win the national driving title, and a lucky break again for Dale Earnhardt as Petty has come onto Pit Road, and caution will be on to the speedway for the 16th time this afternoon.
2: Look, perhaps like the rear end let go in Petty's car. and That rear end grease is an awful lot thicker and gooier than engine oil, and it will cause quite a bit more problems. And so the NASCAR officials have put the caution flag out up in turns three and four. And Mike Joy, I'm on my way to Richard Petty's piss to see what the problem really is. Okay. We have 448 laps complete as this has been the 16th caution of the afternoon. The caution flag is a break for Buddy Baker. He was three quarters of a lap behind leader Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt and Cale Yarbrough almost tangled as they come on pit road. Almost. They came together and Earnhardt has to back up to get into his pit. The Australian crew begins to service him and that was a gaff on the part of Dale Earnhardt as he stayed out hunting for his pit and he and Cale Yarborough just about got together there on pit road. Caution car. The Pontiac safety car has the field in tow on the backstretch. At the time of the incident, Terry Labonte was the eighth place car. He was two laps down. Ninth was Buddy Arrington three laps behind and Richard Petty was running in the tenth position. Fifty-one laps to go. Jody Ridley and Cale Yarbrough both exit pit road at about the same time Yarbrough's out ahead of the safety car so despite that almost that near miss on pit road he and Earnhardt both get back out and they will remain on the lead lap
1: well Earnhardt's gonna have to see what he can do with Cale Yarbrough now as the Yarbrough team get him out ahead here's Benny Parsons coming out in front but he was a lap down so Parsons now has a shot at maybe getting back in the lead lap if he is indeed not already because he comes out ahead of Cale Yarbrough
2: That'll move Dave Marcus up onto the lead lap as he is the next car behind the safety car. If he stays on the racetrack, and it appears he will go onto pit road, so he will not go back onto the lead lap. Jody Ridley, though, came out ahead of Cale Yarborough, but he's made another trip down pit road. Barney Hall,
5: I'm here with Richard Petty. Richard, what went wrong?
2: Everything. Everything. Yeah, run
10: on six cylinders all day. Run on seven for a while, then I got to run on six. After about uh, probably 100 laps. And all, all the rest of the time, been running on six cylinders, and uh, finally blew. Well, that was the problem. Richard Petty just wasn't competitive
5: here at Martinsville as he usually is, so he's out of it now. A streak of oil that followed him right into his pit
1: area. Well, a tough break for Richard here this afternoon of the STP racing team. It's going to cost him some points on leader Dale Earnhardt. Richard told me yesterday, we were talking just about this very situation uh, at Martinsville and any other track, and uh, about Earnhardt's luck has been phenomenal this year not taking a thing away from the racing team but everybody else's bad luck has been a kind of a boon to Earnhardt.
10: Yeah, and as long as the luck's running like, uh, you know, even like last week at Wilkesboro, Kale and myself run into each other and uh, that just left left, uh, Dale easy. So as long as we don't uh, get close enough to him to put any pressure on him, right now he just knows we're there and he's having good enough luck that he's not having to put any pressure on him. And, uh, you know, if we could get a little bit closer and, uh, and start finishing in front of him and, and start really narrowing it down, then, uh, then I think he's going to start feeling something. But, uh, you know, so far I don't think it's even effective.
2: The two cars that gained on this uh, round of pit stops... Buddy Baker could have been overlapped by the leader. He will remain on the lead lap, and Benny Parsons has come out of the pits ahead of Cale Yarborough, so he'll be at the tail end of the lead lap when the green flag comes out.
1: Well, everyone seemed to think that the pressure would get to Dale Earnhardt's young crew. Most of the guys on that crew are under 30, and they kind of had to pick up the pieces when Jake Elder left, and there'd been a lot of conversation in the pits that toward the end of the season, when it really counted, the pressure might get to the crew. I asked Dale yesterday, have you seen any signs of that?
4: Well, not really. The thing about it is we can see down the road where we got a chance to really win to win it now. Back in the mid-season, you say, well, you know, the points can go either way now. But it's getting down to the last five or six races, and you know, it's contention to win and uh, leading the points right now. And, you know, it just, you see where it's going to end. And, you know, it just makes it a little more exciting
2: next week at charlotte motor speedway in the national 500 and three weeks from today the american 500 at rockingham the ticket offices of both those speedways are open this afternoon so you can call and reserve your seats and it's not too early to begin thinking about speed weeks 81 at the world center of racing in daytona international speedway in daytona beach florida their brand new four color ticket brochure has been through the press and you can get one by sending your name and address to daytona international speedway post office drawer s Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015 and requesting
1: a Speed Weeks 81 brochure. They're getting ready to put him back under green with Kale Yarborough in front. Now Benny Parsons is on the lead lap directly ahead of Kale. Let's see if he's able to keep him back there and hang on to that lead lap and hope for another caution. Safety car getting ready to dive on a pit road in front of Eli Gold.
6: Pace car heads to the pitch. 13 cars lined up in rows. Six rows plus the trailer. James Hilton through the gearbox. Benny Parsons Kale behind him. We're back to green.
1: Parsons leads him down into the number one corner. He is on the tail, and here comes Earnhardt again. He drives right down to the bottom of the racetrack, and again, Kale pinches him right into the curbing. He has to come out of the throttle. Down to back shoot, Earnhardt lost two car lengths. They're back in three.
6: Kale, in quest of win number five of the season, dives quickly into turn number three. He's behind Benny Parsons. Benny on the tail end of the lead lap. Yarbo behind him by three car lengths, Earnhardt. Then back seven more to Donnie Allison in third.
1: Field strings out down the front stretch as we get down to the conclusion of the Old Dominion 500. Yarborough in front, Earnhardt riding second. Donnie Allison is in third position. He's about eight car lengths back of Earnhardt. They head for three.
6: Yarborough, six-time winner at Martinsville, again takes the low groove into the turn. Earnhardt following, though a half groove higher on the racetrack. Right close behind is going to be Donnie Allison. Marcus's car there is a buffer before Buddy Baker is on the scene
1: back in the south end of the speedway with Benny Parsons riding ahead of Cale Yarborough, Yarborough is the leader. Parsons trying to stay on the lead lap. Earnhardt trying to chase down Kale, and all of a sudden Yarborough's car looks to be the stronger of the two.
6: He is strong and he's handling well as Yarbrough is well low on the racetrack and as again Earnhardt is maybe just a half groove higher but that might be enough for the difference as they're single file to the line.
2: Five cars on the lead lap. The last of them Parsons just ahead of Yarborough. Yarborough's is the leader. Earnhardt riding in the second spot. Wrestles the wheel out of turn number two. Baker is third, as they run down the back stretch, the fifth-place car would be Benny Parsons. Donnie Allison is third, rather, as there is a challenge. Yarborough gets underneath Parsons and puts him one lap down again. So make that four cars in the lead lap. Yarborough, Earnhardt, Donnie Allison, and Buddy Baker. One lap behind. Benny Parsons is fifth, and Dave Marcus is sixth. Two laps behind. Terry Labonte is on a lap by himself in seventh place. And three laps down, eighth is Jody Ridley, and the ninth-place car is Buddy Arrington.
1: Cale Yarborough in command right now as we get down to the final 50 laps here this afternoon of the Old Dominion 500. They all just came off pit road a few minutes ago. They've taken on fresh rubber and a full tank of fuel. They can go the distance very easy, and they made those final adjustments. Let's see if everything comes out as the crews have planned. It's Kale in front, Earnhardt riding second. He's about eight car lengths back. there in three.
6: And as opposed to Earnhardt closing on Kale, Donnie Allison in third seems to be closing in on Earnhardt in second place. Buddy Baker, well in shouting distance of Donnie Allison. He's there in fourth.
1: Yarbrough, who's had his problems here this afternoon, if he wins this one, he's going to earn it. He got a couple of laps down on different occasions, has made them up. The Junior Johnson team has kept him in contention all day. Earnhardt had the lead a moment ago. Cale couldn't do anything with him. At least he didn't want to for the moment. But right now that he's in command, he is not sparing the horses in the bush car. Here he is back in turn number one, the Bush Mobile of Cale Yarbrough in front. Earnhardt trying to get underneath Benny Parsons now as he works the south end of the speedway. Nothing doing in this end of the track as they head for three.
6: How's they work Turn number three. It's amazing to watch all the fans and their different colors representing the different drivers all jumping up, urging their favorite on, and everybody trying to cheer for the best because Yarbrough, Earnhardt, Donnie Allison, Buddy Baker all gearing up for a whale
1: of a finish. Well, Cale Yarbrough might have been saving a little bit in this car. Remember, the brakes went away early here this afternoon. Whatever the problems were, they've corrected it. A little smoke up in Tim Richmond's car in front of you in turn three, Eli Gold. That's right, Barney. Tim Richmond, he's had... Uh, A pretty
6: good ride here this afternoon. A couple of near miscues. He corralled things okay, but as he works back to your end of the speedway across the start-finish line, he smokes even more.
1: A lot of smoke out of the Tim and likewise, car. And
6: Jody Ridley up in the marbles in turn number four. He corrals the car back down, though he's passed by Buddy Arrington in the process. Close call for Jody Ridley, the champion spark plug rookie challenge leader.
2: Well, it'll cost him a spot as both he and Arrington are, one, are three laps down. Arrington will move up into the eighth spot. That'll jop, drop Jody Ridley back tonight. With 463 laps complete, Yarborough leads Dale Earnhardt, Donnie Allison, Buddy Baker, and Benny Parsons in the Old Dominion 500.
17: Cowboys don't talk much If there's a job to be done, I don't tell about it, I just do it Spending so much time out riding the line, a fella kind of gets out of the habit of talking
7: Ain't nobody there to listen Shoot, I already heard all my horses' stories And they already heard
17: all my songs (laughs) But just let a cowboy's work get to him and he'll talk a blue streak
10: Sometimes what I say isn't fit for a Sunday picnic
17: But it sure does make me feel better here, then, is a Bush beer to the best of the West, to the American cowboy. What he lacks in conversation, he makes up for in character. Bush. Head for the beer that always goes down smooth as a mountain stream. Bush. Brewed just one way, the natural way, for a taste that's always as smooth as its name. Bush. Head for Bush. Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis, Missouri.
2: 466 laps completed Martinsville. Smoke continues to pour from the back of the Tim Richmond's Uno Chevrolet, but the NASCAR officials around the racetrack report that it is merely smoke, and he's not dumping any fluid onto the racetrack, so they are leaving him out there as long as possible, as long as it's not a hazard. Cale Yarborough flashes across the stripe, 467 laps in the books, 33 to go. Benny Parsons is the cushion between Yarborough and and the second-place car, Dale Earnhardt. Donnie Allison is about half a straightaway behind the leader. and Right on his bumper is the Buddy Baker automobile. Those are the four cars on the
1: lead lap. Dale Earnhardt is beginning to lose ground. The leader, Kyle Yarborough, a moment ago when they dropped the flag, they were nose-to-tail, and now he is 2.17 seconds behind as Kale works his way around the Martinsville Speedway. Earnhardt doesn't seem to be getting the punch off the corners he had a moment ago. As they head up for turn number three, he is still a little better than two seconds behind.
6: Out of Kyle playing the waiting game earlier. It seems to be paying off at this point. It's a strong automobile as he pulls off the number four corner and heads back to the line. Whatever battle is shaping up right now could be for third place as Buddy Baker and Donnie Allison are well within shouting distance of each other.
1: As that battle works its way into turns one and two, Donnie Allison about four car lakes ahead of Buddy Baker. Baker had the fastest car on the speedway earlier here today, but right now it's not working that well for him. But he's trying to chase down Donnie Allison. He's two car lakes back in front of Eli Cole. And Buddy
6: running lower, entering turn three. Then was Donnie Allison, but again, Donnie as he had all afternoon long, pulls well off the corner and heads down to the straightaway, still showing the edge.
1: Donnie gets back into the number one corner. He is five, just a little better than five seconds behind the leader, Cale Yarborough. Yarborough taking almost any groove he wants now. He can move a little bit up from the bottom of the racetrack the car seems to be sticking and he really has the punch or the bite coming off the corner that's the difference right now on Dale Earnhardt as he heads into the south end of the track and turns one to two, Cale out front, still a little better than two seconds ahead of Earnhardt and Donnie Allison seems to be chasing down the second place car, both he and Baker are making up some ground on Earnhardt as they head to turn three. That
6: was something we noticed earlier but again the gap had widened but again now it begins to close, of course Earnhardt you have to wonder maybe something might be a little bit amiss because of his style of driving you would not think he'd be content at this point to ride behind benny parsons and he has made really no concerted effort to get by benny so at this point as Earnhardt rides in second place he is being closed upon bit by bit by the third place battle of donnie adelson and buddy baker
2: well parsons is giving Earnhardt plenty of room but unfortunately for dale it's all at the bottom of the racetrack and Dale is just not running well enough to stick the car on the bottom and muscle underneath Benny Parsons unlike earlier in the race where he could run the bottom groove or the top groove and just about root anybody out of a position at any time that he cared to he is unable to put a move on Benny Parsons so perhaps now Earnhardt is waiting and hoping that Cale Yarborough can wear out the Bush Oldsmobile before the next what 23 laps uh, or rather 30 23 laps run down and we get to 500 Yarborough out of turn number two with the Beer Oldsmobile, the super speedway car, not destined to run here, but in March they had this car at Rockingham and it wasn't supposed to work there either, and it set on the pole, or rather it was the fastest second day qualifier, started in 21st and won the race. Yarborough with the Oldsmobile, Earnhardt has a Chevrolet in second spot and a Chevy Caprice, that of Donnie Allison rides third, so the old song about how the Monte Carlo is the car you have to have to get the job done here just doesn't hold up anymore. At least not this afternoon.
1: Well, a moment ago, Donnie Allison had chopped it down to about two seconds behind the second-place car. He was gaining a little ground. He loses it back that turnaround, and I guess they got in some slow traffic up in the north end of the track, and he falls back about three seconds, and as that goes on back there, Cale Yarborough continues to pull away from Earnhardt, who's having to work his way underneath Benny Parsons. He hasn't been able to get around Parsons for the last 15 or 20 laps as Kale just drives off up in front of Eli Gold.
6: Cale, he's out at this point for the late Sunday afternoon spin. The groove is not varied. The line is the same. And, of course, running by as lonesome, he doesn't have to worry about all that much immediate pressure. One other battle we have been watching, and, Mike, I'm sure you can update if it is the same lap. I believe so. The Dave Marcus-Terry Labonte get-together. Those two cars racing the last 20 20, 25
2: laps or so as low it is low as this the very last lap of the race. Marcus has been keeping Labonte behind him but while Dave Marcus is one lap down timing and scoring is showing Labonte is being two laps behind. He lost a lap when he had to make that pit stop for the black flag to remove that header pipe that was dragging on the ground. So that is not four positions, although they are one position apart, sixth and seventh. They're also a lap apart on the racetrack.
1: Earnhardt taking a little higher line through turns one and two, and that would indicate that the car is pushing a little bit in the corner, not getting the bite off the turns. He can't bind it up like Kale can. He's taking his a little bit lower now to the bottom of the racetrack and really getting the punch off the corner. Here he is back in the south end of the speedway, Yarborough in front, Earnhardt riding second. And these two have quite a battle going for the national driving title, the Winston Cup points championship. Now just a little less than a straightaway separate first and second position. They're back to Eli Gold.
6: We can also note Buddy Baker, though maybe the horses are not there this afternoon. He is handling lower on the racetrack and seemingly stronger for the better part of the afternoon than are the any other of the leader automobiles. The top four or five cars on the lead lap. But as they work their way through, he a spinning Terry Labonte as he and Marcus come together. Labonte hits the curb of the track, goes back up the banking, avoided by Tommy Gale and a good piece of driving to get by him. And as Labonte heads himself back onto the apron, the lead automobiles come by and route to taking caution number 17 of the day. Labonte back underway.
2: Well, the previous record for caution flags in this race was 12, and we've now had 17 this afternoon. As Labonte tried to find his way by Dave Marcus, ran himself out of racing room, and spun up in the marbles up in turn number four. So the safety car will pick up Cale Yarborough. That will perhaps be a break for Dale Earnhardt. He'll be able to move up into the top groove when these 14 cars realign themselves for the restart. Pontiac Grand Prix safety car comes out in front of Cale Yarborough, who leads this Old Dominion 500, and there are... Fourteen laps left to run here at Martinsville, and the caution flag is a break for Dale Earnhardt. Benny Parsons will be on the bottom of the racetrack with the lapped cars, and Earnhardt will be facing the rear bumper in the blue and white bush beer colors of Cale Yarbrough's junior Johnson Oldsmobile. And a strategy move by Buddy Baker. He came into the pit, changed
5: right-side tires. He's the only one that has fresh tires. Everybody else chose to stay out there, so we'll see what it'll
2: do for him.
1: They're getting ready to run for the roses here at Martinsville in the Old Dominion 500, the Pontiac safety car... Wiz is down on pit road and they turn him loose out of turn number four with Cale Yarbrough in front. Earnhardt riding second and the caution flag has bunched him right back together. Let's see what Dale can do with him. Here they are in turn number one. Earnhardt on the outside this time and Kale is going to use up a lot of racetrack. Make him work that high groove and Dale can lose some ground but he punches it off the corner. Drops back about three car lengths as they're up in three.
6: Earnhardt outside of the racetrack. Pulls ahead of Cale Yarbrough as though Kale was not even there. Just shoots right by and takes the advantage off corner number four. Yarbrough heads to Pit road as now Allison Donnie moves to second spot.
1: Something has happened to the Cale Yarbrough car and Ned Jarrett will update us in just a, moment. a tire A tire has gone down as Earnhardt scoots out of turn number two. Allison goes after him. Donnie Allison moves up to the number two position. What a tough break for Cale after a splendid run here this afternoon and a good break for Earnhardt. Here he comes out of turn number four. As we get down to the conclusion, there will be ten laps to go as he crosses the start-finish line. Yarborough is out of the pits directly ahead of him. He did not lose a lap, Barney. So he is still going to be on the lead lap. If they could get another caution, there's still enough time for him to pull it back as strong as Kale's car has been. It's Earnhardt in front in turn three.
6: Earnhardt now diving quickly into the turn. Donnie Allison is right there closing to within ten car lanes. Daddy Baker also tightly there watching. As they work off the turn, it's going to be Donnie Allison trying to close the gap. Does he have time?
1: allison heads off into the south end of the speedway he's about 10 car lengths back baker trying to muscle his way underneath benny parsons to keep allison in sight benny pulls over gives him a little racing room as they hit turn three
6: kale still on the tail end of that lead lap though earnhardt shows some movement to close in on him the battle now second place off the fourth corner baker and donnie allison
2: down into turn number one. Baker has the inside and he takes Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker who's been sitting calmly back in the fourth and fifth spot for the last hundred laps or so has begun to flex the muscle and Baker moves up to the second spot and he is beginning to close on Dale Earnhardt. Remember he took on fresh Towers.
6: Donnie Allison goes way high on the racetrack in turn number four. That allows both Dave Marcus to make a move and Benny Parsons to get by him.
2: As Ned Jarrett pointed out, Baker was the last car on the lead lap, so he had nothing to lose and everything to gain with fresh rubber and Barney,
1: they're separated by about half the length of straightaway. Would that be enough time for Baker on fresh tires to catch the leader? Well, the way he's reeling him in right now, he's picked up a little better than two seconds and there's just about a second and a half separating first and second position with, what, six laps remaining in the race here this afternoon. Here's Earnhardt, south end of the track, takes the outside groove, Baker scoots a little bit a little bit loose as he comes into the corner. He is 12 car lengths back as they move to turn three.
6: High tailing towards turn number three. Earnhardt quickly goes high. Baker driving lower into the racetrack. Still handling a bit better in this end of the racetrack. But as he comes off the turn, Earnhardt pulls him by 10, 11 car lengths to the line.
1: A calculated gamble on the Harry Rainier team of Buddy Baker to change those tires. It's made up some distance. The problem is now time is the factor and they're running out of laps. Down the back chute. Baker still about 10, 12 car lengths back of Earnhardt.
6: As they walk by Roger Hamby and the lop counter shows 495. Jim, Tim Richmond again smoking off a number four corner as Earnhardt still holds the edge of 10 car lanes.
2: Baker comes to turn number one and tries to move the car to the inside. He runs about one groove up from the bottom of the racetrack, trying to reel in Earnhardt and the gap has just about stabilized. With five laps to go, they are running for the lead. That'll be Baker trying to close in and Earnhardt is about to get himself into race traffic
6: as Earnhardt works off the number four corner he goes to the outside of Tim Richmond no problem there with Baker following suit
1: there may be a little problem with Cale Yarborough who's running directly ahead of of Earnhardt whether he'll move over give him racing room of whether Cale is going to try to stay in the lead lap and hope for a break Earnhardt heads up into turn number three Baker's cut it down to about 10 car lengths
6: it's going to be a tight one with a lap counter showing 497 Baker closing off the turn he's down to about 8 car lengths but back to the line it's going to be awfully tight
2: down to turn number one once again. Yarborough running about the same groove as Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt scoots up high and the back end wags just a bit and that allows Buddy Baker to put his foot down and gain just a little bit of ground in the back stretch. Off
6: the turn now. We look a map, maybe a lap ahead. There might be some race traffic in Cecil Gordon and Tommy Gale. Earnhardt same line as he's taken with Baker off the turn. They hold position to the start finish line.
1: Buddy Baker not losing any ground but he didn't gain any that last time around. There may be a break for him in the fact that there's three cars directly ahead of leader Dale Earnhardt as we get now to the conclusion of this one. Down the back chute and up into turn number three, there'll be one to go.
6: All Earnhardt has to do is follow Cale Yarbrough, who takes himself to the outside of both Gordon and Tommy Gale. Earnhardt slows. Here comes Baker, making eight car lengths, but Harold Kinder shows the white flag.
2: You can hardly read the numbers or the sponsor's name on the side of Earnhardt's car, but bent, battered, and broken, he can bring it home here today. 1,000 turns around this racetrack, and he's about to take the last one.
6: He's won in Atlanta, at Bristol and in Asheville. Here's Earnhardt last time into turn number three. Baker closing to 10 car lengths. It's going to be Earnhardt as the blue and yellow colors are waved for him off the fourth corner.
1: Earnhardt flashes across the start-finish line. Checkered flag and Dale Earnhardt will win the Old Dominion 500. Buddy Baker will finish second, about eight or nine car lengths back. Baker gave it everything he had, a calculated gamble on the crew, but it was not enough. So Earnhardt has won the Old Dominion 500. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Dale, congratulations.
4: Thank you, Ned. Uh, At that last caution, Kiel got back in lead uh, I wasn't sure we could win it, but uh, then he had a flat or thought he had a flat or something on that restart, and that really gave us a good break here, and here we are in Victor's Circle. Well,
5: boy, it was a nip and tuck situation all afternoon. One time you'd have the advantage, a while Walter would have it, and then
4: K.O. would have it. What was happening? Well, the chassis worked a little different at different times, and uh, different sets of tires maybe matched up a little better, or something like that, but the car worked pretty good all day. It didn't get loose. The engine ran good. You know, it was just a super day for us. Got a little sheet metal and paint damage done here. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it got kind of rough down the back stretch one time, went around and around a few times. Did you think it was all over then? Well, nobody hit me, so I thought it was all right, you know. So. <laughs> but it was looking bad there one time.
5: Well, congratulations again, Dale.
4: Thank you, Ned. Well, there's Dale Earnhardt,
5: the winner, a real proud fellow here as he tries to get his breath. Roland Walatica, congratulations Thank here.
6: Thank you. It was a real good job. e. He- was really on it today, <laughs> all the way. Well,
5: he certainly was, and everybody else was, too. Yeah, we didn't even have any brakes there at the beginning of the race. 25
6: of 30 laps out, we had brake trouble. He made it most of the way pumping the brakes all the way.
5: Well, that's Roland Wolodica, the team manager for this Australian racing effort.
2: Well, very happy scene there in Victory Lane as the Mike Curb sponsors Chevrolet Monte Carlo. Trying to sort out the finish here of the Old Dominion 500. Apparently something happened with Donnie Allison's car as they ran for the checkered flag as he dropped from third spot. They are posting him sixth in the provisional finish, which we'll get to in a moment. Peak antifreeze and coolant offers $250 to the coolest move of the race, whether it was cooling it during a pit stop or a caution flag or a tough situation on the racetrack. And First, let's go up to turn four, where Eli Gold covered the action at that part of the speedway for his vote for the peak cool head of the race award
6: mike i'll tell you it's an awfully tough selection it's one of the tougher ones that we've had you might look around to uh, the move waltrip made earlier but the fact that he wasn't around near the end might uh, rule him out you might also say Cale yarborough who had himself an afternoon of brake problems and still managed to hang around had the problem at the end to finish third but i've got to say dale earnhardt it was an afternoon today where everybody was bouncing around the cars were getting mashed up on a regular basis He seemed to maintain his cool to some degree, except one little outburst that everybody uh, was entitled to throughout this long afternoon. And when you talk about a guy who bided his time, looked around, saw who was there, and finally took the checkers, I'll give the vote to Dale Earnhardt.
2: How about Ned Jarrett standing by on Pitt Road? Well,
5: I'm going to go with Buddy Baker and his crew because I thought they made a cool move when they came in running in fourth place in that last caution took on some tires and came back to finish second and by golly was gaining on the leader there at the end. So I thought that was pretty cool on Baker and the crew to be that alert and come in and make that move.
1: I think I'd go with Buddy Baker and his crew here this afternoon. They took a calculated gamble, and it paid off for them. If they had had a few more laps, maybe 10 or 12 more laps, who knows? It might have paid off to the point that they had won the race. But he was definitely gaining some ground. It was a cool move, so I'll go with Baker.
2: Well, the one that stood out in my mind was Bobby Allison down here in turn number two with spinning cars directly in front of him. He found the one hole on the racetrack and led the entire lead pack through. That was a cool move, as was the one by Waltrip up in turn three. But we will award the $250 then to Buddy Baker, Waddell Wilson, and the crew crew for taking that gamble and pitting for tires on the last caution flag and just about running down Dale Earnhardt in this battle back to the checkered flag in the Old Dominion 500. So from peak $250 to Buddy Baker, Waddell Wilson and the crew of the Harry Rainier car. Yesterday here they ran a race that took even longer to run than this one did. It was the Autumn 150 for late model sportsman cars and Eli Gold reports. Many people call it the Autumn 150. Others call
6: it the Tommy Ellis Show. As Tommy Ellis of Richmond, Virginia went wire to wire to win his first race ever at the Martinsville Speedway, he took the Autumn 150 yesterday in easy fashion. The hard-charging Tommy Ellis, taking his fifth NASCAR National Championship event of the year, finished a half-second in front of defending Autumn 150 champion Sam Ard of Ashboro, North Carolina. Ard and Butch Lindley were on the bumper nearly all the way in the 78-and-a-half-mile event, and there were eight other cars that finished in the same lap. Ellis never really had a chance to pull-away in the wild event, saw 10 caution flags for 63 laps. It took one hour, 32 minutes to finish, an average speed of only 51.135 miles an hour. Ellis, starting from the pole, set an autumn 150 qualifying record with a speed of better than 91 miles an hour, shattering the old mark set by Butch Lindley last fall. The top 10, Tommy Ellis, the winner, Sam Ard finishing a close second, Rick Mast out of Rockbridge, Baths, Virginia finished third, Gene Glover out of Kingsport was fourth, Jack Ingram, the Ironman finished in fifth. Morgan Shepard, after wrecking his Pontiac in practice, came on in the car 9 to finish sixth. Butch Lindley went seventh. Bosco Lowe finished eighth. Jimmy Hensley was ninth. Jay Hedgecock was tenth. So the finish, Tommy Ellis, wire to wire, in Saturday's running at Martinsville of the Autumn 150.
2: Well, they ran a little faster than that up in Pennsylvania this weekend. Barry Angstadt reports. The season-ending big races are dominating the schedule here in the Northeast.
15: In last weekend's action, Jack Johnson won the Weed Sport 150 in New York, and Kevin Collins won the final leg of the Northeast Dirt Track Championship Series at Nazareth, PA. Collins was also the overall champion in the three-track series. Billy the Kid Pouch was the East Windsor Speedway victor, establishing himself as the favorite in today's program, which consists of four 25-lap features. Young Alan Klinger took the lead with only five laps remaining, then held on to capture the National Open for Sprint Cars at Williams Grove Speedway. Donnie Kreitz scored at Bridgeport, New Jersey in a 40-lap small block modified event, while Paul Latier drove a masterful race to win the rich Freedom 76 at the Grandview Raceway. This past Friday night, Mod Car, the new driver and owner organization, hosted a 50-lap event at Bridgeport with Ronnie Tobias passing Gary Golub on the final turn of the final lap to win by half a car length. Sammy Beavers was third, Freddie Brightbill fourth, and Kenny Brightbill came in fifth. Last evening at Flemington, New Jersey, 1980 track champ Larry Klein defeated Stan Plosky and Frank Cozy. And in asphalt-modified competition at Wall Stadium, Gil Hearn beat Jim Hendrickson, Tom Michael, and newly crowned point champion Tony Siscombe. For MRN and the STP World Racing Scoreboard, this is Barry Angstadt reporting.
2: Up in New England, many of the Winston Racing Series tracks are closing out their season. John McMullen reports. Over 100 cars
13: attempted to qualify for the second annual $30,000 fall final Saturday afternoon at the Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut. 3,500 fans saw seven qualifying heats and Bob Pulveri's Van Deen Manor crew win the Eagle Brothers pit crew contest. 64 NASCAR modified squared off in four 10-lap heat races with Polveri, Carl Buck Stevens, Richie Evans, and Ray Miller taking the victories. In the late model sportsman division, 43 drivers took the green flag in three 10-lap qualifying heats with Jamie Aubin, Hector LeClaire, and Canadian national champion John Paul Cabana winning those events. Mike Berry won the late model semi-feature. After qualifying heats, modified drivers drew for starting positions and George Ken drew the pole position with Evans, George Summers, Stevens, and Brett Bodine in the top five starting positions. Ten teams completed in the Eagle Brothers pit crew contest with Paul Rory's crew headed by Barry Cannell changing a right rear tire and adding 11 gallons of Cam 2 racing gasoline to win that contest. Evans' crew, led by Billy Naswitz, took second, with Ron Bouchard's crew headed by Len Bowler, the third fastest team. Today at 1 p.m., consolation races will complete the 30-car starting fields in each race, followed by the twin 100-lap NASCAR National Championship events. Saturday night at the Riverside Park Speedway in Agawam, Mass., NASCAR National Modified Champion Richie Evans scored a double victory in winning the Winston 100. Evans swept by early leader Reggie Ruggiero and second-place winner Bob Pulverari and went on to a five-car-length victory for his 42nd victory of 1980. The victory also stowed up the Winston Racing Series Championship to go along with Winston Crowns at the Stafford Motor Speedway and the Thompson Speedway. Povereri, Ray Miller, Stan Greger, and Marty Radwith completed the top five. For the STP World Racing Scoreboard, this is John McMullen reporting from the Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut.
2: It's been kind of cool here in the Carolinas and Virginia this weekend, but the racing action has been hot, says Jack Terry. Caraway Speedway ended its 1980 racing season last night with the Caraway 100 double-point
3: event. Sam R. took the lead from pole sitter Jack Ingram and went on to take the win by leading every lap. Jay Hedgecock finished second, Jimmy Hensley third, Jack Ingram fourth, and Charles Moody fifth. Hedgecock was declared the 1980 track champion. At Hickory Motor Speedway, it was a Charlotte 300 qualifier, and Bob Presley came home victorious in the 100-lap event. Tommy Houston finished second, Ronnie Silver's third, Morgan Shepard fourth, and Kerry Botenhammer fifth. Late-mile sportsman events coming up in the Tar Heel State next weekend include the $140,000 Charlotte 300 next Saturday afternoon and a special 100-lap late-mile sportsman event next Saturday night at the Hickory Motor Speedway. This is Jack Terry in North Carolina reporting for MRN.
2: Greg Ashland reports from the Midwest on sprint car late model racing.
13: Sancho Carter will have to wait until tonight to attempt to capture the USAC Point Championship of the Champ Dirt Car Series. Last night's Twin 75s in Tulsa, Oklahoma were rained out. Rain also affected the running of the late model feature race at the Oklahoma State Fair in Oklahoma City. The National Championship Racing Association sanctioned race will be also run tonight. Greg Ekman reporting for the Motor Racing Network.
2: Jack Terry mentioned at Hickory Speedway they will host the Bob, Bobby Isaac Pepsi 500 Sunday, October 12th, with time trials on Saturday. And then on Sunday, October 12th, a 400-lap NASCAR late-model sportsman national championship race and 100-lap limited sportsman race that's all part of the Bobby Isaac Pepsi 500 at Hickory Sunday, October 12th. John McMullen calls from Stafford Motor Speedway to update us on the fall final there. Mike Berry. Has won the late model sportsman half of the national championship twin bill by four seconds over Ron Barkham. Jean-Paul Cabagna was third, Dick McCabe fourth, and Robbie Crouch fifth. Barry took the lead on a 50th lap restart, and it was his seventh NASCAR North Tour victory of 1980. Right now, the modified portion of that race is underway. Here at Martinsville, Dale Earnhardt has won the Old Dominion 500. Finishing in the second spot was Buddy Baker. In third, Cale Yarbrough. They were all on the lead lap. Benny Parsons got fourth. Dave Marcus moved into fifth right at the checkered flag. Donnie Allison took the sixth spot. Terry Levati was two laps down in seventh position, three laps behind. Buddy Arrington was eighth, and Jody Ridley was ninth. Ridley was the highest-placed champion spark plug rookie contender. Tenth went to James Hilton. Eleventh was Tommy Gale. Rookie Tim Richmond was twelfth. Cecil Gordon was thirteenth. Fourteenth was Roger Hamby, the final car running at the end of 500 laps. Richard Petty picked up 15th position and will drop a number of points to Dale Earnhardt, who won today's race and continues as the Winston Cup point leader. John Anderson was 16th, 17th, went to Junior Miller, 18th to Ronnie Thomas, 19th to Neil Bonnet, who blew an engine, 20th to Lake Speed, 21st to Darrell Waltrip, who also blew an engine and led part of the race. He is the recipient of $250, the Goodies Headache Award for the most misfortune in today's rate. No, excuse me, Neil Bonnet got the Goodies Award in a close voting over Darrell Waltrip. So that went to Bonnet, who finished 19th. Lake Speed was 20th, Waltrip was 21st. Bobby Allison broke a spindle on the front end and finished 22nd. Don Sprouse was 23rd, Slick Johnson was 24th, 25th was Richard Childress, 26th J.D. McDuffie, 27th was Kyle Petty, 28th was Lenny Pond, 29th to Harry Gant, 30th to the Joel Stowe Jimmy Means car, and the 31st and final spot went to Dave Dion. In a race that saw 17 cautions, a new record here at Martinsville Speedway, and an average speed that was slowed to 69.7 miles per hour, right now there's still a mob scene in Victory Lane as the crowd has gathered around the winning, but battered, Mike Kerb, Warner Hodgson Chevrolet, fielded by the Rod Osterlin team for Dale Earnhardt. And, Marty, what a spectacular season he has had this year. I
1: well, was just sitting here thinking and running some figures through my mind. Earnhardt has won a little over $358,000 coming into the race. His winnings today will go well over 20000 And with still several races remaining on the Winston Cup Tour, he could have a half-a-million-dollar year very, very easy.
0: From Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia, this has been the Motor Racing Network's coverage of the Old Dominion 500. The executive producer of MRN Broadcasting is Mike Joy, director of affiliates, Bob Monroe, chief engineer, Harry Howard, executive assistant, Mindy McCall, director, Martha Mew. All personnel are employees of or paid by Motor Racing Network. Stay tuned to most of these stations for the broadcast of the National 500 from Charlotte Motor Speedway on Sunday, October 5th. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN's Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network,
9: all rights reserved.